All right. Peace and love. Peace and love, family. Peace and love. Um, so I was watching Brother Ankh on um, Sarnetta. And to the right, I saw a video saying my brother, Sarah Sutton-Seti, was going to talk about the ancient Kushite Empire in California. So I, I clicked on the video. And I noticed on the video, and by the way, family, I'm on Facebook and I'm on YouTube live. If you're on Facebook right now, right, I'm going to have my brother Sean put the link in the chat. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, we're going to talk about a lot today. There's a lot of information. You need to tune into the Dagger Squad YouTube after I talk about what I'm talking about with SETI. But I don't have a problem with SETI talking about anything. But I have a I have an issue with him saying the Medjonetta has never been deciphered. Because first and foremost, I thought he would have changed his name from Sarah Sutton Seti. Right? I thought he would have changed his name. And on top of it, family, and on top of it, not only changing his name, I thought the brother would um would basically stop speaking ill about the about the Medjinetta. All right. Shout out to my brother, Cuban Crisis, man, with his paranoid ass. Oh my God, man. That guy's something else. But let me ask the family this straight up. Do you think, um, do you think that Sarah Sutton Seti should still wear his name and say the Medjinetta has not been deciphered? Because a lot of people don't understand what decipherment is what transliteration is, translation, I mean, transliteration. They don't know what speaking the Medjinetta is. They, they, they conflate everything. And instead of dealing with one issue, I have nothing against what Sarah Sutton said he does. I don't believe in, in, in banging our brother to the point where you're like, oh, nobody should listen to him. I'm just saying I need clarity from my brother Sarah Sutton said he, and I'm going to get into it some more as soon as my brother um, Unc comes on the live stream. But I, I, I'm trying to figure out how are you speaking on the empire, the Kush, the Kush Empire, which was basically the twenty fifth, the twenty fifth dynasty of Egypt, was a part of one of the biggest Kush empires, which is um my brother Taharka was ruling Egypt and Nubia at the same time, or Ethiopia at the same time. So I would love to know how. Did he draw this conclusion? What is he using as a as a methodology? Why would he say that? And how did he come to this conclusion? That, that's that's all I want to know. That's all. That's that's all it is. You know, shout out to um the brother. He's doing a lot of things, talking a lot, doing a lot in the community. So shout out to him. And don't forget to share the show, family. We're going to talk about a lot of things today. A lot of things has to be addressed. And I'm going to address them. I'm going to address each and every one of these crazies out here. And I'm going to address also some, some, some foolishness that's going on. And um, we're going to get the information out. Shout out to my brother, um, Wake the Truth, by the way. He goes on the different names on um, Facebook because um, people want to come at his channel. But um, just to let you know, man, Brother Goffy supports your brother no matter what. And uh, we're going to get this right. All right. Um, look at it this way. Even if all right. Is there a specific topic anybody want to talk about? And also, there's going to be a call-in number. 
1-800-518-2817. If you have a comment, we need to get it in. We're going to talk about this all day long, and we're going to get it in. You know we're here for another three to five hours. So tell a friend to tell a friend and join in. Yeah, but what, what does it mean? Oh, okay. Nobody's hating on Dane Calloway, by the way. We're just going to discuss um, DNA and Dane Calloway. Nobody's hating on the brother. Nobody's doing that. All right, so that's one of the things um, we're going to talk about today. We're also going to talk about the 130,000 human site in North America. That's something that we got to address. That's something that we got we to feel, we got to see for ourselves and talk about it in the best way possible. All right. Um, I want folks to understand also that we're going to, um, we're going to um, do what we need to do as far as information. We're going to continue putting out the information to the people. We're not going to stop, share the show, like the show. After the, the Facebook cuts off, we're going to be live on YouTube. So I'm going to be on Facebook until 1030. And then from there, we're going to transfer to the YouTube channel. So for those who don't know, we're on Dagger Squad YouTube channel. It's called The Dagger Squad. You could check us out over there. All right. Demand, demand. D. Amon, D. Amon, peace and love. James Alexander, M. Kali. What's up, brother? Zing Francis, Deshandra Brown, Chris McCray, Jeff Griswell, Rel Lee. All right. Nobody's attacking um, Dane Calloway, by the way. We're just trying to figure out where it's coming from. You know, why ain't y'all in church? Jennifer Battles, peace and love to you, sis. Thanks for joining in. Shout out to the admins also who are on deck. Devin Givna Peace, Eddie Santiago, Ali Dawood L, Black Star, um, Sherman Letang, Jugi. Which Black Star is that? Is that Black Star from that I did my couple of debates on? Juggy Bruce, Tamika Yevra, Shalom, sister. I was about to say, why you not in church? But I forgot you Hebrew. <laughs> all right, all right. We're going to get it in, man. We're going to address a lot of different things and, um, Skin RBG, you know, he's a yeah. When people say man like Garfield, you know, that's a um black star. We friends on Facebook, right? Are we friends on Facebook? Let me um go to his YouTube channel real quick. I want to see something with black star real quick. What is his um, what is your YouTube channel for those who don't know my brother, black star? He did um a couple of things. What is your um your YouTube channel, um Black Star? I want to show the people who you are real quick. What is it, Black Star? Let me see what comes up. So the people could know who Black Star is. The brother got some good information. Um, put your um your YouTube channel so I could bring it up so the people could see who you are. Cause I haven't seen you in a minute. But um, Black Star has a lot of a lot of good information. I got some debates there. Without going back and forth with some dudes, and and it was funny. Hey, skin RBG, send kids in the house. You know what? Send kids is yardman. You know we are yardman basically. You know, put your um B one. That's your your channel, Black Star One. Hold on a second. I don't know. I don't know what he, what are you trying to say, Black Star. You on? I know that's not what he's saying. All right, hey Reginald Green, Ebony Knowledge, peace and love, man. We we gonna have a big show today. I don't know if you guys saw the um the agenda, but we are gonna talk about a lot of things today, a lot of things. 
Black Star B1. Black Star B1. All right. Black Star B1. See what's this. So what happened to your other channel, though? Where your other channel at? I don't know, bro. We can't find you. Because your graphics was the shit. That's why I wanted the people to see what it is. All right. Big up to all the admin. Peace on Michael Phillips, Matt G, Finico, Asan, Assailant. Peace to everyone. Eric B. Quessy. To the people on Marla Lane. We're going to get it in. We have a very strong agenda today. Let me just read out the agenda for everybody to know that what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about SETI and the Medjanetta. Why does he still use the name Sarah Sutton SETI? We're also going to touch on um, the 130,000, um, what you call it, 130,000 human site in North America with our brother Unk. We're going to talk about the cocaine mummies. We're going to look at the information and see what the conclusions are. We're going to talk about DNA and Dane Calloway. All right. He made an article about DNA, and I think it's very important that we look at that. We're going to talk about the South Carolina. We heard the charges that over 50,000 are no over 2.5 to 5 million slave Indians were deported into the Caribbean. We're going to look at that claim. Clyde Winters, we're going to look at the Atlantis claim. We're also going to look at the Olmec heads. We're going to look at the Egyptian artifacts that they found or claim to have found in the Grand Canyon. We're going to look at Columbus' description of natives. We're also going to look at another description he gives of the natives. Couple. We're going to look, just look at two. We're going to talk to the Yahweh's out there. Hebrew movements and their welfare schemes. We're going to look at the Berbers or the indigenous Berbers, the original Maori or Maure or what we would call Moors today. How do we, and the biggest question tonight, we're going to talk about Taki from Jamaica, but the biggest question is how do we know what's written about African oral traditions if it was documented by the enemy? How do we know? All right. It's a very vague question because there's a uh, there's some things here because some of it wasn't uh, was also not documented by us, but some was documented by us. But how do we know? How do we know? Hold, hold on one second. Hey, what's up, brother? Yeah, yeah. Today, in just um, send me your email. Send me your email. All right. All right, cool. All right. All right. Um, so so that's that. So we're gonna talk about a bunch of those things. And and what we're gonna do is we're gonna um talk about it and we're gonna get it in. And people are gonna ask you a question. Shout out to Sister Monica Lamb, she's in the building, she's on the, the YouTube. For those who are on the Facebook, we're gonna stay on for 20 more minutes, but let's let's think about this for a second, family. There's a lot of information floating in our communities. How do we solve the information? How do we present the proper information? How do we present the right information without people saying, oh, you're just a hater? How do we go about presenting information to have folks say, you know what? I know Garfield said this, but I want to know what's going on with this. Is this really true what Garfield is saying? How do you go about researching stuff? What is in it? What is in the um the movements that that would make us think to ourselves if what's going on? 
Huh? What is going on with us as individuals that we would want to go back and forth and, and feel like I'm right, you're right, this one don't know this, this one don't know that. And um, I see my brother Bashir is in the building. I'm going to send the link to him, what you call it, so we could um, talk for a few minutes. All right. But I'm going to send it to him as soon as I get the chance to email him. All right. Because my brother Bashir, I didn't even listen to the show, but I, I, I haven't heard. I don't know anybody that listened to the show, actually. But I know he said he was going to go in on me, and um, which is kind of crazy. But there was not really to go in on. But hey, um, I got my brother Solomon. He's going to jump on in a minute. And um, we are going to um, address certain things. Marlo Lane, peace and love to you, brother. Ricardo Washington. So we got the people here on YouTube and we got the people on Facebook. All right. I'm going to be on here for Facebook for 19 more minutes. And then we're just going to switch over to YouTube. We're already on YouTube. A lot of people on YouTube already watching. So we're going to talk about that. Hey, claim your in inheritance. That's the brother that called me Garfield can't read. Ah, what's up, my brother? This is relaxer said, this is folly. Why focus on hating our brother, the general? All right. So now let's look at this family. He said, I'm hating on the general. Um, I just want clarity. I don't think I was hating on the general. I would never hate on somebody who I actually don't know. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think I was, um, you know, Larry C. Wright. Bashir said Garfield pseudo. <laughs> Hold on, let me send the link to um let me just get this Bashir thing out of the way. Let me just send the link to um to 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 the brother, by the way. And um let me just send the link over to them so that they could come on and do what they need to do and then we out. Um hold on a second here. Solomon supposed to send me the um Solomon is supposed to send me his, his um his email. He hasn't done that yet. Because once the show starts, I don't know if I'm going to get into Bashir again. So Solomon, send me the email so I could take care of this first thing and deal with that. What's the YouTube channel? It's Dagger Squad. All right. Um, Sean, if you get the chance, if you're listening on Monica, put the link for the YouTube on the live stream on Facebook. We got 15 people watching over there. We got over 100 on the YouTube channel watching. So right now we're popping and we want people to know if you want to learn something and... um. Of course, I've met Tom um, Seti too. We're not friends, but I've met him. You know, he's very down to earth. You know, ain't nothing wrong with him. I just want to know why we can't talk about it though. Why can't we talk about it? It's not a negative thing. Why can't we talk about it? That's my issue. Is there something wrong with talking about it? What's wrong with talking about it? It's no big deal. We're just talking. Dr. Sebi, I'm not in that loop, my brother. Travis Lawrence, come on, man. That's all talk. Stop it. Don't do that. All right. So family and friends, shout out to um, Sister Sapphire also. She about to be in the building shortly, hopefully. All right. Shout out to Jennifer Battles. I see you, man. I see you. Claim your inheritance. Relax. Or you see, why when people talk about people, they got to think it's negative. Conrad Garden. Once you hear that name, the Conrad, you know, sent down in the building. Hey, what about... um? Vegas and, and, and Vegas was playing Seti and Young Pharaoh. I didn't think the information, if he's going to get some thorough information, I think he should go to people who do certain type of methodology because, listen, family, I know we love our people who come out and bash people and debate and all that stuff, but sometimes we got to look at all the information that people are saying. All the information. 
All right. And I, I think that when people when people come out and they, they, they say certain things, you gotta be very, very weary. Um Bashir, send me a um a inbox. Send me an inbox. Um send me an inbox on Facebook. Cause I think we're friends on Facebook. All right. St. Anne in the building. Big up. You know, so St. Anne is where Taki. Taki was the one, the Jamaican. Hold on a second. Let me bring up Taki right now, man. Let's bring up Taki, the, the, the Jamaican West African Akan warrior. Let me bring up, let me bring up Taki. Let me bring up Taki right now, man. So the people could talk about Taki and, and see what Taki was about. All right. Because a lot of people, they, they talk, they talk, they talk. Okay. All right, hold on there. All right, hold on there. Hold on there, people. Hold on there. Hold on there. Hold on there. Hold on there. Let's take a look at Taki and see what Taki is bringing to the people. This is my presentation. I talked about the Rastafarians, Leonard Howell, and so forth. But what was important about this whole thing is we don't hear a lot about the, the Nat Turners of Jamaica, the Nat Turners of Suriname, the Nat Turners of Trinidad, the Nat Turners, listen family, there's so much information out there. One person can know everything, man. Don't ever feel one person can know everything. All right? Um, all right, here we go with Taki. All right, Taki's Rebellion was 1760 family right here. 17, one of the two largest slave rebellions in Jamaican history was a revolt led by the Coromanti, that is the Akan from West Africa's Gold Coast, slave known as Taki, that began in St. Mary's Parish in 1760 and eventually spread across the island. Taki organized a rebellion along ethnic lines, reportedly involving almost every Akan slave in Jamaica, but not mobilizing slaves from other African ethnic groups. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen, all right? I said earlier, see, I just made an error. What was the error I made? I said it was from St. Anne, but it actually was from St. Mary. So Goffey made an error. Woo! <laughs> the revolt began on Easter Day, April 7th, 1760. And um, what do you call it? Hold on a second. Solarmind123 at gmail.com. All right. The revolt began on Easter Day, April 7, 1760, with an attack on the fort at Port Mario, where 150 slaves seized gunpowder and muskets before marching south, gathering new recruits as they went. Although Taki was captured and executed within days and the rebel band, he led disintegrated shortly after guerrilla warfare involving thousands of slaves continued. Um, hold on a second, family. He reported almost every it reportedly involving almost every Akan slave in Jamaica, but not mobilizing slaves from other African ethnic groups. So you see, they knew the difference of their cultures and who they were. All right. Now, um, St. Mary's Parish, where the rebellion began, had the highest concentration of Akan slaves and the lowest concentration of whites in Jamaica. The rebels wanted to expel all whites from Jamaica and establish a society that was independent of European powers. The rebels received spiritual, listen to this, the rebels received spiritual guidance and courage from an Obia man who was captured in the early stages of the rebellion. 
this African slave prepared the rebels by giving them what? Protective amulets and the belief that Taki could not be killed by white bullets was also apparently very common among the rebels. The rebellion spread beyond St. Mary's with conspiracies and uprisings reported in Kingston, Spanish Town, Clarendon, St. Elizabeth, um, St. James and Westmoreland. You remember what I said, right? They marched from where? From St. Mary. If you know the map of Jamaica, you see they marched all the way to Spanish Town, to Kingston, Spanish Town, Clarendon, St. Elizabeth, St. James and Westmoreland. That means they went through the whole Jamaica. Although Taki Banner, da 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 but listen to this now. This is the important part. The rebellion caused significant changes in the slave system on Jamaica. Authorities passed several new what? Repressive laws in its wake. Obia now was suppressed more vigorously. Greater controls were imposed on slave meetings and on slave access to weapons and the island's military resources were increased, as was funding for fortifications. Taki's rebellion was one of the last African organized rebellions in the West Indies. Future unrest there tended to be organized by Creole slaves. All right. All right. Let me um, add um, Solomon real quick. All right. Let me add Solomon one, two, three. All right, dear Solomon, right there. All right, I just added Solomon. All right. So now, family, and of course, the source for that is the Historical Encyclopedia of World Slavery, Volume One. Um, actually volume seven by Junius P. Rodriguez. The other guy that we don't talk about a lot is Three Finger Jack, Jack Monsong. All right, Three Finger Jack, the terror of Jamaica, drove fear into the hearts of white plantation owners. Historians say that the very mention of Monsong's name drove fear into the hearts of white plantation owners in Jamaica and those in Britain where many plays and books were written about his exploits. He was also the first fugitive in Jamaica's history to have a bounty of 300 pounds placed on his head. All right, let me get out of that. I don't want to talk too much about that, but I talked about Taki and people need to realize the importance of these stories and what we're doing. All right. Um, let me see if my brother um, jumped on. Did Solomon jump on? Solomon, once you jump on, let me know that you're on. And then I'll just stop sharing. But peace and love to the to the folks on. Uh, we got nine more minutes live on. Hold on. Let me share this to the lighthouse. Final battle. Final battle. Amira squad. Amira squad. All right, came in on trial, Hebrews. All right. All right, so we out there, we we, we, we pushing information. You're always going to have haters. Ain't nobody going to be, you know, one in one unison and all that stuff. But um, I'm here, man. I'm here, family. I'm here. Solar mine, if you're on, jump on real quick. Talk and get that out of the way. Imhotep Asar, peace and love to you. All right, Sister Mo, how you doing? How my brother Sean doing? 
How y'all doing? What's up, man? How you doing? All is well. All right, that's what's up. All right. I know you're chilling. All right. I'm actually headed to go see Unc. Yeah, all right, cool. What's good? All right, Solomine. How you doing? All right, so peace and love, everybody. I got my man Solomine on. Let me stop sharing on this side right here and just have a conversation with Solomon real quick before I bring back sharing. Um, hey, peace and love to you, brother. How you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. All right. Yeah, all right. First and foremost, let me just say live on the air that I do apologize for the, the things that I said the other night. I think it was um, inappropriate after listening to it. This is why it's good to have a good team around you because good teams tell you when you're wrong. And Sister Mo told me I was wrong and my sister Cheryl called me on the phone and told me I was wrong. Because sometimes when you in the heat of the moment, you black out and you say things you're like, damn. Because let me tell you something about Garfield, though. I got one of the worst mouths in the world. I'll say some shit to niggas. That's just how Garfield is. But that don't mean it's appropriate. All right? So I just want to say I apologize to you, brother. And um, a lot of people think I was pissed off at what Bashir said. I wasn't pissed off at Bashir. I was pissed off at Solomon. Because if you know the history of Solomon, he's a brother that brings balance. And I think one of the comments he, you made that actually upset me was um, you said to the point, because first of all, I didn't even hear a lot of the things that Bashir was saying because we were both talking at the same time. So it kind of put me at a disadvantage. I'm like, what is he talking about? So that's what kind of pissed me off and I made the comment. But I just want to publicly apologize to you, brother, live on the Dagger Squad channel. And um, that's about it. Go ahead, my brother. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's all good, you know what I'm saying? We, you know, it, the, the conversation kind of went there. Y'all was going back and forth. But, you know, um, my whole thing was, you know, just like have a, a brotherhood. When you got a brotherhood, we just know how to communicate. And I think it was just a lack of communication. And um, that's kind of what resulted in this whole ordeal. So, you know, um, we can move forward definitely from that. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, I think that the conversation was a good conversation because I, I learned from both of you brothers. And... Mm -hmm. um, you know, so definitely, uh, you know, it's all good, bro. All right, cool. All right, all right, all right. But let me ask you a question, though. Um, you're familiar, though, that someone, when I listen about the tape, Bashir said some names of some gods that had nothing to do with the Asante. You are aware of that, right? Uh, no, you got, look, let me tell you. I don't know nothing about Asante. I don't know nothing about, all I did was, what, what I did was uh, when I heard both of y'all make reference, I just went and read it myself. Let me actually put up what I actually pulled up that night. Just for everybody could see what I did pull up. Um, there's a book. It's called African Religion. Right? It's a book by um, Malefi Asante. And what I did when I pulled up the book, Malefi Asante, here it is right here. All right, I'm going to share it with the audience right now. All right? Hold on one second. Let me just share my screen. And for those who don't know Garfield, he's extremely, I'm extremely computer illiterate. So you got to bear with me whenever I do anything with a computer. All right? You got to bear with me. All right. So this is what I did. I basically typed in Enyami. All right? Oh, my bad. I put Enyami. Enyami. Right. So when any army pops up, what happened with the book, 
it basically gives you a step-by-step -step of who Enyame is. So when you look at like the first comment here, it says the truly great Enyame is a personified by the sun in the culture of the Akan, the dynamic state. So that's one comment about Enyame. Another comment is right here. The messengers of Enyame, they see creator in the middle. And it says the Abosum are spiritual forces invincing and operating throughout the Akan universe, assisting Enyame in the task of managing creation, namely humanity. All right, then we have another one here, created by Enyami to fulfill specific functions. Obosom derive their power from Enyami and serve as the mediators between Enyami and humankind. All right, um, let me see. Let me just, let me go all the way down. Let me go all the way down. Enyami, the Obosom, and the Ensam for their senses. Da 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 da. The symbols. Talk about the names. They can't believe that in the beginning, Enyami. See, look at this now. The Akan believed that in the beginning, Enyami created lived in the sky, which was actually very close to the earth. So every instance you're gonna read, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bring it all the way down to all of them. Just to because this is a teaching moment, not for me or anybody else, but for the whole community. Because one thing we gotta realize too is everybody have their own opinion of what Enyami is to them. So whoever puts the book together, you gotta go by their version of what they believe Enyami is. All right. Um, here's another situation. According to the account, individuals are made of the soul or the hon hon, the breath of life, the spirit, the blood, the crowd, the life force or the soul emanates from who? Enyame. So if all individuals are made up of the crowd, according to this person here, and all of that comes from Enyame. Again, Enyame. All right. Let me, let me look. We're talking about Anansi. Give me, give me two more minutes. What, what exactly was the argument though? The, yeah, argument, a, um... the argument is I say that Enyami was the main creator or pantheon of the Akan or the Asante, right? Now, I'm going to show you another definition of Enyami right now. Hold on. Let me pull on to where Enyami is, his, his actual name, what I had on the screen. So if you notice, ladies and gentlemen, Enyami is actually different in every different Akan culture. He might have a different understanding, a different meaning. I called my friend from Ghana yesterday. And um, hold on a second. Look at this comment down here at the bottom. Humans are children of Enyami. And Enyami as the last of the ancestors by the method of reduction and is expressing their kind belief as all people of Enyami's offspring. So you see, there's different ways to look at Enyami. I said Enyami is the main God. That's what I said. So look at this right here again now. We're talking about Enyami again. A second libation is poured to seek permission from Enyami, the Almighty God, and then from the Mother Earth. So I'm trying to figure out if I do say, even if I'm wrong, I don't mind saying I'm wrong because that's no big deal. No big deal because I'm not religious. You know, so let me just look at um, Enyami, the one that I actually showed on the screen. Where is that one at? Hold on a second. I think I passed it. Hold on. Who got over 900 pages? Hold on, let me go back to, up to Enyami, actual Enyami. Hold on. Let it end. All right, so here we go. This is Enyami, actual. Enyami. Let me cut this dude off. victim yeah, yeah, yeah. 
right here. If you'll read this right here in the Ashanti tradition, Yami. That's not really China, is it? <laughs> I don't know. In the Ashanti tradition, in Yami, the supreme god is married to the goddess Asasiya. They gave birth to divine children, Bai and Tano. Tano is the father of the divinities within the pantheon. So, yes, there's probably other attributes. Are, oh, here, here we go. I think this is the one that I had on the screen. Hold on. Eh? No, this is not the one. But again, if you look at this one, they're talking about it. Of course, the power that exists in humans come from the fact that the supreme being called Enyame or Nayan Kapon confronted death and overcame death and therefore has eternal life that I share with each human. So if you go through this whole book, family, and it's free with the Dagger Squad, just send me an inbox and you could get this book. But what I want to show the brother is actually what it's what I showed the other night. Uh, here we go. All right, Enyami. Here we go. This is it right here. Enyami or Enyami is the name of, of God, the supreme being in the Akan conceptual system. All right, so that's what I read. You said to me, Garfi, why don't I read the rest? And Yame corresponds to the spiritual idea of deity. The, the supreme being is also referred to as Nayang Kopon as well as Odaman Koma. Oyang Kopong is the Akan spiritual system representing supreme being deity, whereas Odaman Koma is an infinite being whose beginning and ending are unknown to humans. The three names, which I would normally not read in public, Enzame, exist to identify the supreme creator, the originator of the universe and the infinite respectively. He created all things and he's continually creating a restructure in his universe. From phylogy and etymology, other names of African origin as Enyambi or Nazambi from East Africa seem to have the same names, sameness as Enzamia Enyami. Enyami is one God that links the Akan religious belief system to monotheism. This is revealed that the fact that Enyam is one word in the Akan language that has no plural root bilinguistic. So now, when what you saw a while ago is, is, is like four different things. But it depends, again, on which tribe or where you are. You see, people got to realize this. They, they showed a, a, um, a linguistic factor to this, East Africa. The argument that the brother is saying, I don't know what argument. Is he trying to compare um, Allah to Enyami? Because then I made an error then because I don't ever want to, to let anybody feel like Enyam is related to Allah. But I'm not a specialist on West African religions. So I can't tell you because I'm not an initiate. I can't tell you how to look at it. I just look on Enyami as the main God. Because if you see what I read earlier, if you look at different factions of when Enyami is mentioned, he's mentioned with Asasaya and then they had two children like Cain and Abel, which I don't even want to say because I don't want to relate African religion to Abrahamic faith which is what I think my brother Bashir is trying to do. All right? Oh, boy. I just got right. Hold on a second, brothers. Hold on. Well, yeah, I think that he's trying to suggest that they have the same type of attributes. No, no, no. You see, that's, that's, that's where he was trying to go because I mentioned Gerzil. But let me say to the people that's watching, we got to be careful when we talk about African spirituality. I'm not an expert on African spirituality. I don't claim to be one. But what I do know is that I trace by, by bloodline to the Asante, all right, which is going to come out in like the next two to three weeks. I have a who am I? I'm going to show my DNA results, all five of them, and show that how they all correlate. 
when you go to GED matching, you put all your, your DNA testing and you, you see where you match. You can actually go to near a region and you could actually have some that go to near to the tribes what you are a part of. So I'm going to show people through five different factors, through genetics, which is DNA, through linguistics, through, um, through um, what do you call it? Through anthropology, how our people move from one area to one area to another area. I'm going to show through archaeology, and I'm also going to show through history how I'm connected to the um, the Asante people in um, in Ghana. All right, that was my point. I think my story is um, going to be beneficial to the community, and it's going to encourage people to do that. Instead of us following the Abrahamic faith, which was given to us, I'm saying we need to find our roots. Whether it's bloodline, if you want to follow the religion of that culture, that's your choice. You don't have to. But you need, we need to know who we are. That's the bottom line. No doubt, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? That's the ongoing <laughs> quest because everybody has a different bloodline and everybody has different makeups and different family heritage. And, you know, so, you know, my thing is that, you know, I kind of look at, you know, whether it's the Aboriginal or the Pan-African. Nigga, we here now. What are we going to do? That's yeah. kinda what I'm on. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. in America right now. You know, I never been over to Africa. Um, far as my family heritage, my my grandmother's mother was from Ghana, from what I was told. But like, you know, um, I'm here now. So what we gonna do here and now? You know, uh, that's the note I'm on. But you know, I'm open to hearing different discourses about what people believes, and you know, are we Aboriginal and I, my only okay. thing is that we just need to unite and kind of like, you know, um, try to establish something here for the future, for the children. So, um, <laughs> I see you starting it in the building. Wait, wait, you talk about what the hell is Garfield talking about? Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I, I was. I don't know if that's really him. I, I, I think yeah, that's, him, that's him. That's him. That's him. That's him. That's him. Oh, that's him? Oh, okay. All uh, right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with it, you know, but, uh, you know. I definitely got some information just now because I didn't know a lot of what you were saying, you know. Um, so definitely, I appreciate that, and uh, I just allow you and Bashir to have a little discourse, and I'm I'm gonna fall back because I got something I got to do with Tazaria in a couple of minutes. All right, cool. So, um, All, right. All right, much love and respect, brother. We talk. All right, peace and love. No doubt. All right. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into this video um class with uh, where's Uncle? I'm supposed to jump in here. Let me let me um yeah, nah, but because you know everybody knows feeling know everything, so you know sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. All right, so let me cut off from the, the Facebook. Peace and love to everybody on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys, appreciate y'all. One love, and I'm out. All right, so that's Facebook. Let me get off Facebook. And um, we're going to stay on YouTube and do what we do every every Sunday. All right. All right. One of the first things I want to um, bring out today, because we're going to touch on. Um, we're going to touch on the. The information regarding what on the class that Unc had on um, Sonetta Studios video. All right. And we're going to touch on Dane Calloway and the uh, cocaine mummies. All right. So here we go, family. All right, both you brothers for squashing that. All right, all right, 
<laughs> Jennifer Battle says she did a um a DNA, but she know it's fake, but she wanted to see where it was gonna lead. All right. All right. Anybody wanna call in? The number is actually 1 800 518 2817 if you want to call in and be live while we're getting it in. All right. 1 800 518 2817. All right. All right, so let me get into this video um, before Ankh even get on so that we could um, take a look at what he's talking about here. All right? Even mythology, right, uh, is not the exact study of the forces in nature. And so if you really want to understand your environment, right, then you need to study your environment. And the only way I know to study your environment is through the observation of your environment. It's the testing of your environment. And so basically we all have these stories. Hold on, I forgot I got to share my screen. Hey, Cheryl, good morning to you. Hello. Yeah, we're going to play a piece of this and have a discussion. All right, go right. ahead. i also like to mention uh, Runiki, Runoko Rashidi. Uh, you know, he goes around the world and he actually uh, uh, catalogs uh, peoples of color. And I just like to make this point that the majority of human beings on planet Earth are people of color. But why would that be? Why would that be? Because the majority of planet Earth, right, uh, gets the uh, the light of raw uh, UVA rays. Okay, um, so you have like three zones, and I'll probably get into that later. Now I probably need to get into that. Now you have three zones: zone one, zone two, zone three. Zone one is absolutely um, on the equator. And that takes the majority of bombardment of UVA rays. And so people that are located on the equator uh, has to has, have to have darker skin to protect the high levels of UVA rays. UVA rays will kill you. UVA rays attack the folic acid in the blood. What is the folic acid? It's vitamin, okay? And based off of the attacking of the folic acid in the blood, okay, uh, you'll have low birth rates, UO2 disorders, um, uh, spinal bifidus, uh, spermogenesis, where where the hold sperm on, is attacked. On. Okay, all these things causing uh, the human species not to reproduce like they need to, right? And not allow that next generation to get to the age of reproduction. So why does a trait occur? So skin color is a trait, right? All right, hold on a second. We got our first caller today. Caller, what's your name and where you calling from? What's up, brother? You got a question, comment? I'm from the West Coast. Yeah, I'm, I've kind of come full circle on this aboriginal argument. Because I think the people that are making it, I don't know if it's self-hate or something, but they aren't really making a good argument. Like, they're not. To me, it just seems like they're out there for Because you're not going to be able to make a strong genetic argument, but you to at least make a genetic argument that's better than DNA is fake. And um, I also would like to see if people are changing their mind on the whole thing with Omex practicing the open mouth ceremony. Because that's something that should be explored. Because I've heard people say that 
that was legit. Say that, say that again. Repeat, 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 repeat that, brother. Repeat that. If uh, Olmec's practicing the, the open mouth ceremony. Okay. So, uh, that should be explored because that to me would change everything. And then, like, when I talk about they could make a better uh, genetic argument than DNA is fake, then they should explore, and I've posted this before. The Mende woman with the Native American haplogroup, or the one, and I only know of one so far, which isn't much. Why I don't think it's necessarily a good argument, but it's a better argument than just saying DNA is fake. Is the one pre-Columbian African haplogroup found in mine? It doesn't get a lot of media attention because it's not really. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I mean, I hold, don't know why. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, beloved. You said there is a pre-Columbian Native haplogroup. What, who is this pre-Columbian man person? What's the name of it? It's from a study. I'd have to look it up. I posted it much. And it's only one person. And the study mentions it kind of in passing. Like, they say, like... The, the, was, this from, was this from Clyde Winters, bro? Was this from Clyde Winters? Clyde Winters don't be out there doing field research like that. Nah, this is a, a study. I, I, I can look it up and maybe talk about it in chat but it, it, either way it's one haplogroup not necessarily but here's the thing but there are there is a sort of climb where you have ge uh, genetic uh, genetics in the americas right, cool. now people can say that it came from like runaway slaves who, who ducked out with with the uh people in the jungle they don't necessarily look like they're mixed with africans so i don't know but a lot of the, a lot of um, people out in the sticks in South America, they they have had mixture that. So it it could be anything. I don't know, but it's what. But I see enough of a crime to where I could picture a um, a connection. In, in previous times. I don't know if it's been portrayed by, I don't really study some of the people that, that have talked about it. I've looked at their, um, the people who have tried to debunk them to see what they've done. Like when people try to, uh, when they bring up the connection between, uh, I think it's the Olmec and the Bi script. That's, that's from Clyde Winters, though not originated by Clyde Winters. Those people that were bringing that up in the 19th century. So that, that kind of goes way back. Like the Libyan script and the Olmec script. Um, Let me ask you this, brother. You bring up a good point. You bring up a good point about the vice script. I, well, I don't know if it's a good point. You bring up a point about the vice script and the Mende people and, and the connection to the Olmecs. Um, you are familiar that there was a guy by the name of Leo Weiner and a guy by the name of um, Donnelly, who was a congressman. They're the ones that actually was pushing this. And Leo Wiener is one of the most, I mean, in his community, he's recognized as one of the biggest pseudos. I'm talking Leo Wiener, who's a Russian Jew who came over. Because remember, people want to prove all type of connection to Northeast Africa because of Hebrewisms and Israelites and, 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 and all that, British Israelisms and all that stuff. So do you think our... We already have a connection with Northeast Africa. That's, no, that's nothing really worth proving. But even then, it's not even North East Africa because that's North West Africa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. 
you know, but but um, I know it was also the guy from the 19th century. Was, I forget his name. It was like some weird name, like Rafutskin or something like that before Weiner. But I have heard that Weiner had some pseudo stuff with him. But then again, you also have like like that dude Mitch Ritsky who wrote about fairies and stuff. But he still used as a source because there, there are other things that might check out. But still, I would say it's, it's, it's one of those things where we'd have to just study it. Like, to me, it's, it should be falsifiable whether or not there's a relationship with two scripts. It might be difficult to falsify, but you know, it's just one of those things we can study and figure out. Okay. And that, that to me, should change the debate to just... Not necessarily, is this a crazy claim? It's getting too, too kind of snobbish. Like, when we could just check it out and figure it out. Because personally, I think if there was a connection, it was, it, it's gonna, it, it's not something that's just gonna flash in our face because it probably died with, uh, with, um, Dartitian. I would think that it was related to that. Oh, okay. And, and we don't have a lot on dark kitchen, you know what I mean? We don't have a lot on the, uh, the more powerful ancient Northwestern African empires. Okay. And I don't even call it dark kitchen an empire, but it was definitely techie for its time. Like, I could picture them have, having the ability to cross the Pacific. I don't know if they would have the wherewithal, though. All right, cool. All right, my brother. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate the time. All right? All right. Good talking to you. Take care. All right. Peace. All right. Um, anybody want to call in? It's the number is 1-800-518-2817. This is your brother Garfield. I'm going to continue playing the tape of when, I mean, listen to Based the information. Mutations. mutations react to the environment. See, that's how powerful nature is, right? We need to understand how powerful this thing is that we're an integral part of, that we are power, right? So without that protection, right? You would die. You would go extinct. Simple as that. And so, like I said, skin is a trait, right? It's a trait that developed, right, to block out the UVA rays to allow that next generation to get to the age of reproduction. We got to understand why traits occur, right? And like I said, the trait which is skin color is the worst thing to look at a person and tell who they are. Why would that be? Well, because the equator is just not located in Africa. Zone one goes around the band of the planet. And I don't know how you could explain it with a flat earth, but you know, hey, psh, they're out of there with that. But you also have, you can go to. All right, let me pause. We got another caller. Call hey. hey. Yeah, go ahead. What's your name, brother? Where you calling from? My name is Dino. How you doing, brother? Garfield, uh, from Boston. Hey. I, I've actually tried to reach. Yeah, how you doing, man? All right. I've actually tried to reach out a few times, man. But um, to be really honest, man, like I don't, I try not to like get it. As soon as anybody starts talking all this, um, well, I, I do believe in DNA, but um, um, but other than that, I don't. I, when people try to get all into this ancient this and that or whatever, I be, I just block it out. First, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. I'm going to make the connection right now as somebody that's been around Caribbean and, um, and West Africans my whole entire life. I've actually made the, like, like the language, like that's, that's one thing right there that 
like that that connects all of us. Like like I've lived in Jamaica for a year. I've been around uh people from Ghana, um, in Nigeria, been around your you know, Yoruba people and just and just even knowing that certain words that we still use to this day, the same way like ways that we cook, um, Aki and all of that stuff, like it's like it's like how to how in the world do anybody get confused, you know what I'm saying? But it is a, it's definitely a self-hate thing, though. I mean, um, even like, for example, if you listen to Patois, and when you and there's a there's a also a broken English in West Africa. It's very like very like there's sentences that exist, and you're like, yo, how do these sentences um, exist in, on on both sides of the of the Atlantic? Like, for example, like you go to Jamaica, depending on which where you go, when they say the word walk, they say waka or dede, or juke, you know what I mean? Like, in, and it's like those language, like the word and the way they, they use it, it's like it still exists in West Africa to this day. And I feel like if the self-hate was not so strong and, and people can, can kind of come together and be like, yo, like, you know, at least try to hear how some, you know, ethnic groups talk. Like, if you come, like, like it's not like evil people are not here. It's not like Yoruba people are not here. It's not like, you know, us as black Americans can't come together and like ask these questions and try to make the comparison. But it's like the self-hate is so strong that we try to, like, it's, you got people that's like reaching as far as to believe in it, the fairy tale stuff. So, I mean, to me, it's crazy. All of this Olmec and all of that. And I'm not saying that, you know, some of this stuff might not be true. I don't think black people came here to the, to the Americas in large numbers. I do feel like, I mean, there are, I mean, there may be evidence of, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, some of us coming to like, you know, uh, Mexico or South America and stuff like that, uh, you know, at a certain time, but not in large numbers, but the way that they try to make it seem. And, you know, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I wish I could elaborate further, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm kind of pressed for time though, but, you know, I just want to put my two cents into it and, you know, maybe ne next time, uh, I can, you know, I'll, I'll just say a lot more, but especially from my experience, you know, living, like living in Jamaica, even my, my baby mother's Jamaican, you know, and just, and even when I was there, like some of the history, like they, even they would tell you like, I, you know, Ashanti, Igbo, Yoruba, you know, like, like it's, it's there, it's in the language, it's in the, like, even when you go there and there, there's certain ways that they, it's just the culture is very alive, you know what I'm saying? Like the West African, the West African um, identity is very much still alive. I mean, it may have advanced, you know, and or you know, changed, like, you know, later on, and what we see is what we see today. But it's very still alive, dog. So that's why I wanted to really say that, you know. All right, thank you for your call, my brother. Stay strong. All right, Peace and on, love. All right, stay strong, man. Peace. All right, cool. I I don't think you guys heard what um. And the caller who was calling from California, call me back. All right. Um, where's Sean at? The show is on right now, Sean. Oh, not that Sean, the other Sean. We live now. All right, my brother, my brother Unc is about to jump on. All right, listen, listen, family. I don't know if you guys just missed what he said, but he said the equator goes all the way around the earth. I don't know how you explain that with a flat earth. You see that, family? Y'all missed that, man. Y'all wasn't listening. We got to understand why traits occur, right? And like I say, 
the trait, which is skin color, is the worst thing to look at a person and tell who they are. Why would that be? Well, because the equator is just not located in Africa. Zone one goes around the band of the planet. And I don't know how you could explain it with a flat earth, but you know, hey, they're out of there with that. But you also have, you can go to Mesoamerica, that's on the equator. You can go to portions of Australia, that's also on the equator. So everybody that you find in this band is on one around the planet are going to have darker skin. Plain and simple, not as dark in Africa, because a lot of that is on the equator in zone one. Then you got zone two. This also inhabits people of color, right? That's why the Hebrews get confused. Right, because they're going to have the same complexion as North Africans would. Right, plain and simple. Skin color. Right now, skin color. That band also goes around the North America. Right, so you're going to have brown people, people my complexion. Right, all right. Then you got Zone Three, uh, up in Europe. Okay, uh, uh, these people have lighter skin, a paler skin. Why? Because it's not that that sun is not the UVA rays aren't as harsh in the northern portion. So it don't make sense to be jet black brown in Europe. Makes no sense. Well, what about the Esuit people? Quote, unquote, the Eskimos. Huh? They don't have pale skin. They live on ice on land. Well, their diet supplemented vitamin D. They ate heavy uh, 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 amounts of fish, which has large amounts of vitamin D. So their skin didn't need to uh, uh, pale out to allow more sun in. Right? Without allowing sun in, you get rickets, vitamin D deficiency. So those are brown and darker skins that live up in Europe for long times, they start to have vitamin C deficiency. All right? Starts to break down. The, the living organisms next generation aren't making it as more frequent. So the population starts to die out. And those with pale skin start to flourish more and the colder regions in the regions that don't have a lot of sunlight. So remember, evolution does not occur within a person. Evolution occurs in the population. So over time, the browner population, right, would get selected out naturally because it does not give you an advantage, right, in those areas without high UVA rays. So over time, the browner population will start to pale out more pale skin is selected to survive in that environment. Now, if that same population moves back into Africa over hundreds and thousands of years, right, you'll see the reverse transformation of that. The population will start to brown out again, right? So, but the indigenous skin color, right, prior to 2500 BCE, before people was heavily migrating around the world, you know what I'm saying, man, they had brown skin, dark skin, a brown skin, right, and pale skin. And you could tell where they all came from. Now we got plains, so a pale person up, up in uh, Alaska, you know what I'm saying, can come on down to Sub-Saharan Africa if you want. Now you got air condition. Now you got all these things that will protect you from the sun. Skin's just not changing like that. So I just wanted to kind of make that point, right? Uh, this work is done by Gina Nabrowski. Look that up. Skin color map. So now back to this. Back to Vanika Rashidi, right? Elder, been around the world, must be respected, right? But we need a type of a conference, right? So I'm challenging the elders, right, to a conference to present their information. Ah, oh, we ain't going to do that. Come on, man. Y'all already know the Amaral squad and all the families, 
Dagger Squad. Man, y'all know we're very respectful, respect, respectable, and we really appreciate the community. You know what I'm saying? So, but we need to know, right? This is an issue that is the elephant in the room. You know what I'm saying? How can we love our elders, right? And claim we stand on their shoulders, but are not willing to present information that will help further the next generations. We can't stay stuck. So based off of what they had in the 60s and the 50s and the 40s, based off of Clyde Winters has in the 70s, right, in the 80s, based off what he had, right, all they had was what they had. They couldn't see over the wall. Now we stand on their shoulders. Now we got more tools. So remember the human genome was mapped out in 2003, April 14, 2003. Now we got to use uh, uh, these tools in genetics. Now we got to use new technology in dating, paleontology, archaeology, forensics. Now we have to use, they didn't have that. They have. They had the good old-fashioned eyeball test. We call it look a ship. <laughs> But let me get to this article, right? 130,000 year fine. Why? Let me explain this. So this one is called, you have two articles. One is called 130,000 year archaeological site in Southern California. Look it up. So we got to do these. We got to do this. Look it up. Journal of Nature, right? The one I'm reading from right now is uh, Archaeology Unexpected Early Signs of the Americas, right? All right. Now, we want to go to the work. We don't want to go to blogs. Blogs tend to try to look at articles or their blogs will write off of blogs, right? If you get, get like the New York Times, stuff like that, you, you'll get editors and people that deal with science, they'll go to the journal and put it in their own words, right? But for me, Okay, I like primary documentation. I like to go to the actual people's work, right? That was on the archaeological dig and see what their findings were. And then I like to write, read articles, right? That actually are critiquing the work. This is what you find in the journals. This is what you find in these uh, archaeological circles. So the original article was uh, a, a 130,000 year old archaeological site in Southern California, USA. Stephen R. Hollins, Thomas A. I'm not going to read all the names of the paper, but when you're reading journals, the first person's name of that is the person that is in charge of that particular day, right? Now we're going to read. Hey, Carly, you're live. Carly, you're live. Hey, space, space. What's going on? What's your name? Where you're calling from? Well, my name is Travis. I'm calling from North Carolina. All right, my brother. What's on your mind?
Punk's talking about. Because if you look at the population of blacks in, let's say, Canada, right? You know, you're only looking, you look, you're roughly looking at, uh, well, let me see what we got. I'm on the census of Canada, Canada census. Uh, blacks. It's like one million, close to two million. It's close, to, not even close to two million. It's like 1.1 million blacks in Canada. Right, na- you know, right now? Take, right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right now, I'm looking at it online right now. Okay. And, um, you know, you, let's, give or take, let's give or take a couple, 300,000, 400,000 people, right? Just right. for, just for, you know, since we can't cover everybody. But if you think about that, you got, a, you got let's just say 2 million. It's not even 2 million. It's, it's 1.1 million. Let's just give it, let's just give it 2 million, right? If we give it 2 million blacks in Canada, right? The square, the square mileage of Canada is 3.8 million square miles. So Canada is pretty much like a million it's, it's Canada Canada is bigger than America basically right so if you come down and you take that same information from how many blacks are in America versus the square 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 mileage it doesn't even add up because you're roughly looking at what what they say 44 million blacks yeah in uh America right right so that is pretty much Way that's I can't even you can't even fathom how much it is. If you, if you take a million million point five people in Canada. Hey bro, Canada, bro, 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 hold on a second. Yeah. Are you saying that the numbers is off because those people might be natives mixed with black people? Or is that the point you're trying to make? No, no, no. The point I'm trying to make is kind of ties into what Unc says. Mm-hmm. Because if 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 Unk, you know how Unc always talks about you the the, the land is pretty much well, you know how I've always talks about how the land pretty much takes care of you. You you know the land is where you coming from. You know the color of your skin versus where you where you're at. So what I'm saying is one, we all know that Canada really don't export anything, correct? They pretty much import everything. So there's not a lot of stuff that grows in Canada. So if if you're in an area where there's not a lot of stuff that grows, obviously. Obviously, it's not conducive to be there. You, you follow what I'm saying? Yes, my brother. Hey, let me let me take this call. Um, you want to respond to that, beloved? Uh, I don't know about Canada not not um anything. I don't know about that. What I do know is is what people don't realize is that the planet Earth, Hold the on. atmosphere we live in, is first of all. Let me say hi to the sisters. I see you, Mo. I see you, Cheryl. What's good? Down on there. Okay. What what I want to say is is that um planet Earth, whether we want to realize or not, has geologically changed over time. It's not concrete. It's changed over time. And I don't think we're actually looking at those variables. And so this conversation, like I said, is always best fit uh to deal with science. And science is strictly quote unquote, the observation of natural forces right on planet Earth. That's all it is. You know what I'm saying? Fancy way of saying it. Science. We could just say, yo, I want to observe natural phenomenon, right? Meaning a nigga ain't just writing in the book and act like it happened. We need to observe that. So we need to observe a sky, a God cracking the sky coming down. Ain't nobody ever observed that. You know what I'm saying? We need to observe Yahweh Elohim. Ain't nobody ever seen that. Right. Plain and simple. So we need to observe the way the natural forces 
interact with the natural force that is humans. Human beings are a force in nature. We are a living biological organism. So the point I'm making is, is that just because you live in Maryland or, or, or Atlanta and your average temperature in the summertime is 92 degrees, right? Maybe up south it may be 93. South maybe 95 higher. Up north might be a little lower. That don't mean that in another 10,000 years or 5,000 years, that's not going to be different. You know what I'm saying? I can show you how ice are melting. They call it global warming, right? But that's not a big deal. Those who study geology, which I try to tell people to do, understand that this is part of the ebb and flow, right? Living on Earth. That weather changes. Things change. Nothing remains the same on Earth. You know what I'm saying? So most people do not understand ice ages. Uh, uh, like if I say younger, drier. Let me say it again. Younger, drier. Now nobody know what the hell that is. Mm-hmm. Only a person that studies geology will understand what the younger, drier period is. People don't even understand that once the natives got to America, the weather changed on their ass again. Went the went glaciers started to melt, then all of a sudden it got super cold again. What I'm saying is, for living organisms to survive in environments, they have to adapt. First of all, human beings are going to adapt. But even based off you adapting, adapting, right, your genes are affected by the natural forces on Earth. Nature wants to live and survive, so your genes are affected, okay? Things start to happen on the autosomal level of your genes. Micro, right? Micro. Micro things start to happen. I mean, the smallest little level, right? On the macro level, the outside appearance of you starts to change based off your genes changing. So if I like, if you're born with six fingers, which is a dominant trait, most people don't know that, they make the mistake of thinking a dominant trait is a good trait or a, a recessive trait is a bad trait. Y'all don't know what y'all talking about. Y'all just talking. Y'all listen to the word dominant and recessive and not applying it to science. But the point is, when you look at a person with six fingers, they have a dominant trait, but why? Because there's a gene, the hoax gene. You know what I'm saying? That 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 they, they kind of got messed up. No, my fault. The hedgehog gene was too strong. So there's different names with different genes that do different things. And based off of the strength of that signal coming from the hedgehog gene, right, you will grow six fingers. So you know, most people don't understand why why is a person born with a shorter arm? Because that signal wasn't strong enough coming from that hedgehog gene. My fault, the sonic gene. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, man, we got to learn that organisms and, and Mother Earth, let me show you how serious Mother Earth is. Hey, hey, hey um, before you go on, we got a caller on hold for you. So go ahead. All right. Go I'm ahead. Gonna make the last statement. Yeah, go ahead. Right, I'm going to ask a question real quick. Hold on, sis. Right, hold on. Let, I got you. Let me make- Mother Earth, natural Mother Earth is so goddamn strong that at the end of the day, that's what kills you. <laughs> I just want to let y'all know. Take your life and give life. That's what nature does. That's how powerful it is. Go ahead, sis. Go ahead, sis. Ask your question. What's your name and where you're calling from? Um, my name is Lavette Young. I'm calling from Detroit. I was just trying to um I wanted to ask him the what was the name of the um gene that make you grow an extra limb? What is that? Because I knew a whole family like that. And it was crazy. Like that's how they identified that they were family members. 
Like, what, what you say the name of uh, their, uh, their gene or um, mutation is? I said it was the sonic hedgehog gene, remember? Sonic gene. Yep, and, and that's that, it gives out a signal, right, to the embryo, you know what I'm saying? And to base off that strength of signal, right, if it's, if it's out of place, if something is wrong, you'll grow XLM. And so uh, y'all should look on... Um, if you go to YouTube, right? I'm gonna show you. Let me see. Hold on. I'm gonna give you the video to look at. Uh, and this particular video is talking about the genes, like the hedgehog gene, right? Where if it's something wrong with that gene, right? Like for instance, they took the fruit fly, right? And what they did was they took the eyeless gene, the genes that grows eyes, right? I'm gonna give you the short of it. They took the genes that grows eyes in the fruit fly. They took it, they identified it, right? Took that gene out of the fruit fly, right? Embryo and placed it in a quote unquote mouse, mouse embryo. So when the mouse developed, right? The daggone mouse could see. And that's when they realized that the same genes that produce the eyes in humans is the same gene that produce the eyes in flies is the same genes that produce the eyes in a mouse. And it could be interchanged, right? That's when they realized that it wasn't millions and millions of genes that caused the development of arms and limbs and different things. It was the, it was nature was very, very simple. They thought of me millions of genes. They realize that it's just a few genes that controls that controls uh, different growth and development. You know what I'm saying in living organisms. So look it up. Look up a uh, hoax gene. H O X G E N. Look that up and look up sonic hedgehog genes. Hey, we got another caller for you, Unc. Go ahead, caller. You live. What's your name? Where you calling from? We did. What's sister? Go ahead. Good. I'm calling. I'm doing there to spoil Yeah, man, definitely. Thank you, my brother. Peace and love. And don't forget to subscribe to the Dagger Squad channel. And those who are listening live, come on, man. Give me some likes, man. We got 280 people watching live, and I only ain't even got 100 likes. Come on, man. Come on, family. Let's get it, man. Yeah, um, the sister, if you want to call back in, because I clicked over for the other call, you could call back in. But, um, let me ask you this. Um, I think one of the confusions, yeah, what's um, the 130,000, bro. I'm going to tell you what the problem is. When you say there's 130,000 human, yeah, I said that. People don't understand. I think the word is taxonomy, or I don't know what the word which I would normally use is. So when you say human, mm -hmm. they don't know there's different versions of human. You got a Homo sapiens sapien. You got Homo sapien. You got different homos. Not to say homo, but you know. But yeah, I'm feeling um, too, yo. That mean knowledgeable man. <laughs> exactly. But um. I think when you say 130,000, you got to ex you uh, you did explain. I don't know why they don't get it. They don't want to get it. Mm. See, hey, Garfield, I understand it. Mm -hmm. See, I sit in an excellent position. 
I think everybody should listen to the show we did. It's called the Amaral Squad from Pseudo Beginnings. Right. right? Why would I say that? Because the every member of the damn homo, I mean Amaral Squad was pseudo as a motherfucker starting out. So you know what I mean? I I, I understand it more than anybody. I was in the most pseudo group known to mankind, the New Wapians. <laughs> and it's levels to pseudoisms. So uh -huh. I'm saying I used to promote pseudoisms and not even know it. Like for instance, right? Oh man, we walk to America. I could get the book right now and snatch it up. Hold on, watch this, Garfield. Look. Look. <laughs> y'all crazy, yo. Y'all not, y'all don't want to win. Look, look, Garfield. This is you, right? Yeah, I got it. I got it. I see it. <laughs> look, let's set the record straight. <laughs> you want to talk about walking? The sister, the sister is back. Um, if you want to talk back to the sister, she's back on. Yeah, we had dropped the phone. Had dropped the signal again. Go ahead. You got another question, sis? Yeah, it's called Sonic Hedgehog. Sonic Hedgehog genes, a protein, a human, huh? Go ahead, sis. Yeah, this 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 is this is this is brother Garfield and that's brother Unk. You got the whole mm -hmm. panel here: Mo, Cheryl, Sean, myself. Say this, sis. Let's get this established. Hold on. Let me say this. Can I say this? Um, genetic testing is not for you to believe in. Genetic testing is not for you to think that you could believe in it, right or wrong or different. Genetic testing is for you to test your daggone genes. It's simple. It's not a belief. It's not, it does not need you to believe in it. See, the community gotta get this. We're so religious, right? We're so religious that we think you need to believe in everything you do. That's how religion is taking over our mind. That's why I said I made the video years ago called Conquer by Religion, right? And, and now these conversations start to come out. And now I'm proving, right, what I was trying to say. I was trying to say that I was officially conquered by religion 18 years ago. Pseudoism the whole nine yards. And I had to rearrange the way I was thinking. And it reminded me of the time when I was strung out on drugs. When I actually believed, I believed, right? Thought I had to drink and get high, smoke and all that. I really thought that. I was thinking that. Fast forward right now, right? People think that believing is the last step. Believing is not the last step. Believing is one of the steps along the way to getting to the point of knowing. So the whole world who understands science understands that genes are real. They know how they work. They can see them in the lab. They know how they work. They, so genetic testing, they understand the limitations of genetic testing. 
Nobody makes it up. Now, when the regular public gets it, they'll add their own twists and make up shit. But people that actually deal in genes, right? They know what they are. They're not believing it. So it's not a belief. Now, I can give you a good company, Rick Kittles. Why am I saying this? Since we don't trust the, trust the thing, if you go to Rick Kittles and the I keep forgetting the sister name. I need to commit her name to memory. It, they, they, it's, it's a black sister and brother Rick Kittles. Dr. Rick Kittles actually own, uh, uh, um, what's it? Uh, what's the name of the company, Garfield? AfricanAncestry.com. African Ancestry, right? They have the largest gene base in the world of black people. Plain and simple. So go there. They do not sell your information, right? They do not use your information. And it, tell, it gives you, it tells you like one, two, three, all the questions you got is going to answer that for you. So I would suggest dealing with the brother and the sister, right? Because he actually has a lab. See, we always talk about the white man science. Well, here's a black company with a lab controlled by black people. But when you say that, nobody won't listen. All of a sudden, the argument of the white man genes, all that, you don't, you don't hear him say nothing about that. They will not answer. They'll talk about something else crazy before they admit it. So I'm telling you, use uh, 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 the, the company ran by Rick Kittles and his sister. Use that company. Very simple, right? That will help you. That, that, that will kill all the myths and all the beliefs. See, that's what science does. Science actually educates you, right, on, on your myth. It will let you know how, how close your myth got to the truth and how far away it is. Observing the world, the natural phenomenon in the world. Hey, Unc, let me, let, me, let me say this real quick, brother. Do we trust our doctors when they give us blood work? Do we trust our doctors when he says that we have an arthritic problem or a mental problem or that we have cancer or AIDS or HIV or we have malaria or we have polio? Or Do we trust them? Because this is where it sounds kind of like it's not make it doesn't add up. Do we trust the DNA when the, the, the project, the innocent project freed all those black men who were guilty, but the DNA freed them? Do we trust that? Do we trust the DNA when you went, you, 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 you thought this girl was pregnant for you and you found out this dude in Jamaica found out that all six babies did not belong to him. And all these years he was taking care of these six kids like they were his, but the DNA proved that they weren't his. Should he say it's a lie? Should all the people that got free because of DNA say, you know what? I don't trust the DNA to free me. I want to go back to jail. Should they say that? When the doctor prescribed a medication for you, when you're in the hospital, do you trust that? We got to be, we got to stop this foolishness, but it's the white man science, the white man science. So when they diagnose you with a condition, throw it out. Don't believe it because it's the white man science, as you say. And we are hypocrites if we continue to say it's the white man science. Now, the brother in Cameroon, he used to work for Michael Hammer and them. And I'm going to talk about it later. I don't know if you want to get into it now because we're actually talking about DNA. But sister, before I go on, do you have another question for Unc or myself? No, we, yeah, it's a, a, a Garfield. Maybe we was on a, a talking about the human part, yo. Yeah, yeah, the human, one hundred thirty thousand. Let me see what this other caller wants, sis. I, we get back to you. I'll call back in. 
Hey, peace and love, brother. What's your name and where you're calling from? Leo Wilson. I'm calling from Arizona. Arizona. Who you, who you got a question for, brother? I got a question for him in regards to genetic markers. Okay. So, so yeah. hold on. Before you ask the question, we're going to talk about the 130,000 human that they found in America. All right? I need to be clear. In the Americas. We're going to talk about that right as soon as this caller is done. And because everybody's going to be calling in, and you probably don't even get this point in the next 45 minutes. But go ahead, brother. What's your question? I got you. I, got you. I, can, I can switch it up. Um, no, 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 no. Ask your question, brother. Ask your question, Okay. In regards to why do, like, why do results for a person change in regards to uh, AfricanAncestry.com if they actually switch their names? As an example, for me, uh, I did it twice, got two different results. Uh, same company? The percentages were off. From the same company? Yes. And how, how close did you do it back to what you did? Right back to back? How you do it? How did it happen? Hold on. Before, before Ung respond, let me let me ask you this, brother. Um, remember, whenever we're doing a DNA test, sometimes you got to be specific because it's based on sometimes the alleles and it's based on what type of test you're taking. So you're saying, I want you to go back and check after this conversation, what did you check off? Because I see this a lot with a lot of people is, because I did five tests, bro. In two weeks, I'm going to do my presentation to show everybody all the tests. And why is it all my tests say I'm 80% West African? Every single one of them. So when I send my name in and did it, it doesn't matter. Because I clicked off for the same exact type of testing. All these organizations have different form of testing. You understand? So we got to be careful because I've seen what you're saying on a, on, on a couple of um, NBC did a report on it. But they also did a report when they stole three twi uh, triplets. The triplets did three different tests with three different names anonymously and they all came out the same way because they requested the same testing. So we, that's what we need to worry about. But let me let me let my brother get in. Go ahead, brother. I, I, well, I, I was trying to ask you, uh, did, did you, so you sent in different names and the sample at the same time. That's what you're saying? Yeah, two, two different ones at the same time. Different ones? Name. Okay. I, I did two different uh, accounts. When you do it, you fill out the forms, they change the email and everything. Can you tell us uh, which companies it was? Can you tell us which companies, brother? What company? Yeah, what company? Yeah, did you huh? Just went straight through African Ancestry. I mean, everybody's been sharing it online, so I just went through it. No, what I was it called? What's the name of it? Army. You went name of the company you spent your money with. Correct. He, he said, said what? Do by everybody on all the conscious communities that go to African Ancestry instead of Ancestry.com. So I went to it, two different tests. I saw people doing it, so I want to see if it worked for me. I got different percentages based on the same information I put in. I just changed my name, email information. They got different percentages. Why would that happen? I don't know. You should what you what you can do is first of all you can send that to Garfield and let him look at that first. Let's do that. That's only fair. Uh, right? I, I you feel that. me? I appreciate that. I just wanted to show that I feel No, you're not showing no no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Freeze, freeze. You just talking, you're not showing. Cause I can say any damn thing. My didn't my shit came back and I had I had 95% gorilla in me. I could just say it, right? I can say it. So now. I'm with you, bro. I'm saying, let us see that. Did you did that? 
That's all I'm saying. And I would like to make this point. Let me finish this point. I have a DNA test that I took five years ago. So here's the question. Why has my results changed over time with the same company? Do you know why? Yep. Because the database is larger now. They, they, they're getting more information now. They're getting better at what they're doing now. My, my results ain't the same when I first started out. That's why. Science is very fluid, but they but no matter what test I'm taking, it always puts me in those areas. Now they can start to get down to your actual tribe. They get they it's getting better now. Just like the first plane that was created couldn't go to the daggone moon or break earth atmosphere or fly at a certain distance. But as they got better at building planes and better at uh, making fuel that ignites certain that ignites the engines, they got more power. The first automobile didn't start off going 100 miles an hour. It was going two miles an hour. So things get better. So you can't look at that and say, well, how come this car can go 100 miles an hour, but this car right here can only go two miles? It's a car. No, the testing is getting better. That don't make it wrong. That's why in science, we always make this statement. As of 2018, the 130,000-year-old find, right, does not show that Homo sapiens sapiens was in North America. It shows that whatever was there. Say that again, brother. Mongoloids. Are you saying mongoloids? You're saying the mongoloid people are just Homo sapiens sapiens. Uh, no, 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 no. He's saying that the 130,000 was not a Homo sapiens sapiens. Not a Homo sapiens sapiens. We are Homo sapiens sapiens. We're different. Yes, I understand that. I'm saying, I'm saying, he's saying, based on that dating system, based on the 130,000, they were no Homo sapiens here in America. Correct. That's what you're saying. Right. Because the niggas ain't left. You, you can't. How you gonna be in one place? You ain't left one place yet. How you gonna be in a? Where you at right now, bro? Hey, Arizona. This is Arizona. Phoenix, All right. Arizona. So how in the hell is you gonna be in Atlanta and you ain't left Arizona yet? Uh, I can migrate. No, nah, you can't. You can't migrate before you leave. You can't track, you can't track when I leave, though. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Hey, hey, Anthropologist, you can prove, you can prove when whoa, somebody whoa, leaves. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Hey, bro, listen to me, man. See, this is a mistake everybody makes because scientific literacy will show you they can, they, they, all you got to do is, it's called molecule. It's called Molecule testing, what does it do? It it tested mutations in the gene pool to show the rate and, mu and genes uh, uh, mutate at a certain rate. So what they do is they just go backwards and they know how long it took for humans to leave planet, I mean, to leave out of Africa. They know, they close to it. They got an approximation, but they, listen, what they don't know, watch this. They have never found Watch this. Homo sapiens sapien bones in North America at 130,000 years. How about that one? Let's do that one first. Okay. So, do you know of any bones found in North America at 130,000 years? Yes or no? There were uh, no bones, to my knowledge. I just know that there were actual um, textiles and fabrications for clothing with stitching for that. And All right, freeze. 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 Cool, freeze. Cool that, 
cutting human carcasses. Freeze, freeze, right, hold on, freeze, 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 freeze. Let's freeze it. So, hey, bro, I would like to tell you that if they did find some textiles and clothes, that would be good evidence to show that a human species was here. I think the only human species they know that was actually making clothes would be Homo sapiens sapiens. So that'd be a good, I like that, right? And then you mix it in with the slaughtering of animals. Now, homogeneous family been slaughtering animals since about five million years ago. I won't let you know that. So then this is my next question, which is going to absolutely kill you and put you in checkmate. Can you now direct us to the 130,000 year old Textile proof of sewing in North America. Go. Can I connect this to the 130,000? Can you show the evidence? Can you show the evidence? Nope, nope. Show us the evidence that absolutely proves that in 130,000 years somebody was making clothes. Where's that at? The actual archaeological find that they found. That's yes, right there. Yes, yes. Where is that? So where is it, brother? What's the, the location is? No, no, no. Where's the evidence? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. What's the location? Start there. Oh, you can go to science.com. I can. I'll send you the link, Garfield. We can go to where? Hold on. We can go to where? Go to where? Science.com. Science.com. Send that link. Well, if, the if you want to go there, you can also go to BBC as well. BBC has it as well. All right, I give think, me the two. I, I, I think he's mixed. Hey, no, Garfield, don't, don't think nothing. I believe him. Let's see it, bro. I'm with you. I'm with you. Send the link right now. Why you are you? I believe him. I won't read it now. To the, I mean, I'm not, I don't have a link to the back chat or anything, so I'll just send it to you. Where are you going to send it, brother? Send it to my inbox on Facebook? I'm not even Hold on, beloved. Hold on, hold on, hold on, beloved. How are you going to send the link to me? That's the first thing. How are you going to send it? All right. I'll find you on Facebook and I'll send it to you. All right, my brother. But stay on the, stay on the phone. No, 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 no. Don't leave. One last question real quick. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Hey, man, bro, stop trying to ask a million questions. Let's, 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 I want to stay on one thing right now. I don't want to talk about nothing else but a 130,000-year-old piece of clothing that was sold by homo sapiens sapiens. That's all I want to talk about right now. I don't want to talk about the debate things because I do not debate those who are not my equal. We uh, are just what's, what's your name on Facebook, brother? What's your name on Facebook? Leo Wilson. Leo Wilson. Uh, Leo. Leo Wilson. Leo, Leo Wilson Designs. Leo Wilson. Which, Phoenix, I have one from Phoenix, Arizona. Is that you? Is the two black, is it the two black people in the picture, a woman and a man? Yeah, Leonardo Wilson. Leonardo Wilson, that's you. Yep. All right, my yep. man. Yep. All right. So three mutual friends. Let me see where your friends are, by the way, because that would tell who you are. <laughs> All right. Um. Okay, I got you. I see what it is. All right. So let me send you a message. I like the BBC too, yo. I'm work with you with the BBC, yo. All right, so send the link right there, brother. I got you on live. Don't move. Send me the link right there in the in, in the in the um in the messenger right now. We're gonna clear this up because I like this conversation. I do. It had to do with what we were about to talk about. 
Yeah. So now you're going to checkmate me and Unc live on the air. Yeah. So that's why we want the information. Yeah. That's all we asking for, cause you could be right, bro. Like I'm, not, I don't know every damn thing. I ain't seen everything. You absolutely could be right. I, I just want to know why you know it, and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and you could send me the DNA text test too, brother. Yeah, I got you. I'm about to send it to you right now. All right, cool. Yeah, I appreciate right, don't, you. Don't get off. Don't get off. I appreciate you too, brother. Wait till we beat up Cab Calloway. <laughs> Uh, hey, where, where is you the BB? I'm, I'm sending you the there you go. I'm sending you the first BBC link here, and then I'm sending you the uh, another article showing the textiles ones. So here's the first BBC. All one. right, I'm gonna share my screen. Um, let me share hey, my screen so everybody. Hey, hey send it to my Amara squad. I finally got into that now. Send it to my Amara squad too. What? Hmm? The link. Tell, tell, let, let Monique add you. Tell her to add you to the to the hangout. No, no, no. Let's no man. Send it to my email so I can look at the link too. I want to be able to read it too. Oh, the first American spark a study. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is the same one that Unc has. No, it's, it ain't. No, no, I don't use no BBC shit. I know, but this is this is on my screen right now. Here we go. This is yeah. from 26th of April, mm -hmm. 2017. This is from BBC.com, the new slash new science dash environment. It goes into the perpeted stone tool that can be seen along. Freeze, freeze. Let's find the source where they got there from. The BBC does not. I say it again. The BBC does not conduct scientific experiments. So where the source is coming from? They, first got, they got sources themselves. Correct. I understand. I know. Hold on. We gonna. This is how we rock out. I, I, I'm teaching right now. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Stop. Conclusion. You want to read the conclusion? Go ahead, read bro. But, but rest on analysis of animal bones and tools from California. Freeze. Freeze. It say rest on the conclusions, rest on analysis of animal bones and tools from California. It don't say nothing about no clothes, bro. About no what? Textile. Now, we see first, because I know the other ones, I mean, they're all. It agrees with your first statement. Your first statement, come on, why are you moving it? Why are you moving it, Garfield? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here it agrees with what you first said, brother. You absolutely, so that everybody know, I'm not trying to get you, not trying to be little people, right? I'm just trying to show people how we really get to it. So we ain't running around here making mistakes, tell, raising our children off some misunderstanding information. So your first statement was that they found a slaughtered animals, right? So it's, in order to slaughter an animal, you gotta, you, you'll realize they'll have bones there. And you gotta have tools. So according to this, it does say that the analysis of animal bones and tools from California. So you was right with that part, yes, right? So we're gonna give you that. You're absolutely right with that part. The second part is it doesn't mention any textile. I want I want you to know that, right? So now we gotta get into watch this. It said then goes on to say, but many experts, country uh, what's this contacted by the BBC said they said they doubted the claims. But that's cool because that's what scientists do. That's what science is based off of doubting everybody's shit. That's what they do. They doubt you, doubt your shit. So we're not gonna rock. Okay, we I, I want to rock with you on this. I don't doubt it. I'm gonna go with that. It goes on to say Thomas De Beers Stevens Holland and colleagues examined material from the Sir what's this? Mastodon, Mastodon site. So now we know the animal bones they found was of a mastodon. 
So whoever was hunting these animals, right, was eating meat. Let's get that straight. Eating elephants. Okay, let's keep going. All right. The site was so, originally uncovered in 1992 during huh? construction work. Possible stone tools were discovered alongside the smashed up remains of a mastodon, a mammoth Americanum, an extinct relative of mammoth and living elephants. Mm -hmm. The researchers mm -hmm. behind the latest study were unable to carry out radiocarbon dating on the remains. So they use a technique called uranium thorium dating on several bone fragments, coming up with a date of 130,000. The team members found that some of the bones and teeth bore a characteristic breakage pattern known as spiral fracturing, considered to occur when the bone is fresh. Additionally, some of the bones showed typical signs of being smashed with hard objects. Rocks found alongside the mastodon remains show signs of wear and being struck against other surfaces. The researchers say they conclude that these represent hammerstones and anvils two types of stone tool used by prehistoric cultures. All right? Uh, let me go down. Doctor. Dr. Demir, curator of paleontology of the San Diego Natural History Museum, said the totality of evidence at the site had led team members to the conclusion that humans were processing mastodon, working on our breaking up mastodon, limb bones, mm -hmm. hammerstones, and anvils, and that the processing occurred at the site of burial 130,000 years ago. Please. So we see that word humans right there, right? Mm -hmm. All right, keep going. So we're going we're gonna to figure out what humans now, but keep going. Because now you can't, now the average person who's not scientifically literate thinks that the average person reading this BBC article, see, that's why I don't fuck with that. Because see, you look at that in humans. And so I get where y'all coming from. But let's see if they explain that term here. But keep going. Dr. Holland, co-director. Dr. Holland, co-director. Hey, by the way, bro, if you have the chance, just send the DNA stuff to me in my inbox also. All right? All right. Dr. Holland, co-director of the Center for American Paleothic Research in South Dakota, commented, we have conducted two experiments, breaking elephant bones with large rock hammers and anvils. We produced exactly the same kind of pattern, fracture patterns, as we found on the Cerity mastodon limb bones. He added, we can eliminate all of the natural processes that break bones like this. These bones were not broken by carnivore chewing or by other animals trampling on this bone. The distribution patterns of the fractured pieces of bone right around the anvils is fairly conclusive evidence because we see that experimentally also. It's not entirely clear why early humans smashed up the mastodon bones. We have no evidence... Yeah. Stop. There's that word again. Early humans. Early humans. Go ahead. Keep going. We have no evidence that this is a kill or butchery site, but what we do have evidence of is that people were here breaking up the limb bones of this mastodon, removing some of the big, thick pieces, probably to make tools out of, and they may also have been extracting the marrow for food, said Dr. Holland. Breathe. Homo, homo erectus. Ho, ho, no, homo, let me give you the name, exact name. Homo, ah, oh man, homo, not homo erectus, all right. Homo, which we call it, name literally means a tool maker. What's the damn name? Shit. Damn it. Hold on, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, keep reading. I'm going to get you the name of the first tool makers, the first human tool makers. 
Teams conclusions are correct. People could have reached the Americas from Asia via land bridge across the Bering Strait. This bring period periodically emerged during cold periods when ocean water was locked up as ice and disappeared when the climate warmed again and sea levels rose. The earliest widely accepted evidence for humans in the Americas dates to roughly 15,000 years ago. This is a field where fierce debate has raged over rolling back the ages of human occupation by one or two thousand years, let alone 100,000. All right. Oh, Dr. Demir and colleagues are not the first scientists to posit much earlier dates for people settling in the Americas. What distinguishes the latest work is that it has been published in one of the most prestigious peer-reviewed science journals in the world, Nature. Uh -huh. All what? right. Other what is experts it? remain. It's the name of the journal. Stop. Nature. Okay. You see that, Garfield? Yep. So it's, so it's published in one of the most prestigious journals on planet Earth. That's nature. Keep going. However, other experts remain unconvinced by the new evidence. Professor Michael R. Waters from Texas A&M University in College Station described the newspaper as provocative. He told BBC News the study purports to provide evidence of human occupation of the Americas some 150,000 years before the earliest well-established evidence. Professor Waters explained, I have no issues with the geological information, although I would like to know more about the broader geological context and the likely age of the locality. However, I'm skeptical of the evidence presented that humans interacted with the mastodon at the Sarudi mastodon site. To demonstrate such early occupation of the Americas requires the presence of unequivocal stone artifacts. There are no unequivocal stone tools associated with the bone. This site is likely just an interesting paleontological locality. Professor Tom DeLahey from Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee told BBC News the claim was not plausible. Another authority on early American archeology, span Professor David Melster from Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas said nature is mischievous and can break bones, modify stones in a myriad of ways. With evidence as inherently ambiguous as the broken bones and nondescript broken stones described in the paper, it is not enough to demonstrate they could have, they could not have broken by nature. One has to demonstrate they could not have been broken by nature. This is an equifinality problem. Multiple processes can cause the same product. See, you gotta look up those words. See, those words is serious. What's the word? Keep going, though. You got to look up those words, what that process mean. Look it up. I'm trying to tell you. Keep reading, though. We don't go to where they publish the thing at. Is where you really got to go. Is You just prove my point. Keep reading, though, Garfield. If the results yeah, add up to further scrutiny, this does indeed change everything we thought we knew about the earliest human occupation of the Americas. Adding, if true, the results may well mean that the archaic people, like the Denisovans or Neanderthals, were the first colonizers of the Americas rather than the Wow. wow. It's called checkmate right there. You read it over. People, you read it over, brother. Hold on. Most people stop all the way up the top. Hold on, brother. Hold on. Most people stop all the way up the top. They look at the word human and think they're talking about us. But these are the people who do not study evolution. If you study evolution like me, you would know that the word human does not mean it could mean. It could mean, but homo sapiens sapiens, but it does not mean homo sapiens sapiens. It simply means that it's in the homogeneous family. Hold on, hold That's on. That's all the word human means to those who study. Hold on, bro. Hold on, That's all the word human means 
right, to those who deal with science. And if you would have read the whole paper, yeah. read that again. Let me read it again. Right there, Garfield. Christian Garfield. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on, Garfield. Yes, sir. This is a very, very important learning point for everybody listening right here. I'm not trying to joke you because I was in the same predicament. So I feel y'all pain. So I need to be better at feeling y'all pain. Read that part again real slow as people now learn. The brother uses his evidence to prove his point. But the article itself actually witnessed against what he was wanting to say. All right. Based off the fact it was certain terms he did not understand. Read that part right there real slow, bro. Chris Stringer from London's Natural History Museum said that if the results stand up to further scrutiny, this does indeed change everything we thought we knew about the earliest human occupation of the Americas. Adding, quote unquote, if true, the results may well mean that archaic people like the Denisovans or yeah. the cells were the first colonizers of the Americas rather than modern what? Humans. Please. This is a point of true. Hold on. Hold on, bro. bro. Don't say nothing right now. You're going to mess up our moment. You're going to mess our moment up. Somebody want to learn something. Wait a minute. This is the actual point where we start to learn and start to understand why is it important why it is important for scientific literacy. This is the moment where some of y'all gonna get mad and drop off, and then some of you say, Oh, I get it now. This is an important moment right here. Let's not lose this moment that the whole paper was really talking about archaic humans that we need to read the whole article and understand, that we need to have our dictionaries as we look at these words that they're using. This is a very, very important moment, and I don't want to gloss it over by going back and forth. I do not. I refuse to go back and forth on this point. Point one, the brother has established that, in fact, it might be it might be some tools because they never said it was might be but in fact it was mastodon bone mastodon bones extinct elephant types with the long tusks that whoever was eating this so it, it it shows this but the but is was it talking about modern humans no None of y'all will agree to be Neanderthals because y'all argue against Neanderthal. Oh, that's the white man, Neanderthal. Although it's not the truth. You argue against, you don't understand archaic humans. So you cannot promote this as an article of dealing with modern humans based off of what this paperwork says right here. And this ain't even the actual work. I'm gonna show you the actual homework. This is written off of the homework. This is written off, the, written off of the work that was published in, in one of the best journals they have in the world called the Journal of Nature. Now, go ahead, brother. What are you trying to say? I am saying, why, uh, you just said the label human, said bring out the dictionary, is, is early human. Why is it fluid to where it can mean multiple different things? Is it based on etymology? Is it based on... Uh, certain methodologies, certain patterns, based on translation, why is human fluid and not just meaning homo sapiens sapiens? Because Good now question. you're saying... Good question. When the I like to know. Let them talk. I understand the Google. I understand the... You're saying Google it. 
right now. No, no, no. I said good. I said no, no. I said good question. Good question, bro. Sorry. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. That's a good question. That's a very good question. In fact, and I think that 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 stops us. No, hey, I like that, bro. Hey, bro. I appreciate you, yo. I appreciate you. So I want everybody to type in the term H O M O. Right? Let's read it. He put it on the screen. Latin. Look, look, homo, Latin homo, human being, is a genius that encompasses the extinct species, homo sapiens, modern humans, plus several extinct species classified as ancestors to or closely related to modern humans, most notably homo erectus. The genius is taken to emerge with the appearance of homo habilis. Now, homo habilis is the first tool maker. That's the word I was looking for. You click it on, it's tell you, homo habilis. Homo what? The habilis? Homo habilis is a tool maker. If you click that on, watch this. Homo habilis. Homo habilis, tribal hominid during the glacial stages, Pleistocene glacial between 2.1 million, 1.5 million years. Uh, the type of species discovered in an older world gorge in Tanzania, associated with older world lithic, lithic industry. Lithic industry. When they say lithic industry, they're talking about tools, right? Handyman. See, fossils were def- were identified as a separate species of Homo with the with the processed bipedal name Homo habilis. Handyman. Why do they call him handyman? Because he was handy with his hands and he made tools. So your question is, well, why are they saying that, brother? Yeah, Homo sapien is different from Homo habilis, but they're in the same genius. They're in the same class. Watch this. Look. So right now I've just pulled up Homo habilis. Pull up Homo habilis. Click on that right there, Garfield. While we rocking. Look. Go down to, hold on, stay right, homo, right there. No, no, over, over, over. No, no, don't go up, don't go up. Up, no, no. Go towards the top, bro. Okay. Slow, slow, stop, right there, right there. Go the other way. Right there, right there, click that, click that. We about to learn something. Now, come over to your family right there. Right all the way to your right, homo habilis. Mm-hmm. Now, scroll up so the people can see that. Scientific classification. So since we're talking about science right now, I told y'all earlier the argument is being defined by science. And so they're going to use scientific terms. So when you use the word humans, we're thinking about us. But when science used the word human, they're talking about uh, uh, all the homo family. Now watch this. You see that word right there? Kingdom. What's the kingdom, Garfield? Animalia. What's the phylum? Cordata. So Hold what's on, the Cordata? Go Garfield, cut the What do you want me to do? Huh? They can't Don't see your click. screen. Oh, they can't see my screen? No. I can see it. Hold on. Hey, King, I'm live. I'm live, okay? I'm live on my show. I'll call you back. All right. My brother from Ghana calling me. All right, what do you want me to do? I'm not sharing. Well, I can see it. Now I can't see it. All right, here we go. You 
All right. Is that good? Is that good, family? Yep. Can you guys see that live on the YouTube? Hold on. Let me go on the YouTube. The one. Yeah, man. We can see it on YouTube. All right. So to the right, to the right on the screen, family, right. you see the Homo habilis. So that shows different scientific classification. Oh, whoa, 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 hold on. Go back to the kingdom. Let's do this. The first one was kingdom, right? Yeah, kingdom, right. Animalia. So, so who fit in that? Any goddamn animal, yo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> look at it. Look. Click that real quick. Look, look. Click the animal. The animals consume organic material, breathe oxygen, are able to move, reproduce sexually, and grow from a hollow sphere of cells. The blastula during embryonic development. Ah, oh, man. All right, there you have it. So that's an animal, whether y'all like it or not. What's the next one? Cordae. I'm gonna tell you right now, Cordae is anything with a spinal cord. But go ahead, read that. Read that. <laughs> it's an animal belonging to the phylum Cordata. Cordates possess a notochord, a hollow dorsal nerve cord, pharyngeal slits, an endostyle, and a post-anal tail for at least some period of their life cycle. Cordates are neutral. Stomos as during the embryo period of development stage. Okay, so anything with a damn spinal cord. Let me make it simple for y'all. Fish are in what category? Cordaea, right? They have a spinal cord. An insect don't got a spinal cord though, right? A rat has a spinal cord. Okay, what's the next one? Class. Mam Mammalia. Please click Mammalia. that, please. Mammals are the vertebrates within the class Mammalia, a clade of endothermic amniotes distinguished from reptiles by the possession of a neocortex here, three oh. bones, and neocortex. Female, all mammal species nurse their young with milk secreted from whatever the rest says. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me make it simple for you. They got breasts that they feed the young. They give they give birth live. And they have an umbilical cord tied to it. So that's the way all mammals feed their animals. So elephants is a mammal. But that don't mean you're an elephant. And it doesn't mean you come from elephants. Now, yeah. does it? No, it does not. A mice, a mouse is a mammal. But that does not mean that you come from mice. But what it does mean is when mice have babies, they, they have them in the womb. For a certain period of time, right? They develop in the womb and they give birth live. And when they born live, the female has breasts that feeds the mammal, that feeds the little mice milk. Same thing with a dog, D-O-G. They do the same thing. That's why when a female uh, bitch is 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 is, is pregnated, you and, and have the babies, the litter, right? You'll see her breasts hanging down. She has several breasts, right? Why, why does she have so many breasts? Because they have large litters. Why do human beings only have two breasts? Because of the most part, they be just having two. They start filling them up with different drugs to make you have six, seven, eight, nine, ten babies. That ain't what the human woman was made to do. The most you're going to have two breasts for two babies. Keep going. What's the next one? Hold on, one thing. Um, um, let me say this really to the to the people that's in the chat. Um, yo, bro, you still on the phone, brother? Yep, I'm still here. Yo, I want to say I appreciate you, bro. Yeah, I do. Appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. you. I appreciate the question because we don't know everything. Don't. You know I didn't know about this fine, but at the end of the day, I understand why the brother would believe this and unk asked us to read it and go step by step. We could have read the first page and say, "Yo, he it's there." 
but we went through a whole article so everybody live could see what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's what we call This is a teaching moment for me, teaching moment for Unc, teaching moment for the brother, teaching moment for the chat. All right? So this ain't out of hate, love, nothing. There ain't no contention here. We are learning. We are all learning. Let me go to the next one. Primates. A primate. Stop. That's the one everybody have a problem with. Is that word primate? I ain't no monkey. <laughs> yep. Right there. But why? But why a man? Why a primate? Read what a primate is. Go ahead. It's a mammal of the order of primates in taxonomy. Primates include two distinct lineages, stepsirenines and haplorines. Primates arose from ancestors that lived in the trees of tropical forests. Many primate char characteristics represent adaptations to life in this challenging environment. All right. Primates. There you go. Watch this. We ain't gonna look. We're gonna skip on down to the homo joint. Go down, right there. Uh, uh, no, down, 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 down. The genius. We're gonna go to the genius now. What's that? Homo is the genus that encompasses the extant species Homo sapiens. Extinct. Several extinct species extinct. classified as ancestral to are closely related to modern humans. No, no, stop. There's a word there. Extent. We need to look that word up. Mm -hmm. I know what it means. It means living the day. I know what that means, right? E X out. X T A N T. Extent. So we extent. So we say extent Native Americans, right? Or extent. What's the definition of extent? Look, the word extent, right? Extent. See, you heard. Right. That is. Still in existence. Y'all know that. All right, go ahead. Homo, homo is a genus that encompasses the extant species Homo sapiens plus, mm -hmm. plus several extinct species. Right. Ex extant and extinct, <laughs> no longer around, classified as ancestral to are closely related to modern humans, most mm -hmm. notably Homo erectus. Stop. What does erectus erect mean? It's to stand up. Oh, see, Homo erectus was standing up right. Mm -hmm. Then we got Lucy that they found. Lucy, mm -hmm. right? And Lucy, right? What made the Lucy so important? Because he was an orthopithecine, an orthopithecus. All right? She was orthopithecus. Why was she so important? She was a southern ape because she had the ability to walk upright. Now she wasn't habitual, meaning she didn't walk upright all the time, but her hips was made in such a way that she could do both. Chimpanzees can also walk upright too, but they're uncomfortable doing it, but they can do it, but they're uncomfortable doing it. Now what's the next one? What's the, what's the difference that separates us? What's the next one? Um, you have the- Species, species. Species, right. So, which is Homo habilis. Homo no, no, the Homo habilis is not a Homo sapiens sapien. They're not our species. Not at all. See the difference now, family? Click back one. Go back one. All right, now, the Homo. Now go to the, now, now go over there to the right. Move it up a little bit. See, if we read down everything of the Homo, animal, cordia, Mammal, primates, and the whole nine y'all's all the way down to homo. That is a genius. 
That is what's meant by that. And look at the species. Name them all. We want me name them. Yeah, Homo sapiens, Homo erectus, Homo florensiensis, Homo habilis, Homo heidelbergensis, Homo neanderthalus, <laughs> all them Homo shit. Below, so you have even have the chart down here. See, you have the chart right here. They don't want to see that next chart. See that last chart you raised in Africa? Yep. Pull that up. Click that. Click that. Y'all don't want to. Y'all know. Y'all know why y'all want to read this? Because if you look at that, <laughs> right? If you look at that, you'll find out that the sapiens. You see the sapiens on that chart? Um, yeah. They coming out of a lot of mixing, ain't they? Mm-hmm. You can tell. When shit is mixing all in. Erectus, they all coming up out of that. Genius, Erectus. Habilis, then you got Erectus. Homo habitogenesis. Homo lilali is different branches breaking off. Homo sapiens sapiens is made up of a lot of these different things right here. Y'all see that, right? I'm just saying. That's why you got, some people got Neanderthal and Homo denosomen in their blood. That's why the Australians, right, have Homo denosomen in their blood. Mm. Yeah, well, we ain't gotta get that far, right? Cause it's far. But go ahead, let the brother talk though. We just want to make the point though. Because the answer to your question is, is because in science, when we use the term human, you, you gotta ask us what humans are we talking about. That's the point. But go ahead, bro. Okay, that's that's the thing. So going back to that, um you mentioned that all like DNA is pretty much proof like how you just said earlier you're saying we can believe something in terms of testing we could believe that we aren't this this but dna proves it but using it's one, it's one of the proofs it's one, it's one of go ahead my fault go ahead bro you could i'll say based on that article it does say human i know you said science we have to research that but yet you're saying human can include multiple different species yeah or current or modern humans. Do you know why, though? You know why? You know why, bro? Why are we using... Yeah, it's, it's, I'm just saying, DNA, to me, it seems based on the, even this article. It's not proven which it is. But yet, DNA... Right, no, and that's the point. You just, you're right, brother. Because they haven't proved that. And they're not saying they have. And the article that we read is proving, though, that there are more than one species in a homogeneous family right that's what that article is really proving you thought prior to this conversation that the article was talking about humans homo sapiens sapiens but it was not do you get that i got it i got it yep there you go and that just takes another level of intelligence right of being scientifically literate it's not your fault i, I made the same mistakes and you know where people are see see this is why i respect you bro and let everybody hear this I respect you because you put that shit on the line. You wasn't acting like you knew everything. You wasn't howling and screaming, trying to win. You was actually trying to learn because obviously you care about the people that follow you and you care about wanting to know the truth. And that's what makes you special out of a lot of people. It's called being humble. I was humble too. And I had my moments of being humble. This is one of those humbling moments for all of us that there are still people out there that want to learn. So we got to know when to let the hell off the gas. That's what I learned in this conversation. Let off the gas sometimes. Remember where you was at. Who did I tell you? Remember where you was at. 
So that's what I learned that, man, give everybody a shot at it. But everybody got to be, you know, we got to have these conversations of letting people talk and, and really explain it. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate that for you, bro. Now, I'm not saying you're willing to accept it yet, but what you will do is you will go home. No, you will you will take that piece of paper you just read. I bet you read that shit again and start to find all the words. I bet you won't say what you've been saying in your group about that BBC article. I bet you a dollar you won't. I will say I will, I will definitely look more into the word human and just like your breakdown of it. But it just, to me... I understand your answer. I just feel when you talk about DNA being proven without a doubt. Never said that. Uh, uh, oh, stop. You just, but you did say you did say through DNA testing, some people can feel the way they want to feel. Yeah. If DNA proves it, if, if there is no. If you DNA is proven, no, there's no 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 no. Let's get this straight, man. There's no a hundred percent nothing in the world we live in. That don't even make no sense. What I'm trying to show you is that that's the best evidence we have at this particular point, right, about uh, human beings and why they grow certain things and why our skin turn, because it's DNA. They found it. They found the mechanisms. You know, you got things called genetic toolkit. Everybody look that word up. Genetic toolkit or gene toolkit. Look that up. They understand genes now. I'm not saying they know they do not understand everything there is to know about goddamn genes, bro. Let's not get that straight. That's why I say as of 2018, this is what they have on genes. More things going to continue to come out. As more scientists try to falsify. See, science is falsifiable. Religion is not falsifiable because Jesus Christ died on that cross. And he died on that cross because the Romans put him up there. Because he was the only begotten son of God. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, if they was to find the bones of Jesus Christ, right? Dig him up and did a forensic test to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. He didn't die on the cross through strangulation because that's what happened. When you're on the cross, your chest rises and you get suffocated. That's why you die on the cross. So if forensics was to find it and find the bones of Jesus Christ, identify Jesus Christ, and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. His chest cavity is caved in because Jesus got ran over by a Roman chariot. You couldn't change that. You would kill a whole religion. You get that? But in science, you can go back and say, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. The first people, the first natives in America aren't the Native Americans that we find today. What we do find is these Paleo-Americans. And they might have had brown skin, but they got these features that look African, that look Aboriginal, that look Polynesian. They can say that because science can always change. That's the point, bro. I got you. And I appreciate you for going in deep on that. Um, I just think as we talk more about this, I know you're going to talk about it after I jump off. Um, I just brought that up to show that science, even though it changes, even though it's always fluid and things are always being found and things like that, new uh, finds are coming, we can't say one thing is one thing if dates are constantly moving. I think time periods are shifting here too. Because like when you see that uh, about the 130,000 years ago, what species was that? Because based on the article, it just says human. And researching that article, it doesn't say anything else. It just says human. So 
to me, it's not showing conclusively who that is, yet people are disagreeing with them. Until you can provide an actual answer to that, DNA, to me, doesn't prove it 100% of the time. It's inconclusive there, especially in this article. Because no, it, that article not talking about DNA. My fault. I didn't mean to cut you off. The article is not talking about DNA at all. It's just talking about the site. I mean, it's using it's using dating systems to date the bones, but yet yeah, yeah, they got that though. No, the dating is good on that. It is one hundred thirty-three thousand years, approximate. Remember, we're gonna say approximate. Yeah, it is that, bro. The date ain't changing on that site. They, they that's approximate. So let me show you what they do. So, like, for instance, if I talked about on the last show, we talked about uh, uranium-238. Look it up. Let's look it up real fast. Let's do that. Uranium. Uranium. Put it on you, Unc. Huh? Let me put the camera on you. Hey, Wujao. Hey, peace and love to Wujao, by the way, hey, man. Let me say something, Wujao. Uranium-238. Right? Lead-206. So, you got uranium-238. Right, that decays at a constant rate into lead. So we're talking about isotopes and radioactive atoms. So the half-life of uranium-238, you know what I'm saying, is about uh, 4 billion, 4.4 billion years. That's the half-life. And then you can break it down in increments, you know what I'm saying? So you don't gotta wait 4.4 <laughs> billion years to figure out the half-life, you can just use your mathematical skills and break it down into portions. So uranium-238 actually decays at a constant rate. The half-life is 4.4 billion years. But guess what? Those atoms decay into lead, plain and simple, 206. So all you got to do is count the amount of, uh, of radioactive atoms in the lead, you know what I'm saying? And once you count them atoms, you know how old this particular thing is. So that's how they get dates. And so you got sediment rocks, three types of rocks, sediment rocks, ignic rocks, and metamorphic rocks, right? For this conversation, metamorphic rock, metamorphic to change, right? So ignix rocks comes from the Greek word molten, which means lava, right? So watch this. The, the, the only place the clock zeros, right? Talking about the, the clock, we were talking about the K clock zeros is in the quote unquote uh, ignis rocks. Molten lava, the clock zeroes when it hardens, and then we can start to get the approximation because at the moment that the rock hardens, right, those radioactive isotopes and atoms start to decay. So they can't find dates in sediment rocks. The only place you find fossils are in sediment rocks, in the sediment, because remember things die and fossilize and the sediment rock takes the, takes the thing, but you can't date that. You can only date what I say, in this rocks, because they're the only ones that have a, uh, 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 you, you, you can do the half-life. The only rocks you can do that in, because the clock is zeroed when it's molten lava and it hardens. Then the clock zeroes out and starts that, that, that constant rate of decay starts to happen. That don't happen in the sediment. But the only place we find fossils is in the sediment rocks, bro. So you find a sediment here, right? What you do is, right, you get your fossil in the sediment. That's the only place we find fossils. It's in the sediment. You take the igneous rocks that are right here underneath of it and the igneous rocks that you find up here because the igneous rocks is the only place that we can get dates from. So you take these two, you take dates of here, these two dates here, and you just divide it together. You, you figure it out. 
and you get an approximate date of what this is that is in between that. That's how they find dates. So all these dates are proximates. I know everybody will say, oh, yo, that's not a date, man. Shut up. It's not religion. We use math to, to triangulate the different dates. And then guess what they do? Once they get these dates, then they send the same fossil or whatever to other labs in the black, meaning they don't know where it came from. And then they take the dates and then they all get together with their dates and then they get an approximate number that they come up with. And this is how they arrive at their conclusions. So it's not one person, one racist white supremacist controlling the day and not one black power guy controlling the day. Because, you know, I'm always, you know, lean that way. You know what I'm saying? And the race white supremacy will always lean that way. You know what I'm saying? So we need to find a middle ground on all that. And that's why science is so important to the community, bro. All right. Thank you, bro. I got I somebody got else calling in. Appreciate you. One love, brother. Peace and love. Is hey, peace. Good afternoon. This is Brother Garfield. What's your name? Where you're calling from? All right. You got a question? Or comment? Yeah. yeah, I got a question for her. What up? Go ahead, brother. Uh, my question for her is um, just on more, more on the line to uh, the Aboriginal the, the claim, uh, just more for clarity. When we talk about, when you talk about like the, the, the skin grafts, right? And they should be dealing with the Native Americans when now we're in America, right? Wait, stop. Whoa, whoa. You said skin draft, bro? I ain't saying nothing about no skin drafting. I mean, the, the skin mask, the, the skin mask, you know, the mask. Okay, yeah, go ahead. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so, like, when they come into, we would tend to believe that when those uh, Native Americans came across that they still were dark skin, right, just based on the new evidence, we got the, the pale skin coming to Europe, right? Even when those people were in Europe, even after the Ice Ages, those people still had dark skin, right? I mean, right? in certain parts, they still maintain that dark color. So why would the Native Americans have the pale skin gene in, uh, in North America when the pale skin gene didn't put introduced into Europe until, what, like 8,000, 8,000 years ago? That's kind of- Nah, between 20, it's approximate date. Remember, all dates are approximate, yo. Approximate. They don't say just eight thousand. Twenty thousand. Yeah, about eight thousand. So twenty, twenty in between all all numbers in between. But go ahead. A good question. Go ahead. Yeah. So like so like so is there is so, so was there any mapping of the genome as far as Native American goes to determine when when they had pale skin or was the pale skin a byproduct of mixing with European? So I haven't read an article that said that the Native American population had pale genes. I ain't read that one yet. You know what I'm saying? But what I will will show you, they ain't had. So, hey, Garfield, do me a favor and pull up. Uh, let me see if I can pull up the skin. Hold on. Let's do it for a minute. We can get right to it. Um, get right to this a skin map. It's slow, right? I hate using this one. We need to get on with it. What I'm gonna do, I'm gonna use a fast computer, yo. Skin color map, right? Let's pull up the skin color map. Yeah. Hold on, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pull up the skin color map. Mm. I'm in two. All right, this is what I got. You know? I'm gonna one. 
Oh, you're going to jump out. Okay. Yeah, we'll get out there. Yeah, this is quicker. I already got it pulled up already. Hey, family, share the show, like the show, show me some love, man. We got 350 people watching live. Come on, man, family. Come on, come on, come on. Share the show, man. Share it on your social media. Let's get it out there. Dagger Squad, we taking over, man. We taking over, family. We got the Amira Squad in the building. All right. Well, no, stay on the line, brother. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. Yeah. We got to clear this up. Yeah, we want to see. Hold on. Let's get it. Let's do the study. See, as long as we do the study... And everybody ain't trying to debate a nigga, yo. We can learn something around here, yo. You try to debate me, yeah. You know I mean, you ain't gonna win it because you just, you, it just ain't, it ain't. You know what I'm saying, yo? It's crazy, yo. Like, we can learn why. That's a good ass question. Let me pull this up real fast. All right, we did the uranium. Yeah, yeah, no, but I'm, I'm in Atlanta, man. Push your address to your store online, man. You're trying to keep that shit a mystery or something, man. Oh, snap. No, you ain't say that. Now you ain't say that. <laughs> it's like, I need a membership. Wow. Hey, oh, miss you. Hey, you know we great had that. Uh, we great start the class. We haven't won the end of the month. Uh, me and Wuja. Um, the last the last Saturday of the month. What's the class? What's the class about? That's, oh, that's regular class. So you yeah, just broadcast live. Huh? Y'all gonna broadcast live? Oh, we might. Yep, need you. Where the hell is Wuja at? Yeah, tell about, yeah, yeah. Send the address. I mean, like I said, I'm not locked on you. I'm right to Katie. You ain't fucked me at all. All right, bet. Got you. Hey, peace. I'm here. What I'm up, Wuja? How you been, bro? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm listening in. I was, I was checking out. I, I, I listened in late, but I, I, I heard the previous caller. But how you been, though? How you been otherwise? Oh, straight. The family's good? Family's good. I'm I'm good. You know, you know, let me ask you this. What's what does Wujao means? Does it mean pseudo killer? <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, but you know, you know, we we we've been uh somebody tried to negatively call Damara Squad uh pseudo hunters. We are that. I love that name. I love that. Hey. And uh that that's actually an appropriate I need a uh, name, title. man. Can I get a name, please? I got Wujao. I love that name. I love um Sanjay's name, but I can't steal it. So I need a name, man. I need a name that sounds good. I don't need no backward name like Unk. I don't want that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, how you call my name, man? I got one for you, Garfield. I got a name for you. What's that, sis? Uh, pe peace to the panel, though. I didn't, By I didn't... the way, family, I'm joking when I said that. God, I don't want nobody to go cut the video up and say, Garfield said Unk's name is bullshit. You know, people are. Oh, man, shit, nigga, look, at the end of the goddamn day, long as they listen to what the hell we got to say, when they stop listening, then that's the damn problem. So let me screen share my, my uh, screen here. Hey, bro, on the phone, by the way, go to amirasquad.org if you want to see where the address is. It's, I'm sure it's on there. All right? All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, stay on the line. Stay on the line. I'm going to go out that address. Y'all got to come and support, though, yo. Hold on. All right, so let me screen share this. Let's talk about the skin color, Matt. I got to pull up two of them. Hold on. Because one is showing the UVA rays. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, Sister Jackie, Jacqueline, it actually put me down with the skin color. About five, six years ago, we were talking about skin. And you can go to the PBS website, and it talks about Gina Nebrowski and all that. Go to uh, PBS, listen to the downloads on that. You know what I'm saying? Y'all just can't be scared to listen to white people sometimes, yo. Can't be that. It's crazy. I mean, she did the work on that. 
Okay, so I got, all right, so here we go. I want to share the screen now. I'm going to do it like this. All right, so here's the conversation. Everybody can see the map, right? Yeah, bro. So let's read this real fast. Uh, it's an academia researcher, Nina Jabrowski. Everybody with your pen and paper, write down Nina Jabrowski and George Kaplan. That's their research. All right. The hell what Unc say about their research. What do you say about their research? They say combine clinical and satellite data to produce this map. So they use satellite. I'm sorry for all y'all that don't believe in satellites. Y'all, I mean, I don't know what to do for you. Satellite data to produce this map. The color reflection, it says the colors reflect the degree of ultraviolet radiation at different latitudes. We learned about longitude and latitudes. If you don't know what the longitude and latitude is, look it up. Don't be ashamed, look it up. It says the background patterns illustrate three zones of human skin. Now, what we was talking about, I'm gonna make this bigger. Zone one contains tropical peoples with darker skin. Here's zone one, everybody. See the one, the number one, zone one. So where does zone run one run through? Look at that. Oh, Mexico. Pieces of Florida, oh, Mesoamerica. Okay, hey, South America, all in zone one. Africa, the majority of the whole country. Oh, see, that's why we see that the majority of Africa had people of color. Why? Because the whole damn continent is damn near in the middle of that. You see that, Garfield? Yep. Oh, now we see why. So they're not brown people or dark people because we say they are. They're dark people and brown people because they're getting bombarded by heavy levels of UVA rays. And Mother Nature wants those organisms to survive. So she affords them sunscreen in the, in the form of melon, no matter what y'all crazy people wanna say. The melon is sunscreen which is the most important thing you have as a human. And I get into that. Hold on, India is also in zone one, is it not? All these islands, half of Australia is in the, oh my goodness. So now we see that zone one contains tropical peoples with the darkest skin. Uh-oh. Damn. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There you go. So we need to figure out where did Christopher Columbus come from exactly? What islands did he go to? He would have seen people of color now, wouldn't he, Garfield? Yep. Okay, zone two. It says the skin of people native to zone two possess the most what? Potential for growing lighter or darker seasonally. Oh my. North Africa. The Hebrew Israelites. Now we see why the Hebrew Israelites aren't white people because their whole thing is in zone two. Look at that. Look at here. Look at here. Look at here. North America. The majority of North America, the United States, is in what zone, Garfield? Where is it at? Zone 
two, see? Own two up there, yeah. Look right. at it go. Look, the whole goddamn continent, damn near, of North America is in what? Zone two. So watch this. This is how we know pale skinned people aren't indigenous to the land because zone two says the skin of people native to zone two possess the most potential of growing lighter or darker seasonally, bro. So in the wintertime, they lighten up. In the summertime, they darken up. Do y'all not see that? Natural bleaching. The answer to your question is that the majority of the population that lives in North America that live in zone two, which is the, uh, the United States. That's funny. So all those tribes that was living in the United States, not Canada, because we're going to show you in a minute, they were people, they, they, they go from brown to light, bro. Brown to light. There you go. Yeah, 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 but you, but you, but, but you would agree not, but you're saying not pale though, because we could, because I mean, but guess we can, I, I guess we can. It don't make sense. Let me show you why. How brown to how light, because what I'm saying is that I also thought it was said that like uh, even in those temperate zones, you can maintain your color if you can maintain the diet, right? So even there if you, you go. Go. Oh, oh, oh. there you go, there you go, there you go. You mean your original tone if you can maintain a diet still? You know what I mean? Yes, sir. So let's talk about the Izuet people. I might, like, I might lighten up in the winter, but I'm going to come back to my normal. No, you're not going to. No, no, no. You're not going to pale. No. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're not going to be a white person in the winter. <laughs> no, 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 That's no, a different gene. No, let me lighten up. As far as you know what I'm saying. I mean, because you know, everybody ain't going to fall off. I mean, as long as you stop saying it, like, right, as long as you can maintain that diet, wouldn't you be able to? Not far all the way off the, the, you know what I mean? The spectrum, like say, like like the Eskimos did, because yeah. they maintain their diet, which allows them to maintain and not just go all the way off into European style coloring. You know what I'm saying? No, it, okay. Now I said from lighter, from growing lighter to darker. I didn't say pale. Europeans, uh, some Europeans, not all of them, possess that pale gene, right? SLC. Remember that? Remember that? SLC, Q4A5, they possess that gene, right? We're not talking about those particular people. We're, we're simply talking about those who, who, who can lighten up and darken up. Now, when you come to zone three, this is when the pale skin is needed. So you, you talked about, you didn't say it, but the Esuit people, the Eskimos, miscalled Eskimos, right? The question is, why aren't they pale skin? Because, they, because they're not pale because they had a diet they had vitamin D. This brings us to the answer of why pale skin as opposed to dark skin. Because when you're in zone three, which you find the most of Canada, y'all see that? See zone three? Mm -hmm. It says zone three natives have paler skin to make up for the lower levels of sunlight. So see the color there? The color is uh, up in zone three. See that? See that blue? That pale green? Yeah. See that? Look where that goes across. See, even down here in South America, portions of that is in zone three. So in Canada, those native tribes that was up there had pale skin, bro. So I'm pretty sure they migrated down they pale skin too. You know what I'm saying? But they had pale skin. Absolutely. Pale skin. Not unless they had high levels of vitamin D. Because remember, what does pale skin allow you to do? It allows the sun to come in. What does the sun give you? vitamin D. So if you're not getting sunlight, if the sunlight is being blocked out and you're living in zone three, so 
right? Your offsprings aren't going to produce as much. Go ahead. Go ahead, brother. So what was the difference between the um, the people that in, in Europe that was able to maintain their dark skin up for like thousands of years? Like, what, what happened different with them? Where is that? Hold on. Where in Europe? Uh, oh, you uh, in Europe? Uh, who, who picked up the light skin gene? What was the difference between them and the, and the, and the other Europeans? No, you don't got no Europeans with no with no dark skin. You got the first Europeans would have had that. We're talking and about um as a like you you familiar with the uh, the, uh, the um the genome for the white skin, right? We talked about yeah. earlier. Yeah, SLC two four A five. About the first people of yours being they had dark skin and blue eyes. All of them had dark skin. All of them had blue eyes, and all of them had dark hair. I'm wow. talking about the wow. Why though? So I'm trying, that's, what, that's what I'm saying, like, what was the difference between them and then, because, like, they, the Europeans, the modern Europeans we get today came from two two invasions. One from an invasion that came out of the Caucasus Mountains, they said roughly about 8,000 years ago, and then another invasion that came about 4,800 or so thousand, 200 years ago. Mm -hmm. Two invasions, like, one brought in the light skin, and then one brought in the ability to digest uh, milk. Right, because it was saying that the first inhabitants of Europe were lactose intolerance, like most Africans are. Yes. Right, so I'm saying, like, what? How were those Europeans able to maintain uh, a, a dark and not African tone and not go all the way left? Like, you know what I mean? Because they, they wasn't in the, obviously they wasn't in those areas long enough. Dark skin. They wasn't in those areas, and they, and the first people that inhabit them areas had a brown skin. You're saying they was able to maintain it. The record doesn't show that. The record shows that over time they got lighter and lighter. That's what the record show, bro. So the first Europeans would have to be brown-skinned people because they're coming from Asia, out of Africa, and they're brown-skinned people. They reside in zone two, like I showed you. Asia. Ice age and all that. Nah, you cut me off, man. You can't, cut me off. you can't cut me off, bro. You just made that up. I just told you all of Asia is in zone two. So, of course, the first Europe, parts of Europe is in zone two. Are you not looking at this? Wait a minute. Let's just get a map. I'm saying, like, if, if you look at. Hold on. Hold on. They were saying. Wait, wait, wait. 8,000 years ago, and this is after, this is after Clovis uh, came into America, all that. 8,000 years ago, those Europeans were still, were still dark skinned. It's not dark skin. No, still hadn't changed it. Not dark skin, yo. Hey, I mean, bro. I'm not like I, I'm trying to find how they you. I, I ain't saying black, Sub-Saharan African. I'm talking North North African. That's bro. Hey, are you, can you see the man? North African. I need the world, man. Wait a minute. I can't. He said dark skin, so I can't. That's why I want to repeat what he said because I can't. I don't. Can know you see? Can you see the screen, brother? Brother, can you see the screen? Relax, man. See, you ain't see you ain't doing it right, yo. You fighting with me, yo. Damn, yo. Relax. We trying to learn it. Can't get into a debate. Then I got to bring out all the tools to beat you up, which is crazy. I want to take time because you got a good question, yo. I'm going to show you. But you're talking through the clarity. You can't talk through the clarity. The moments of clarity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all see the map, right? You see it? Yep. So you got France. See France? Y'all see France, right? Spain, France. Yeah. Uh, 
Denmark, that's up. Georgia, Caspian Sea, that's up in zone one. I mean, yeah, that's up in zone one. But shit, these these places like, hold on, make it. Zone three. Hold on, look. Romania, right? That's in that like zone two. Australia, that's like in zone two. Let's go back over the map. Hold on. Make it bigger. Hold on. Mm. So Italy, we gotta go right. We find Italy right on up the top. You see that? So some of those places that you talked about is in zone two. That's why they skin that color, bro. You see that? It's not until you get up into Russia. Look. Hey, when you get all the way up into Russia, uh uh Kazakhstan, Mongolia like, uh, Georgia, you know what I'm saying? But if you look at Italy, Italy, they're gonna be brown people. Check, check out that C, what's that? C V Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Let's look at Poland. Poland is right there, right? Hold on, hold on. Why? Finland, Sweden, and Norway, these people have the paler skin. Am I not right or wrong? Yep. Why? Why? Because they live in zone three, yo. White people, you run around in America, don't be having pale skin. You find some, they got different degrees of color. I promise you that, yo. You got to go to Norway and Finland and all these areas and, 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 and Brussels. And Denmark to start finding these Germany, you know, up in that area. But as soon as you start hitting bottom portions of Austria, what is it? Am I saying it right? Not Australia, but Aust what's this? Austria, Austria, right? These people start to fall in the zone too. Spain, the Italy, Greece. That's why you can say that the that that the Greeks wasn't white because they in zone too. They gonna they gonna go they gonna vary. That's why. That's where the confusion. That's because it, you know it, that's putting a lot of things together right there. I know it is. I niggas don't want to hear too. You're fucking made up right now. I'm just saying, damn. Everybody don't really want to hear. I get it. Good deal. Good deal. Good deal. I appreciate the, the info. All right, thank you, bro. I'm gonna even do it better. I'm gonna open up the brand up. All right, pizza. Remember, go to amirasquad.org, and we're gonna put the link in the chat anyway. All right, Sean, put the link for the um the Amirasquad dog in the chat so people can get it. Yes, sir. Hey, I, I want to say something real quick. Um, I got to get and, and listen to this Go ahead, bro. My fault. I'm trying to get out the screen. What is it, Unc? No, I'm just trying to get out the lip. Would y'all talk? I need to talk to more, and then they're going to get to a place I ain't at yet. Let me hold on. <laughs> um, I was saying, and listening to the conversation, uh, like I said, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, check the beginning of the show, but um, what I find in conversations is that when when people bring up the aboriginal native you know indigenous or native american um arguments and things it's it really boils down to the person um getting their dna analyzed because uh we understand that regardless of the 130,000 year old um fossils or tools or or whatever the case is because i heard a conversation about uh human um and everything what kind of human or what what species of human it would be regardless of the of that species or whatever the case is if you don't get your dna analyzed and be able to uh cross check or cooperate with the known haplogroups groups that are in the americas both north and south and middle or meso 
um, then you 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 still will be in a complete state of ignorance. So when whenever we have these conversations, if you notice that the people that argue for that, they also argue against DNA. And so and so they they argue against the one tool that can be used to actually support what they say or deny it. And because they they are they have this sense of is going to deny the argument, then they got to argue against the whole science uh, regarding DNA. If you if you if you notice that it happens every single time, if you if you just look at, at the people who argue these things, they will argue against DNA, saying it's fake, saying it's a hoax or or whatnot. And then even with that, and that's fine for them to feel that way. But even when you when you go in that direction to speak on DNA with them, they are incompetent about DNA, period, like the, the science of genetics and, and biology or biogenetics in general. So it really boils down to people just stopping, stop the stop the claims for a moment, like take take a vacation on the claims and and go into a mode of study, intense study, just study the the study biogenetics, study the things that you're saying uh, before you come to the table to make arguments, because a lot of time is wasted just to just to correct people's ignorance. It's like it's like people are are pulling the cart before the horse. Like they want to argue before doing the research. And so when 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 I know when I'm facing the argument, a lot of time is spent just on educating about their own argument. Like people are arguing something that they don't understand. And then the person they're arguing against has to teach them the information about that, about what they're trying to argue. And and so it's it's like a, a backwards thing. And so that's what we have to change. We have to change that because a lot of time is is, is wasted. Like the, every all these arguments are old. They're old and they're even outdated because in 2003 the human genome was mapped and a lot of the a lot of the arguments, a lot of the the scholarship and and things that people are using are pre uh, genome mapping. Like if you look at the books, look at the dates that they're publishing and stuff. These are pre 2003. So 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 these scholars, as brilliant as they were, they did not have the data that we have today. And so we have to go with the best uh, best move, not just because we like a scholar or just because we think it sounds good. We got to go with what's accurate. Accuracy is is the number one goal of scholarship. And so if if that's not what you're about, if you're about just just sounding good or or promoting a, per, a particular person, you get into personality worships and stuff like that, then you're no good to our intellectual communities because accuracy is uh, number one goal with scholarship. And we debate because we're trying to hammer out issues to get to the uh, accuracy. That's the point of debating. We don't debate just to debate or argue just for argument's sake. Wuja, hey Wuja, real fast, brother. Um, the brother had talked about having different results on different DNA tests or different results on the same DNA test. And I know you did some work in that area looking at the different on why that why that would be uh, why is that? And so I think you know so far today we had a breakthrough moment with a brother on the show. Yeah. So you know what I mean? So you just said a debate to just a debate. That's what everybody is doing. There is no learning in that process, right? But so right. two things. One thing I think we had a breakthrough moment. 
Second thing, no, I know we did have a breakthrough moment. Uh, the brother didn't, you know, we he allowed us to slow the conversation down, you know what I mean, and, and come to some real results on what we were reading. Second thing, I don't think the brother got a clear answer on why was it different. Uh, well, why did he have different results from the same from the same company? He claimed he used the same company and and got different results. Okay, well, um, it's good. It's good that people have a breakthrough moment. And notice what you said. Breakthrough moments come when? They come when you can slow the conversation down. When you, yep. can, you go point for point and talk to each other and not at each other. So yes. we got we got to get into that more more often. We can't be arguing at each other and um, not even knowing what we're what we're talking about. Uh, so, but two, what you were asking about the um, companies, the reason it's real simple, and we we had, actually did a whole show on this. But the but the gist of it is because these DNA companies, and I'll name a few, we got 23andMe, AfricanAncestry.com, uh, um, Ancestry.com, uh, ancestry uh, MyHeritage, um, FTDNA, and so on and so forth. When you go to these particular companies, these companies have a reference database, meaning they have reference samples. So these companies collect samples around the world of people's uh, uh, DNA. And they base it on gen, uh, gene pools or genetic populations. They call them genetic populations. And so they take samples around the world of different uh, people. And so they have those samples in their database as a reference uh, database. Every company doesn't have the exact same database or the exact same samples. So when you get your DNA analyzed uh, with a particular company, the only thing that they can compare your DNA to is with the DNA that they have in their database. Uh, 23andMe cannot compare your DNA with the data that African Ancestry has. So the reason why you get these slightly different results is because people have to understand what the results are. The results, when, when, you, when you get your DNA analyzed and they're comparing it with their database, they're simply telling you, and this is only one of the, of the results. You get three, you get three uh, results. One of the results is an admixture result. That's the results that you see when people post percentages. That's only one of the, the results. They call it an admixture uh, test result. And so when they tell you your percentages, all they're telling you is that you, your DNA is shared in this percentage of your DNA is shared with this population uh, where they uh, live today. So if, if somebody gets their DNA analyzed and it says that you are uh, 70%, uh, um, let's just say 70% West African, then that means that 70% of your DNA is shared among the database that the company has, 70% of, of that is shared with West Africans that they have in their database. So if another company has more samples, then your percentage may uh, change slightly because it's based on uh, the resolution of how many samples they have per genetic population. And this is why for African-Americans, people who, who are, are called African-Americans, um, AfricanAncestry.com is the go-to company because they have the largest amount of samples, DNA samples of Africans. 23andMe has more European uh, samples than they do Africans. So if you get your DNA tested at, with 23andMe and you get it tested with AfricanAncestry.com, your results will be slightly different. 
but it's not going to be uh, uh, different in terms of your other two reports, which is your haplogroup. Your paternal and maternal haplogroup, is, they are what they are, regardless of the company. That's not going to change between companies. So people have to understand that you get three different stories about your DNA. Your ancestry comes back to us in three different stories. You have your paternal line, your maternal line, and then you have your admixture, which is your nuclear DNA, the recomb recombination DNA. You got DNA that don't recombine, which is the paternal maternal, and that's lineage. Then you have your admixture, which is your nuclear DNA that does recombine. And so you get three different stories, and it's, the, it's that one test that will come up slightly different based on the data that the companies have. It doesn't at all mean that it's a hoax or it's wrong or anything like that. It just means that they're using a different reference. That's why it's encouraged. Anybody who, who does their, get their DNA analyzed is encouraged to go through multiple companies because you're, you're being tested against a different data set. It's just that simple. Now, if, if anybody claims that they have a different result from the exact same company, produce it. Because that, that's, that doesn't happen because they're using the same they're using the same data only if they upgrade their sample so i know 23 and me for example if you if you get tested with 23 and me and even the company that uh unk went with they are they are constantly sending you updates periodically like every month every three months because they're they're constantly uh broadening their database and so they can check your dna against their their um larger samples and then they'll update your results Hey, would well, y'all? We got a sister and our brother. I don't know who it was on the on the phone. They got a um. You got a question, family? No, no. I just got a comment. Uh, I was one of your first callers, man, and you cut me, and I was talking about populations and stuff. But I just want because uh, it ties into what Unc has been saying, dealing with the skin map and everything. I don't really have a question, but I just want him to uh, talk about what I'm about to say. Uh, because when I when I first made my comment it was about the earth can tell you exactly where people came from and who people are. So I want Unk to kind of Unk Wujaru to go a little bit more on wherever there is the most diverse of things is probably where it originated at. So in my example, I would use like a rose. So if you go to Brazil and there's like 20 different species of roses versus maybe five different species of roses as being in America, where would that rose originate from? And it's the same thing with people, you know, just like animals also, because, you know, with uh, put up all that information about how we are linked and everything is genetically linked. You know, if the wolf, if there's 20 different species of wolves in Russia, but there's only five different species of wolves in America, where did the wolf originate from? So if I can get Wujaru and Unk to kind of speak about that, I would appreciate it. All right, cool, my brother. Appreciate that. Go ahead, go ahead, Unk. Um, you can go ahead first, Wujaru. I'm gonna pull up a reference for that. I don't want to. Uh, all right, before, all right, before Wujaru goes, then before you pull the reference up, I do want to stress to people that's watching that yes, you're gonna have issues, and um, DNA is not the same as it was 15 years ago. We need to realize that it's like it's like me and Unc trying to make up a clothing line 15 years ago. The access to the clothing, access to the system, how we make the sneakers, who we go to as a distributor, who we go to as a manufacturer. All these things are going to change over the years. The prices, everything. Things change, family. 
things change. Just like how 10 years ago, you wasn't the man you were supposed to be. Ask your wife. <laughs> You're not the same man you was 15 years ago. You know what I'm saying? It's science, family. Things move on. Things change. And we got to get that in our heads. But I love the way the show is going because I'm going to show. I'm a, All right. Who's who's that showing? Oh, that's Wajau. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Wajau. I love this breakdown. Go ahead. Okay, so so uh, all right, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take everybody to school for a hot second. I'm 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 gonna keep it brief, so I'm not gonna be long with it. But I encourage people to to do further research on it. So I'm gonna break it down uh very simple, because what the brother is talking about is speciation. It's it's under the subject of speciation. So make sure you you uh, do the knowledge on speciation. But I'm gonna break it down in simple terms. So if you look at my screen, I don't know uh, if you have it locked on there, so everybody can see it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So if you, if you look at my screen, I'm showing an example of uh, Crayola crayon boxes. And so the box on the left-hand side has 96 Crayola crayons, uh, 96 colors. The box on the right has 64 colors. So the brother made a good point. It said that um, usually when you, when you go to a place that has the most uh, diversity is, is the most likely place of origin. The more diverse, the more uh, origin original that uh, something could be. And so I'm demonstrating this, that, that the box of 96 colors uh, produces the box of 64. In other words, the box of 64 colors comes out of the larger box of 96 colors. But now how is this relevant? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain it. So just give me five minutes to explain this. So what we're talking about is speciation. So we gotta define some terms. And Unc brought this point up earlier that Make sure you bring out your dictionary. Make sure you, you uh, define terms in the scientific field that you're using them in because different fields use words differently. All right. Just keep that in mind. So species. What is a species? A species in general. These are these are um, these are uh, scaled down definitions. OK. Species in general is a group of interbreeding individuals who can produce fertile offspring. All right. What is a population? A population is all members of a given species living in a given area. Gene pool. A gene pool is the entire genetic content of a population, every allele. Got to keep that in mind. It's an important uh, thing to remember. Adaptive radiation. Adaptive radiation is a process in which organisms diversify rapidly from an ancestral species into a multitude of new forms particularly when a change in the environment makes new resources available, creates new challenges, or opens new environmental niches. All right, so I'm gonna demonstrate this uh, by um, giving some visuals. So here are the steps for speciation, okay? So we have uh, one cause of it is reproductive isolation. And so what is that? Reproductive isolation, uh, first of all, it, it's, it happens when uh, two distinct when two distinct populations are created from one. All right, so we have, so, so for this example, we have one species of creatures. Let's just call them, um, in, a, in a quotations, they're called whatchamacallits. So these are species of creatures called whatchamacallits. And this is one population, one gene pool. Okay, that's how it starts off. Now what happens? What happens is, as, is that that one large population gets split. Now, it could be different reasons for the split. The split could happen because of natural causes. Um, you know, a landmass may, an earthquake may happen, uh, a river may form, or some natural uh, terrain or geological event could take place that splits the people. 
okay or the people could just move away because new resources uh, become available somewhere else and then so part of the population just moves away from the other okay so when that happens now you have population a and population B when that split occurs at that time they're they're still identical okay now over time now we have uh, a a phenomenon of time time equals divergence so over time these two separate populations because they're no longer in connection or intermingling with each other interbreeding with each other now their mutations occur differently so remember mu mutations happen over time regardless and as long as you can interbreed uh with this larger population all of the mutations will will be uh inter intermixed mixed up and combined and everything is all good but when the population splits now one population a is going to mutate differently than population b they're going to have different mutations that are not shared why because they are not interbreeding with each other anymore but they're interbreeding among each other within their respective populations okay so so these genetic mutations are random and they occur differently for the two different populations all right now over time time still uh continues forward now these populations uh have mutated so differently that now when population B uh, comes back in contact with population A, they can no longer interbreed. They can no longer have viable offspring. Therefore, this is the birth of two different species. So they, so they started as one, and then over time they split and they can no longer uh, mix their genes. Now they mutate over time to the point where they become incompatible uh, to reproduce viable offspring. All right, so here's another example. To make it uh, even uh, clear, so if we look look at this uh, picture here, we have um, the mainland would be labeled A. So let's go down these numbers. Number one, species A migrates from the mainland to the first island. So you can see A over here; they cross over to this island, and and so the species A is the same species A over here. Okay. Number two, isolated from the mainland, species A evolves into species B okay now this that goes back to what I said once once a population splits from a from a larger population these random mutations occur differently now because they're not interbreeding with the, with these folks over here they're only interbreeding amongst themselves so their mutations are gonna occur differently so now they become species B okay on the set on the second island now go to number three species B migrates to uh, the second island over here species B on the second island now that they separated from the first island now they become species C okay so now we got species A B and C now species C recolonizes the first island but now is unable to reproduce with species B that goes back to what I showed you just before now they can't reproduce because they have actually mutated over time uh, to where they become incompatible so now we have one island and two separate two different species living on one island because they went back over and repopulated that area now we're going down to number six species C now my regrets to the third island over here now over here they're separate they're, they're they separated from from their parent from their larger group now so over here on this on this 
last island, now they evolve into species D, which is number seven here. Species C evolves into species D. All right. So now species D migrates over to the first island and the second island. So now species D uh, um, further evolves into species E over here. And so what this demonstrates is that it's all about the, the access accessibility of gene pool mixing or interbreeding. Once you cut that off, then your mutations occur randomly to the point where you become distinct. You become distinct gene pools. And so when the brother, so let me go back to this Crayola crayon situation. So when the brother says the, the most diversity, he's talking about the, the gene pool. And we have to remember we're, we're talking about long periods of time and we're talking about uh, macro level populations. We're not talking about individuals. We're not talking about the, the change in one or two individuals. We're talking about populations of people. So we have a large population of people that has 96 uh, genetic variations. 64 of these break off. These 64 can only intermingle with each other. Therefore, they will not, they will not have the diversity of the larger group. So the less diverse that uh, people are, is likely that they come from a more diverse person. So it works that way. And so this is to back up what the brother was saying, that the more diversity that you have is the likelihood to be the origin of an ancestry or a genetic uh, population. So hopefully people understood that. That was just a quick uh, uh, just uh, breakdown so that people could see with, with some visuals. So hopefully people understand, understood that. I think everybody got quiet. Yeah, shit, I ain't quiet. So Tell me out, Garfield. I mean, you rock out. Garfield the one disappeared. Okay, so so unless unless there's I don't know if the I don't know if the brother's still on the phone. Uh, it was was that was that kind of uh, speaking on what you were talking about? I think he let him listen to the show. Uh, Joseph had some questions for for you, Stable Jawu, and uh. Let me, let me finish that brother question real quick, though. So I'm going to come to Black Athena, right? Uh, it's called Afrocentric Roots of Classical Civilization, Volume 3, Linguistic Evidence. This is a serious one. This is a good one for me. And so, you know, everybody always talk about, um, uh, quote, unquote, uh, <clears throat> farming and agriculture. And if you get any textbook in college, basic textbook, you'll get the uh, they'll give you the, the, the smell of, you know, farming started in Asia. We, we, we clear on that, right? And they'll give you a date around like 12,000, 7,000, and then later on in Africa, okay? So this is going to lead to the answer of diversity, which, which was the original question. Sometimes we got to go the long route, right? So I'll read right here. It says, um, page, this is early in the book. Say the origin of ag the origin of agriculture, okay. And it says, I think we need to all rethink the origin of agriculture. We need to rethink what agriculture is. Watch this. It says, until about 40 years ago, prehistorians simply saw the adaptation of agriculture as an advance of knowledge. 
and technique worthy of the title of uh, revolution. You know, that's why we be fighting. Oh, just agriculture starting Africa first. You know, we fight for all that, right? But let's hear how the professionals think about it. They say, more recently, however, this idea has been uh, qualified by the discovery that many people who gather wild fruits, tubers, and grains today have a good knowledge of plant uh, propagation, but are still reluctant to grow food. Hmm. They say they argue quite reasonably that since they can reap enough wild plants, why should they go to the trouble of sowing them? In some ways, then the adaptation of cultivation should be seen not as progress, but as a result of failure, the failure of wild plants to sustain population. Now, see, I've been through this for oh, a good 10 years, right? I've been understood that why would you have to farm if you got stuff growing naturally already? What would cause you to farm? Things would have to start to fail around you, right, for you to need to start cultivating and farming. Let's get that idea into our psyche for this generation and the next generations. So when they stick their chest out, oh, yeah, we were the first to farm in Asia, say, yeah, that's because the crops failed first in, in Asia. Hit it with that. Hit it with the fact that we had the ability to store grains and stuff like that that grew naturally. Hit it with that. Right, because I'm gonna bring some evidence to show you how long we was doing. Now, I can take y'all back to seventy thousand years, and I ain't talking about no pseudo ship. Seventy thousand years where we starting to cut down and cultivate wild grains. Right, so let me finish right here. So I was on page. Uh, read that I was on page. Hold on, on page fifty-two. Now I'm gonna move on. End of. I'm gonna go to page. 61, the origin and spread of Afro-Asiatic, right? Subtitle is the end of the ice age and the agriculture revolution, agricultural revolution. And see, I always tell people to study ice ages. That way you would understand what the younger dry was and the different climatic uh, uh, weather, weather patterns and geological changes. The only reason we have mountains is because of geological changes. I mean, like, you know, the earth, tectonic plates move and they push land up, which will later on form mountains. Huh. Goes on to say on page 61, right? It said the present conventional wisdom on the origin of agriculture is the following. That it said the last ice age ended about 12,000 years ago. It ends, it, let me see, the, its end had two major effects on the world climate. First was global warming, of the kind that is causing concerns today. Second was the general thought, it was the general thought, not universal increase of rainfall as the shrinking polar ice caps and other ice sheets release melting waters. In this new climate, it is striking to find that between 12,000 6,000 BP, plant cultivation began in several different regions, Southwest, and Southeast Asia, China, uh, Papua New Guinea, South and Central America, and in the belt across the Northern Africa. Animals were 
also domesticated in several of these regions. So let's get this straight for the quote-unquote indigenous people. Ain't nobody saying in the professional world that y'all was not cultivating plants at an early time period. That ain't what we were saying. So when you try to make that the reason for saying that, oh man, we was first in the markets, you don't know what you're talking about. Human beings period across the board started farming, you know what I'm saying, after, you know what I'm saying, the ice caps melted. Ain't got nothing to do with place of origin of where humanity started. I just want to kill y'all a little bit with that because I know y'all think y'all be on that. Let me move down a little bit. In Southwest Asia and Lower Egypt, agriculture began based on wheat and barley, wild forms which still grow in the hills of Southwest Asia. For this reason, this region was assumed to be where the their crops were first cultivated. From there, they were thought to spread into the Nile Valley. Barley, however, could have been cultivated in Ethiopia even earlier. Although wild barleys are not found in Ethiopia, the country contains a far greater variety of domesticated barley than Southwest Asia. See, that's my point right there. We're talking about the variety. So you have the more genetic variety in Africa than anywhere else. That's how you know that's where the human population started from. That's how you know where certain, cultiva certain cultivation of plants started from, because you have more varieties in Ethiopia. Let me finish. The country contains a far greater variety of domesticated barley than Southwest Asia. Following the general principle that a crop would have been first established in a region that now has the greatest diversity of, of the plant, some paleobotanists have suggested that barley was cultivated in Ethiopia before it was south in Southwest Asia. And then we can go into where that statement comes from. And then you would read those documentations. It say the wild alien as escapes from domestic from this from domesticated varieties. Mm. It would seem more likely, however, that both Southwest Asia and Ethiopian barley derived from the barley harvested possibly sown right earlier in the middle now. Oh, my. It's getting ugly over here. Sogon, millet, and other crops were also cultivated in warmer regions of Ethiopia, possibly as early as the 7th millennium BCE, though most were domesticated in other parts of Africa. So I just wanted to hit y'all with that a little bit and that rule of domestication, that rule of uh, uh, a variation and variety and why we say that Africa is the motherland of humanity because you have the most variation in genes in Africa. Also, we all wanna play that farming game, right? We can deal with uh, uh, the different varieties of domesticated plants on along the middle now. You know what I'm saying? I could go all the way in, but I'm gonna hold that for a later show, man. Make sure y'all support uh, the Real Black Atheist on Fire show. Make sure y'all go ahead, that's on YouTube, go ahead and, and, and make sure uh, y'all, after y'all like this video, make sure y'all go over there and subscribe, right? We wanna get those subscribers up. And you know what I mean? That way we always have, have good shows at all time. Also go to the Unraw Squad TV, make sure y'all subscribe there. I think we're getting close to a thousand subscribers. You know what I'm saying, which is crazy because we had close to 100,000, right, between the channels until after the foolery started, right? And people started not playing fair and wanted to eliminate real information from platforms. 
So, you know what I'm saying? When when they lose, they ain't going to never play fair anyway. So it is what it is, man. So there you go. There we have it. A lot of good information in that piece. Rewind the video. Get your pen and pad. You know what I'm saying? And document that. Right. Anything y'all feel? Yeah, I got Joseph Coleman on, 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 on the chat with us, and I think he had a question for you and with Jao. He's on the panel with us. That's Joseph Coleman from um Facebook. Um, how you doing today, Joseph? I'm doing good, brother. Uh peace to everybody on the panel. All right, cool. Peace, peace. All right, you had a question. What was the question, brother? It's like actually like it's been in like probably I guess like three one is uh, formed uh, once I heard the article being finished. Um, the archaic uh, humans uh, colonizing the Americas. Is that speculated or certain? That's one. And the second one would be to make the out of Africa theory like more plausible for me. Wouldn't Melanesians, Australian Aboriginals, and Negritos be the ones to actually be the epitome of them actually leaving out of Africa. And the third one would be, is when do you stop being African? Like I had read on Facebook, kind of, I don't know if, if I may have misinterpreted what uh, Kilimanjaro may have uh, posted. It was like, it says something about culture. Now I've been looking into the Australian Aboriginals culture uh, and, make connections with the Dogon culture from their culture as well. So I'm saying, so when do you stop being African after you leave Af Africa, even though your culture and everything looks and everything may still look African. Boy, you still be African with the culture. Boy, you know, dang on well. We need to get Nye on here. We need to get Wuja.Miyan on here. Remember that conversation we had on that? You know what you could do? You go look at the show man Wuja did. Right, where the white man come from, and then look at the show that Dr. Oyamayat and, and, and Sister uh, Naya did. And that was the whole damn conversation. I mean, I promise you, yo, that ain't like you really have to be up on your game, up on your scientific literacy to really understand that. Because here's the good part right here when do we stop being African? I, in my mind, in my mind, right? And, and wait, so we got the mindset that when your ass leave the continent of Africa, you stop being African. <laughs> Right. And that's a good way to look at it, because you can look in scientific journals that will make the statement. They'll say non-Africans. So how can they say non-Africans and then turn right around and say that everybody on planet Earth is fundamentally African? And then you got to look up the word fundamentally, which don't nobody really like, depending on what school of thought you're coming from. Fundamentally. Fundamentally don't mean you African, just fundamentally, basically. Like he just gave you the example of the crayon box. That's it right there. Like, although they're different colors of crayons, right? You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? You're still a damn crayon. See what I'm saying? Might not like that neither. So we know in art, there are only like four or five colors in art. Most people probably call primary colors. Watch this. Let me show you something. Help explain this. A primary color. Primary. Primary color. Let's see. Primary colors. Primary colors. Primary colors of art. Let's see, primary colors. Primary, uh, the color combination, three colors. Man, we learned this in, and remember you was in, in grade school, what, what your primary colors were. Primary colors, secondary colors, tertiary colors. So the primary colors are what? Yellow, red, and blue, I think. 
colors cannot be, it's a primary colors is a color that cannot be made from a combination of any other colors. Secondary colors is the color created from the combination of two primary colors. Tertiary colors is the combination of the three colors. Huh. Um. Get that point? So Africans, homo sapiens sapiens will be primary. And out of the primary, you'll get all the rest of the colors or all the rest of the humans. That's simple. So when do you stop being African? I think you never really stop when, when your culture change based off your definitions and all that. You know what I'm saying? Biologically, you never stop being homo sapiens sapiens. Let me say that. Nowhere on planet Earth does the homo sapiens sapiens stop being homo sapiens sapiens. Nowhere. Now, you're looking at different variations of the original, but you don't stop being homo sapiens sapiens. Go ahead. You want to say something, Wuja? Yeah, because uh, the brother, I think he asked like three questions. So, so the um, first one, we have to understand that there's two out of Africa models, out of Africa one and out of Africa two. Out of Africa two takes into account all of the DNA biogenetic information since the human genome has been mapped in 2003. So we have to make sure we study the out of Africa model two and out of Africa model one to to kind of um, understand what's being said in the scientific community about those migrations of archaic humans and then later homo sapiens sapiens um and then the time frames that are given et cetera, et cetera et cetera so i would suggest that first you know as far as that goes when you were talking about um the the earlier earlier migrations and things and then two um the the when the question of when you stop being african is uh completely completely dependent upon the context of your definition of what is an african so the demarcation between what is an african and what is not an african it depends on the uh, genre of science you're dealing with or the content or the con context of uh the discussion so biologically biogeneticists they use the term African and non-African in terms of where the most recent mutations have occurred. So when we talk about haplogroups, uh, what a haplogroup is, is a haplotype and then a, a group or genetic population. So they call it haplogroups. And so a, a haplogroup represents a mutation that has occurred um, in a geographical location um, at a certain point in time. And so people who descend or who share that mutation will be part of that haplogroup. And so if you have a haplogroup, uh, let's just say, um, let's see, I, ha I had the haplogroup, the haplomap up for a second. Let me just um, share this real quick. Just to uh, show something while I'm saying it. It makes it easier for people to uh, follow along. So if you look at this map that I have on my screen, this is the, the Y-DNA or the paternal haplogroups across the world. So if you have a, a haplogroup of, let's say, um, let's pick one, R. Let's say your paternal haplogroup is R1A. That, what that means, the fact that you have a haplogroup R1A, it simply means that your uh, most common, most recent mutation has, been, uh, has occurred in this geographical location. I'm gonna point to it, I hope you see my cursor. 
over here in this region here. And so you are a descendant paternally. Your paternal line descends from a common ancestor in this area here. And so because this mutation has occurred outside of Africa, they would call this haplogroup a non-African haplogroup. All of the haplogroups you see on the continent of Africa would be African haplogroups in terms of paternal. And I can show you the maternal uh, one as well. So this is how they make these distinctions. So non-African, so for example, Q3 way over here in South America is a non-African haplogroup. And it means, it doesn't mean that the people ultimately didn't come from Africa as homo sapiens sapiens. What it means is that the mutations that they uh, have within their DNA today uh, occurred when after they left Africa. So because of the mutation that they are common to occurred outside of Africa, they'll be considered non-African. And so that, that's a very clear cut black and white uh, distinction made between what is African and non-African among biogeneticists. Now- Uja, Uja. Yeah. That's a moment of clarity right there. You need to repeat that. Well, I mean- Right there. It's, it's just very, very, very simple. Now, now, this is in the biological context. So when you're talking about, when you're talking to people and you're having a biological conversation, it's very, very easy. It, it, it's, it's really no room for argument. Nobody can argue that haplogroup Q3 is African, is an African haplogroup. Why? Because these mutations are not found on the continent of Africa anywhere. And so this mutation is a non-African mutation. So if you are a member of this haplogroup, if you get your DNA analyzed and your paternal haplogroup is Q3, then guess what? You come from a common ancestor that had that mutation that occurred uh, in South, well, actually occurred up here first, and they migrated down to South America. So up here near Alaska and Canada and in this area, uh, uh, the mutation occurred here and it comes out of Q. So, so you can actually trace migration patterns because these, these mutations occur over periods of time. And it takes a very long time for the maternal and paternal um, lineage to change these mutations because th this is part of the DNA that doesn't recombine. Okay, so that's, that's, a, um, that's why it's important to understand haplogroups and what they all mean. So it's just real clear. So if you're having a biological conversation, it's very clear. It's kind of it's straightforward. That's why when we have these kind of conversations, it's always best to bring it into a biological context. But when you have people who are who are trying to say DNA is a hoax and and DNA is not scientific, it's more political, then we have a problem because that's like saying fingerprinting is, is political and not scientific. Which is crazy. So, OK, but that's that. But now. If you get into a regular social conversation, if, if you're in a social context, now what is and what isn't African becomes ambiguous. It becomes subjective because now you can talk about culture uh, based on a person's culture, or you could talk about uh, the social constructs of what is African and what is not African. And so on Facebook, I did an experiment. I posted up a picture of a um uh, based on appearance, people will call this this woman a white woman or a European woman. But yet, outside of her appearance, if if you didn't see the picture, 
everything that she said about herself, you would you would label her or think that she was African. Everything out of her mouth or that she said uh, would have would have told you to call her African. But the moment her picture was shown, everybody had a problem. And so the reason why that exists is because of the amb ambiguous nature of the social conversations people are having. And so this is why we have to, as we move forward in our communities, we have to be more scientific, more objective, because when you do that, you eliminate the arguments because everything is, is personal opinion and subjective and how I feel about this and that. So, 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 so again, what is and what isn't African, if you can determine that scientifically, that's the best route to go. And, but, but now in, in a culture and anthropology, they talk about culture and stuff like that. So they will have um, definitions for African based on culture and things like that. Your, your ethnicity, your culture, your languages and all of that kind of stuff. So, so it depends on the context of, of how you're having the conversation, but, but there's consequences to that. Because just to, just without going over my um, my post on Facebook, uh, if if you have a European person, uh, a European looking person, who was born and raised in Africa, they speak multiple African languages, they have an African name, and they practice African customs and traditions, and they attend African festivals on a regular basis. Then what? prevents them from being called African is it just their looks or is it their culture and their practices and so that's what I mean by consequences because in that in that kind of discussion that person who looks European they would be African by by every other sense of the word matter of fact they will be more African than people who look African living in America, calling themselves African-Americans who don't have an African name, who don't speak any African languages and don't practice any African customs. You see what I'm saying? So, so we have to understand where we are in the conversation. What ocean are you swimming in when you have these conversations? Are you in a biological ocean or are you in a social construct ocean having these conversations? And we have to realize where we are so we know how to swim. All right, so I hope that's clear. I think I'm gonna turn my pseudo card in. <laughs> I, I'm no longer pseudo. I, I gotta get my, my stuff together. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, 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 Cheryl, you know why that's I'm deep? Just messing. I'm just messing. You know why that's funny though? I'm gonna tell you why it's funny. Because science is far more exciting and far more adventurous than pseudoisms. I promise you that. This, I mean, looking at nature is so incredible. It's so expansive. It's so, you don't know everything about it. It's it's, it's so uh, 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 just like mysterious. It's so much to learn about the world we live in, the cosmos. That's what we gotta teach our kids to get that back into them again. That, that, that adventurousness to, to want to learn again the hunger to know about things around them and the ability to apply them in a life is when we're going to move forward. But as long as we running across the false hope and dreams of, hey, my melon going to make me fly or my melon going to make me better than that person, man, we're going to keep losing and be out of the real loop of how human beings do it around here. This, I promise you. My brother, Sean, my brother Sean Ski 
DJ Shonsky's on the panel the whole time. He got a conversation he wanted to have with both the UN with Jawa regarding evolution. But um, Sean, you could unmute your mic, brother. Yeah, I'm unmuted. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Go ahead, man. Peace, 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 family. Uh, a couple months ago, we had a, a nice little debate, if you will, about neutrinos. But I want to, you know, kind of back you guys up for a second because you know I really oh, respect about neutrinos, solar neutrinos. Neutrinos. I, I support the electric universe scientists. I support plasma physics over astrophysics. So yeah, that never was a that never, whoa, whoa, whoa. We never had a debate on that. You never well, could we, verify we, that. Yeah, we're kind of, we're just kind of going through. Now, I don't know if you can you guys see my can you guys see my face? Can you guys uh, see now, yeah. electric universe is covering your face. <laughs> Can't uh, see it. What we have to get back to is 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 pretty much cause and effect. So what I'd like to make a comment on is this. From the perspective of plasma physicists that require for space science and our solar system science an observation and an experiment, they're saying that cosmology in the 20, 20th century has been disconnected from the other sciences, which makes the other sciences pseudo as well as cosmology. So just let just follow my thought for a second, because I can show the books, but I don't know if you guys see the books. Just hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Hold on a second. I want, I want it's so complicated what you just said just now. Okay. Show me the so, article where you read that at. I have the book called The Electric Sky by uh, Dr. Donald Scott, an electrical engineer. Doctor, doctor in electrical engineering. Uh, that, listen, so, hold, on. hold on a second. Hold on a second, aunt. Hold on a second. Listen to what I'm saying. Oh, man. I'll make the statement, aunt. Listen to what I'm saying. You made a lot of good statements, man, about the younger dries period up till right now, and there's been changes on the planet and weather. What these scientists are saying is yes but it has to do with what's called synchrotron radiation bombarding our planet, not UV radiation and nothing of what we're talking about on this panel. That our planet went through very severe weather changes in the last 12,000 years, and that's what's inscribed on the walls in Egypt. That's what our ancestors are trying to articulate to us. The history of our solar system changes within the last 12,000 years. That's where I think what we're, we're actually all missing because you have to have a cause and effect to everything. You just can't talk about the effect and not have a cause. So the first thing they would say would be radioactive or, or any type of rate of decays is not fixed because radiation would affect the fixed numbers and that those numbers are fudged in its pseudoscience. That radiation levels have changed on our planet drastically within the past 12,000 years and settled back down only at about 600 BCE. That's what they're claiming. You understand, kind of understand where I'm coming from? So there's a big debate in the science world between mainstream. It's not. It's not, bro. Sure there is. You have a it's rival. Not. You have a direct let rival. Let me say this for a minute. Ahead, what I'm telling you is the electric universe is pseudoscience at an all-time high. Okay, okay, I'm going to let you know. Right, 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 right. Hold on, son. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, baby. I'm saying I don't want you confuse. I don't want you confuse our listeners because we was in a good space. I just want to let the listening audience know that that is a pseudoscience. He will not produce one real journal on said subject. At the end of the day, he's gonna have to say it's a type of conspiracy. Look at you. I'm just making a point. You're buck dancing, huh? You're buck dancing. We can't watch. I know what's coming. Hey, say says to hide that from us. Bro, I ain't gotta listen to that. Hold on. I just want everybody to know, at the end of the day, we're going to hear about a conspiracy. I bet you. No, we're no. not. We're not going to hear about a conspiracy, Unc. We're not going to hear about any of that, Where's, that, where's that homework then? 
Uh, on the electric universe. Uh, uh, they're plasma physicists. Uh, they're actual there scientists. Is, Listen, uh, there uh, is the journal on they, plasma universe. The international. I it, listen, uh, listen, if you listen, don't at least give me listen, that. Listen. I will get off this show first before I talk for an hour. Look at you, I'm look not at you. gonna do it. Uh, I can hold on. Well, I don't unk me. Let me make my point. We're gonna get right to this because I ain't go got ahead. the time to waste my day on this. What I am telling you right now, brother, if you do not produce a scientific article on the electric universe or the plasma universe, brother unk is leaving. I ain't got okay, that time. Uh, I'm gonna you tell you. Have, uh, hold on. Listen. You have that. Don't tell me. Yes. Show me. Yes. Um, we can't talk yes, right um, now. Yes. You got to yes. prove you can move on to the yes, next one. Um, um, Give it in. Yes. Give it in. You don't know where it is. The I internet. Does. Listen. Give it in. The peer reviews are published through the International Electric and Electronic Engineers. They're the largest. Wait okay. a minute. Wait a minute. Hey, Dagger. Hey, I'm out of here, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to hand it up. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Electric uh, University. Look at you. Hold on, Sean. Sean, hold on, hold yeah. on, Sean. Do you have an article that you could have us put on the screen? Right now. You guys, you guys could do it for me, please. Because uh, I look my okay. computer. Okay, hold on, hold on a second, Sean. I'm gonna ask you again. Yes. Do you have a scientific journal yes. or an article that you could inbox me and I put on the screen? Don't say another word. Just uh, send me the uh, article. And I'll post it, and we go over it together. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, All right. Good. So hold on, Sean. Send it to me in my inbox, and I'll put it on the screen right now. Okay. Now. Electric mm -hmm. universe. Am I not right or wrong with that? To make sure, if I act crazy. It's plasma oh. physics. Yes, they're peer reviewed. Yes. All right, man. I'm not. I'm not doing it, Garfield. You can. Yes. 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 Um. Um. The answer again well, is yes. No. You yes. want yo? Um, Listen. Yes. You want. I got family. One. You beat. The universe is plasma electricity, and everything we said was wrong. You're right. No, uh, listen. So, uh, wait. Well, well, I'm looking for your article. Uh, listen. Uh, listen. Uh, listen. I'm uh, not listening to you. No, you're not listening. Uh, uh, I can't do every, it. Uh, uh, Adams have positive negative charge. Uh, talking to yourself. Talking to you. Adams have a positive negative charge. Sean, Sean, hold on. Did you send me the link? Sean, did you send me the link? Now, see, I, I got it in my computer, so I'm going to hopefully not get cut off. It's not in my cell phone. Yeah, I get cut hold off. Hold on, hold on, Sean. mute your mic. Okay. Find the article. Let me bring it up, and let's right. see that's what we do with the other caller. That's all. we got to give you the same love that we gave everybody else. All right? All right. In the meantime, um, do you want to bring up the, the, the DNA evidence that Dane Calloway has in his article? Do you want to bring that up? Man, that's pseudo too. And, and the point is, right, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't trying to mess with my man that's on his phone right now. I'm saying is the pseudo is great at talking you to fucking death. Unk don't got that time no more. I'm officially 51. I got I got children going to college. I got a wife. I, and the hell with that shit. I'm not going to do it no more. Let the young guys do that. I refuse to allow him to talk for an hour on the plasma electric universe and not give a there's one real scientific article on it. I'm not going to do it. I don't got that no more. I ain't got it. I can't do it. Cab Calloway is a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> he put, I'm going to do a video on it, Garfield. This guy, gonna do a video? I'm going to do a video, but let me. we're going to knock him out, and I'm not dealing with him no more. I refuse to do it. I'm going to show you how crazy. Let's pull it up, Garfield. Mm -hmm. 
In the meantime, while you're pulling that up, I'm going to show my screen. People always worry about black scholars, black DNA. Black. I got to do a video on this too, Ankh. The history of A00. Electric Universe. I have to do a video on this. I'm going to tell you all why. This gentleman, Matthew Forker, the Cameroon Project, if you look at these pictures, he's taking samples from people himself. He's putting the work out. He actually did a lot of work. Hold on, hold on, brother. You sent me a scribed article. Send me an article from the, the journal of, you got to send me an article, a scientific journal article. That's going to do it. Or a peer review article. We can't, we can't do that. We can't do the scribed article. We can't do that. It's called you gotta be, the you gotta be peer from, from a scientific argument, you know, scientific. But anyway, what I wanted to say is this. Um, the A00, remember when they just found it? I know Ujjah was very familiar with Quincy Hot. And he used to always say, Garfield, where is L110 and L1149? All right? So Ooh. Perry and these Bangwa samples. Ujjah, can you see my screen? What else is you, where you at? Where oh, I was muted. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, so these, this is what Quincy Hot used to always beat me up on. How come they don't have the L1100 and the L1149? I mean, you could explain it better than me. The sequences are SMPs. They didn't find it in the MBO samples. Now, for those who are watching and don't know, these MBO samples are A00, but not the direct same as Perry. They are related, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't have these SMPs right here. Now, these samples, by the way, that they found the MBO on, people don't realize that they found it way before they even tested Perry. People don't know that. This gentleman, um, Matthew Forker, took the samples, but he was working with Michael Hammer and the University and College of London, where um, Petrie and David Roll used to go. All right? Now, that college is the reason Michael Hammer knew that it was related to Cameroon because they expanded those samples. They didn't publish them yet or anything. So when they found the Perry, they only find, I think, eight people in the Americas with the A00. So when they expanded it now to everywhere in the world, they found that people in Cameroon had A00. So when they, when they went back now, now they start finding all these people with A00 in Cameroon. So that's how what, what Unc was talking about earlier, how they spread out the map and you look at um, different samples, different haplogroups. I mean, what Ujjah was talking about with the different haplogroups and so forth. That's how you know exactly where you're from because the people who have the same type of um, haplogroup as you is in a certain area. So it's not like people, you're going to find people with A00 in Europe. You're not going to find that. All right. So I just wanted to talk about somebody who is also scientific, which is the brother, Matthew Forka. So I just wanted to bring that out for everybody to see. Well, for well, let, let's do this real fast while we're doing this. They always say, yo, if you can't get past Wikipedia, then don't even talk to Unc. Do you see my screen? Hold on. I'm, I'm going to stop my sharing, and I'm going to share your screen. Hold on. This is the point I was making. Y'all probably think I was hard on the brother. I ain't got hours for this one. I can't do it. We're going to have some fun. Everybody want to mess with Unk. Let's mess with Unk Day. Wuja Day. Let's mess with the Dagger Squad Day. Let's mess with the Day. This is why I don't do it. Do you see my screen? Yes, sir. Can you please read this, please? 
Not to be confused with electric universe in an interdisciplinary science like the electric universe, you could say we have no peers. So peer review is not available. Yeah, keep going. Electric universe is an umbrella term that covers various pseudo-scientific cosmological ideas built around the claim that the formation and existence of various features of the universe can be better explained by electricity and magnetism that than by gravity alone. Stop. 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 So uh if a person was to come up with a real uh electric universe theory, they would to overturn, okay, the, the understanding of the universe through gravity and all that, they would have to explain everything that gravity explains. Everything and add to it. I just want y'all to know that to overturn a, a existing theory like the theory of evolution, you got to come up with other things that explain all the things and all the natural phenomenon that the theory of evolution explained and add to it. So that's what they're going to have to do with this lecture universe thing, which they can't do. Keep reading. However, um, as a rule, electric universe is usually touted as an aether-based theory with numerous references to tales from mythology. <laughs> However, the exact details and claims are ambiguous, lack mathematical formalism, and often vary from one delusional crank to the next. Okay, so I can't do it. Who's this guy right here? Who's this guy? Read that. Which one? We're at. Oh, Bel oh, uh oh, Velikovsky. Emmanuel Velikovsky was an enthusiastic early adopter of electric universe ideas, seeing in them a possible mechanism to explain his hypothesis of a violent rearranging of the solar system as recently as a few thousand years ago, and that Earth had previously been a satellite of Saturn. Velikovsky's mm. influence still looms large and has become an integral part of the current Electric Universe Dogma. Electric Universe figureheads Wallace Thornhill and David Talbot are staunch supporters of Velikovsky mythological-based fairy tales and often pay tribute to the enormous influence he has had on shaping their own far-fetched theories. So what is the what's the claims? They what? Read that. Einstein's postulates are wrong. Mm -hmm. General relativity is wrong. The mm -hmm. universe is not expanding. The electric force travels faster than the speed of light with near infinity velocity. Gravity has two poles like a bar magnet. Dipole, um, gravity has two poles like a bar magnet, dipole gravity. A plenum of neutrinos forms an all-pervasive aether. Planets give birth to comets. Stars do not shine because of internal nuclear fusion caused by gravitational collapse. Rather, they are anodes for galactic discharge currents. Impact craters on Venus, Mars, and the moon are not caused by impacts, but by electrical charges. The same applies to the Valles, Marineris, and the Grand Canyon on Earth. The sun is negatively charged, and the solar wind is positively charged. The two systems forming a giant capacitor. This is James McCann's particular erroneous belief. Last one. Electric universe. Um, hold on a second. Electric Universe proponents from the Thunderbolts project claim to have predicted the natures of Pluto and Comet 67P more accurately than NASA 
R the E S A. And you know, y'all can look that up. I'm not gonna do it. Right, you scared, cause you scared, bro. You have cognitive dissonance running through your veins because you have to acid test it, my brother. You have to do brother. Did you give us that, that article? Right. You, Wait, did you give us that article? Yes or no? Hey, Sean, hold on a second, Sean. Before nah, we... nah, Uncle Ray go, I'm out of here, dog. I can't <laughs> do it. He ain't present that article yet, did he? <laughs> oh, see? Now, nah, Uncle out of here. I don't can't do it. Yeah, I'm I got I'm I'm trying to be with my peoples, man. I got a beautiful family over here, bro. Unk can't do it. I could do it when I was a little younger. I can't do it now. I thought we had a very, very good class. Hey, Sean, you should do your own show in Electric Universe, yo. Have some fun. You get a lot of people following you. That's what the community is today. They pseudo as hell. Yo, you be the pseudo leader of Electric Universe. I think you can do it, bro. <laughs> hey, I just want to say this for the listeners, though. Um, Whenever, whenever people uh, try to debunk a theory, you have to understand a theory. A theory is a uh, explanation. That's what basically what it is. Uh, Scientific theory is an explanation of facts. A theory itself is not facts, but a theory is explanation of facts. So when you overthrow a theory, what you have to do is you have to explain what the previous theory attempted to explain, and then some. So the overthrowing of a theory is is basically the overthrowing of an explanation, which means you have to come up with a better explanation that incorporates everything that was explained before plus what you bring to the table with your new theory otherwise you're not overthrowing anything and so that's what unc read before so i wanted to make that clear uh, I, I just want to make a comment the brother mentioned something about the walls in ancient egypt and the uh, and the plasma cosmology and theory uh i can definitely tell you that that is non-cipher that is um uh not true at all uh whatsoever and uh, I would have to ask the brother to bring forth some evidence to show it, show that. He can't do the first thing. How the hell are you going to do that? He can't read meta. Like, come on, man. Come on, Sean. You're very intelligent, bro. Yeah, he's Sean, very, you're a very intelligent person. Yeah. I ain't going to do it like that. Um, he got the paper. He got man. the paper. Don't be scared now. Uh, he got the paper. Oh, you don't got you it. You haven't seen it before because you can't okay. look you can't force fit gravitational law to where it doesn't apply hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on john john yeah come on brother you sent me a paper the high current z pinch aurora is recorded in antiquity part one pdf what you're yeah. saying that this is peer-reviewed right yes now yes. all right hold on a second hold on a second Please. this is why we ask for a journal we ask for a, look where a, look look where look where it's coming from it's coming from the international look where it's coming from read it hold on brother hold on a second man hold on 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 uh, we tend to use peer review like like it's like it's they we we over glorify peer review uh number one <laughs> we don't understand like like in other, words, in other words people people stop at peer review but a peer review look at the words a peer reviewed it but what is the review itself like people people act like the fact that something was peer reviewed validates it no the fact that it, anything could be peer reviewed among your peers uh, of a certain genre of scientific disciplines, but you have to look at what the review was. What are the pros and cons? What are the arguments for or against a certain position? 
and people don't even go that far so when people toss around peer review what's peer review was not peer review i guarantee you they haven't even looked at the actual review itself so, what is the review dr peratt lost his career behind this they the mainstream threatened him to not declassify yeah. his experiment. All right, let's let's look at Dane Calloway, man. I'm just, Mr. I'm just here to think. This is on his website, brother Dane Calloway. He said new DNA proves African Americans are in fact indigenous Aborigines of America. This was in December twenty third, two thousand sixteen. Uh huh. Um, let me see. Hold on a second. Was it a click on article or just read right through? Okay. No, read right. Hold. Stop for a minute. Mm hmm. I'm gonna send this to you. Let's go to UC Davis, okay? Where the papers actually published that. Um, they got an undergrad program, a graduate rankings and all that, UC Davis, okay? Mm -hmm. And this one is written by uh, Lice Greenford, Greenfield on April 28, 2009, right? And Science and Technology, okay? When did that dude try to act like he made that up? What did he, what did he put on his paper? He put on his paper. Um, he write his blog because he copied it from somebody else. But look, he, he did this and he can't even read information, scientific information. That's what's terrible. Uh, did he, he produced this in December 23rd, 2016. That one was 2009, right? All right. So, what you going to, y'all, first of all, he has a very misleading title. The title says what? New DNA proves African Americans are in fact indigenous Aborigines of America. So, so let me show you the trick he did. This is what they do in blogs. They trick you with the title. So you thinking the evidence he gonna show you gonna prove that what, yo? That um, new DNA proves African Americans are in fact indigenous Aborigines of America. Right, so we thinking that's what he gonna do, right? That's what you would think, right? Yep. Right, and then he actually, literally, he literally, let me show y'all what he literally does. This is what he literally does. I'm gonna screen share my, I'm gonna screen share my thing. Oh shoot, yeah, hold that for a minute, Garfield. Let me, you should be screen share. I can screen share. All right, cool. I'm gonna um. All right. And let me show you. You gotta hold your, hold yours. All right, yeah. Right here where it's actually at, right? Yeah. UC Davis. Y'all see this? Uh-huh. This is entitled, this is the real title of the article. Inbox Let's do that. <laughs> That's what I like to do. That's why I say, let me see it. Let me see it. Once I see it, because I'm so used to reading the stuff, you know what I'm saying? That once I see it, I know what it is. Hold on. Where you at? Oh, shoot. Oh, I got here. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, give me that shit. Cab Calloway. That's why I call him Cab Calloway. Cab Calloway was an excellent dancer, yo. But I'm going to show you how it's deceiving, y'all. Yo. You got that, bro? Yeah, I got it. I got it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Post yours. Post yours. 
Because you already got it up. Or you want me to put it up? Can you see it? I, I took out the screen. No, you put No, no, you. We should be able to hold back and forth. Can we do that? Is that possible? Nah, let me. Um, all right, let me put it up. Instead of we just going back and forth and you just talk. No, it, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> put that up. Here's the real title of the argument, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've it's caught cool. the pseudo. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Your nose is as long as Pinocchio's. Yep. So Native Americans descended from a single ancestral group DNA study confirms. So what the hell did that got to do with new DNA proves African Americans are in fact indigenous to the Aboriginal of America? So Dane Calloway, Mr. Dane Calloway, we're going to be respectful. No, no, no. Why would you have an article saying new DNA proves African Americans are in fact indigenous Aborigines of America, but you use this article so now and the article kills him go ahead uh, go ahead Unc. Well, the article is basically saying that it came from a single population and the other stuff the, the videos i've been putting on sarnetta proves that 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 they at the burn just straight right they broke away the paleo americans came first and then and then what you're now calling the native americans came second but they all genetic evidence proved that they come from a single population so that's good work but that ain't got nothing to do with y'all negro pins in america right now dane calloway is a fraud on that mm -hmm. he's totally fraudulent he's misusing real information you can look at the conclusion it say while earlier studies have already supported the conclusion What's different about our work is that it provides the first solid data that simply cannot be reconciled with the multi-ancestral population. That's all it was talking about. It wasn't talking about African-Americans being the original Americans. Man, God, that's not right, man. That is fraud at an all-time high, man. So we need to post, we're going to post this in the Amaral Squad group. Both of them, y'all can read it. And we can post this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, everywhere to show y'all that that's not what the article is talking about, not at all. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah, they talking about Alex, repeat Alex. Now repeat Alex. You know the what I'm saying? Line, the bottom line is that people are just going to have to take some time out, take a time out in, in the arguing and back and forthness and just do some study, basic study. Take a course, a basic course in biogenetics. Get a little familiar with the nomenclature that's used in biology and genetics and things like that, and then come to the table to have discussions. Because if you're not going to do that, then it's 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 becomes counterproductive, and we we're going to be doing this same thing in 2019, talking about the same things with different people. All they're going to do is change a word here or there, but have the same exact arguments, and we're going to have to to teach the same information. You know, it's not hard. You can go online and actually take some courses. Get just get a certificate, a certified course. There's free courses out there. Take a basic course in biogenetics and things like that, so that you can, you know, have the conversations. And if anybody's making these claims, if they have not gotten their DNA analyzed, it's like, why bother? Why bother? Um, Unc, that's where he got the video from originally, the article? No, but look at it, the same pictures and all that. I want to show y'all that most of us aren't reading, so people will show you pictures of some black Indians, which is crazy, 
right? Just to show you, it's called the lookership, right? So the pictures all favor with, with, with black people with feathers, wearing feathers and Native American dress, and then put that title in there and then copy, actually copy and paste an article that does not support none of what he's saying, put that all together, and Dan Calloway is an official fraud. So I showed you another blog, right, that's using the same pictures and all that. I don't know which one's stealing from each other, but I want to let you know it's floating around on the internet in this misinformation, y'all. Misinformation, completely. You got to go to the journals where these works are actually published at. Shout out to um Sonetta in the chat, by the way, too. Peace and love, Sonetta. Sonetta. Hey, yeah, make sure we support that July 7th event. It's coming up fast, about three, four weeks out. Y'all know what it is. Um, what what you have? You have anything on the cocaine mummies? Um, um, Unc? I'll bring up my I, I have the book on it. Cocaine mummy. I mean. Damn well. Some white people's probably sniffing some coke doing the work. <laughs> 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 Come on, man. Come on, man. I'm gonna go to my folder real quick, my file real fast. On the, um, I got the PDF here, Egyptian mummies and modern science with the peer-reviewed stuff on it. But um, yeah, keep that. But I want to get the DNA evidence to, to, to support what I'm talking about. Where they come from, a gen genetically population come from the same spot. And I did a whole show. Leadership posting video soon. Build video mm -hmm. I did. I already gave it Sonetta that talks about where the population actually came from and how Paleo Americans and Native Americans come from the same population. That's exactly what that article that Dan Callaway put in and, and misconstrued and falsified and did all the nonsense. Um, what do you call it? Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I never put it up. I think he put it up already. I didn't watch it yet, though. He put it up. He put it up this morning. All right, well, they good. Which one are you talking about? Not the 130,000 one, right? Number three, number three. But I hope, did we cover everything with 130,000? Because I think that com the question kind of answered. You have a point. Yeah, I think we did. I, I think the point, I think we all, yeah, yeah, we talked about it's not, it, it wasn't talking about humans. And I should probably pull up the daggone article. But no, now you got to change how you talk because you're going to say it's not talking about humans. And then the article says human. So you, we got to understand why the dude was confused. So yeah, going back right. to what Jao said about taking a basic class in in, in um in biology or bioarchaeology or whatever. You know, something basic so you could get um familiar or even watch the Dagger Squad every Sunday. Because we're gonna go into the science real deep. We're gonna I'm I'm trying to get um 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 a Sauron so we could talk a little bit about linguistics. Unk got the anthropology, I got the archaeology and history, and we all we all gonna just combine and deal with those five factors because that's the key to it. But I want to ask one question. Oh, right, I got found the article right here. Hold on, before you post it, one question I want to ask that's very important to a lot of people. This sister said to me, Garfield, with when I look, she said I looked at the African religion book, you know, over nine hundred pages, Malefi Asante, and I'm here reading all these oral traditions. So she's like, how do we know that these oral traditions that are written down on paper is how it really is? Even when you go back, you see some differentiations, you know, because she was saying she go back and forth between here and um, Mali. And she said some of the oral traditions that she read about, not necessarily his book, but in a couple of books. Um, hold on a second. 
It ain't supposed to be. It ain't supposed to be. It's on it because all history. All right, go ahead. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's Sonita say he want to say something. Go ahead, Sonita. Um, I just want to say first of all, peace and black power to the panel. And now y'all dealing with real scholars when you got brother Unk and Garfield in the building. Dan Calloway is not coming on our platform because he's scared. He don't see. He's like a Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton got too much to lose. He got too much of his people to lose. So he's not going to come on the real platform where he got to deal with real scholarship, real questions and stuff like that. I spoke to the dude about two weeks ago and we talked about coming on my platform. So you already know the people already got to him and told him, brother, you better not go on Black News. Do not go on Black News 102. You will get exposed as a fraud. So Dave Calloway is not stupid. That boy is not coming on our channel because he knows. You got to deal with real scholarship. I better stay over here with these nuts, with these fools, and keep on manipulating the minds of the, and the masses of black people. Because once I go over there, I'm a done data. I'm done. So he ain't coming over here. <laughs> done data. <laughs> he ain't coming over here with that foolishness. <laughs> I heard that word in a while. Yo, you funny, yo. <laughs> yeah, that's a made-up shit. <laughs> I want to know, um, but Garfield, what, what the type? What you mean by uh, cocaine mummy? Seti slash cocaine? What the hell is going on here? No, Seti. Seti is a different topic. We already dealt with that. That's why I put slash. Oh, okay. Okay. Coca cocaine mummies is a is something that they use to say the Aboriginals use to say that um, Egypt brought cocaine because they found cocaine on the mummies. So that's right, what we're about right. to talk about right now. We're gonna clear that up right now. Okay, all right, let me go. Hey, Unc, I threw all of that up last night. So you up and running and the people loving it. And, you know, you're going to have some knuckleheads that don't understand the comments. So, hey, brother. Yeah. And um, keep keep dropping these real facts, y'all. All right. Hey, Sonata, shout out to awards, bro. <laughs> he hung up. Yeah, shout out to Sonata TV and the awards July 7th. Make sure you're in the building and vote for your brother Garfield, man. Aboriginals, vote for me. <laughs> Hebrews, vote for me. Everybody vote, man. Vote for your brother. Go to SonnetTVAwards.com. Order the live stream. It's going to be a wonderful event. It's going to be a group of black men in arms, in unity. My brother Unk is going to be there. I don't know if he's bringing any sneakers or anything, but I got to support my brother everywhere he goes. I got to buy something. Even if I don't wear it, I'm still going to buy it because I got to support my brother. And that's how we should be. You know what I'm saying? Because you know what, though, family? 20 years from now, those sneakers, those flip-flops, we're going to have them on the walls. I said, Brother Unk from the Amira squad brought this to the community. Yeah, I might got to put it in a box, in like a see-through glass box, and said, this is a classic, right? Um, no, no, no. I'm just Alibaba Heru. I'm joking, man. Come on. Vote for your brother if you vote for me. Vote for um, Naya. She's nominated. Brother, um, I think, who, who else is nominated, Unk? Who else is nominated? Ujau. I ain't voting for Ujau, man. I did already. I can't take it back. Yeah, we're voting for Naya. We're voting for Ujau. We're voting for Garfield. Um he's a ring in the category. He's a ringer. Yeah. Hey, hey, Ujau, listen, I, I'm gonna talk to you off the ear after this because I want you to um do something probably next week, 30 minutes. We need to talk about taxonomy and all that stuff that you did that day with Meru. 
where you, where you broke down that, that you pulled the stuff out and show what it means because we did it today, but I wanted more of a thorough and um, explanation of, of the of the yeah. terminology and everything. You know I what I'm saying? <laughs> and then I'm going to chop it up. Yeah, you remember that with Meru, right? <laughs> I remember Meru, Meru uh, refused to be called a homo sapien because he thought the word homo means gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, hey, support the awards, family. If you're not gonna be there, at least go and um order the live stream so you could see your brothers and sisters. And we need an award show like this. We need if if, if somebody in California want to do an award show to do it. We need a award show so that we could congratulate the greats in our communities. Boyce Watkins, Minister Farrakhan. We're going to have Nuri Muhammad there. I think Tariq might be there. So we, we need the support, family. We need to support as much as possible. All right. Um, hey, Garfield, free. Be there. Hold on. Hold on a second. Let me see what Ong said. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Mo. Well, you jump to the thing. I want to take people to the real homework that all the blog that that that, that was written off of. Mm -hmm. I want to show people what it's written off of. So he pretty much, you know, there's a lady on YouTube that 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 actually pointed that out, that he's stealing people's information and then flipping it around. Yeah, he actually did that. He doing all that. They trying to, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. All right, let me show the screen real fast. I'm in a journal of nature. Right? Y'all see yeah. that? Journal of Nature. On the right side of the screen, probably your left, is a 130,000-year-old archaeological site in Southern California. All right? And I talked about this on the show, right? It says, humans are thought to have reached America's less than 15,000 years ago. But evidence of stone tool use on an animal carcass excavated in California points to a much earlier Watch this arrival of human, look, of human, what that say, Garfield? Human relatives. From hold what? On, hold on now. You gotta put it on you, hold on. Hold on a second. Present to everyone. Yeah, human relatives from the genus Homo. See that? So you go to the journal, give you the whole explanation of it, right? See? And you just scroll right here, look. Let me show you, let me show you. Got to read the whole thing. You got to get used to reading the whole thing. You just can't read parts. Hold on. Let's give you all the stuff they have. Hold on. Hold on. Now, what this say right here, Garfield? Several hominid species roamed Eurasia 130,000 years ago. Although different species had not necessarily developed similar technological behaviors, possible hominid candidates for the authors of Cerruti Mastodon site are late populations of Homo erectus, Neanderthals, and the elusive Denisovans, known through genetic analysis of only a bone and some teeth. Freeze. That's why Unc say, stop going to BBC. articles written off of articles. Go to the person's actual work that is published in a peer-reviewed journal. It gives you the exact explanations of it. Keep reading, Garfield, real fast. Yeah. The genetic analysis of present-day Amazonian Native Americans uh -huh. to indigenous Asian 
and Australian populations, which are linked in turn to the Denisovans. Such traits, hold on, such traits are weak, are absent in modern indigenous North and Central American populations. Scroll up a little, and in North Americans from the late Pleist Pleistocene which might indicate a diverse set of founding populations of the Americas. This could support at least one early, before 14,500 years ago, entry to the Americas. But the exact timing remains an open question. Holland and colleagues do not report skeletal or DNA evidence that could reveal the identity of the hominins whose presence is inferred at the site. Okay, see, so they don't have the bones, they don't have DNA at that site. It goes on to say Holland and Al do not consider the, ins the, the insular homo forensicis, right? Uh, that's a little small uh, 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 hominid they found, right? As a probable early colonizer, colonizer of America. And most evidence indicate that modern homo sapiens, what? Had not yet, what? Yo, keep going. Hold on there, hold on there. Hold on, hold on. Most modern Homo sapiens had not yet dispersed out of Africa 130,000 years ago. Early forms of modern humans bearing anatomical similarities to modern humans, such as the Kafze skull, people of the Near East, might, up. might have been dispersing from Africa to Eurasia at that time. The authors speculate that archaic Homo sapiens could be responsible for the Sarudi Mastodon site. But they speculated. They say speculate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> speculating. Speculate. They don't got evidence. They don't know. They speculating. Right? And it goes on to say what happened after these hominids reached the Americas. Watch this. The archaeological record is silent. Until much more recent times, the best known and controversial archaeological claims for early hominids entry into the Americas are from the Calio Hills in California. I ain't got to keep reading that. And let me see, you can finish it off with this. The evidence from the Curity Macedon site had been rigorously researched and presented and might be more difficult to refute, even though the, the even though the proposed hominid, look up this word right here. It's important. Look this word. Hominid, right? narrative derived from these these data right has some gapping holes <laughs> that need filling they tell you everything time will tell whether the evidence will bring right paradigm change in our understanding of the process of harmony dispersal and colonization throughout the world including in what now seems to be a not so new world there you go they tell you everything you need to know so we're running around here reaching our own conclusions when the, the actual work ain't, ain't got no damn conclusion that's the point i want to make if the people that did the actual work don't even got a conclusion but black people not being scientific not being scientifically literate white people not being scientifically literate chinese people not being scientifically literate are are purporting things that ain't even been found yet i just want to make that that's why it's important to go straight to the actual documentation 
Hey, Ong, how much is the for the 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 um the 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 nature um reports? How how much is this subscription? Two hundred. Two hundred for the year. Two hundred for the year. All right, that's cool. That's what's up. And then I gotta well, do this. You get it on sale because I be getting sales because I've been a member for like the last eight nine years, and I can bring that out to the community. Well, you can get it for sixty dollars, but y'all don't pay attention to that, so I don't know. <laughs> Damn, show off. But anyway, um, the Egyptian mummy stuff, right? I want to touch on um. The hey, Egyptian Carl, mummy. Look, hold on, okay. I gotta get out of here, man. All right, cool. No problem, brother. I appreciate that, man. Hey, man, the guy with Electric Universe, man. Go find him. Just send that paper to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send it to you. I ain't laughing. I just knew the guy was going to start talking about they threatened him. I knew that was coming. Then I said that, Garfield. Yep, yep. How did I, did I just guess that? How did I know that? Because they all they claims and then they threaten us. Conspiracy. I knew it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right. Um, let me just share my screen. I'm gonna talk about the cocaine mummies in a in a for a quick quick second. And um I, I'm trying to send it to you, but for some reason they said something's wrong with the link. Um Wajau. It's just a regular this is a um book um from Cambridge.org, Egyptian Mummies and Modern Science. And they have a like a bunch of articles in here. And what they do is they have a specific era where the guy who really is the authority on the issue he gave a beautiful article on it he showed all the evidence and everything um the book is um egyptian mummies and modern modern science a rosalie david from the university of manchester cambridge university press but what he does if you look at the contents it's the introduction to the scientific study of mummies and then he breaks down all the claims that they have so um intoxicants in ancient egypt opium nymphia cocoa and tobacco so he goes in at page 195 but if you look at the wiki article henot taui they talk about it they talk about the whole thing about the german toxicologist vletina balabanova how she discovered traces of cocaine hashish and nicotine so now what happened is um yeah um let me see on Henut's Taus here, as well as on the here of several others, mummies on the, of, of the museum, which is significant in that the only source for cocaine and nicotine had been considered to be the coca and tobacco plants native to the Americas and were not thought to have been present in Africa until after Columbus' voyage to America. This result was interpreted by theorists and supporters of contacts between pre-Columbian people and ancient Egyptians as a proof for their claims. Nevertheless, two successful, successive anal analysis on other groups of Egyptian mummies and human remains failed to fully reproduce Balabanova's results, showing in fact positive results only for nicotine. After these experiments, even assuming that cocaine was actually found on mummies, it is possible that this could be a contamination occurred after the discovery. The same argument can be applied to nicotine, but in addition, various plants other than tobacco are a source of nicotine, and two of these, withania somnifera and apium gravelonis, were known and used by ancient Egyptians. All right, let me go to the book and go to page um, 195 and look at some of the research that was done to clear this up. All right, uh, let me see what page we're at. 
All right. All right. All right. Give me a second, family. Let me just get down to 195. All right, here we go. Intoxicants in ancient Egypt, opium, nymphia, coca, tobacco. So David J. Council wrote a whole chapter on this. So he's basically talking about plants and different things that has actually um, been shown in Egypt and different arguments and so forth. Now, the, the important part to all of this is what we, we are concerned now about the cocaine on the mummies, all right? We're going to look at the, the reports and what the report says. All right. Opium in ancient Egypt. So he talked about different um, plants and narcotics that could have the cocaine from it and all that different stuff. He, he goes into all the pros, the cons. He drafts up a beautiful, beautiful article. All right. Cocaine and nicotine. The report of the discovery of cocaine and nicotine in e Egyptian. Hold on, let me make this bigger so that people at home could watch this. The report of the discovery of cocaine and nicotine in Egyptian mummies raised the possibility of a transatlantic trade in the second millennium BC. Although nicotine is not exclusive to the, the tobacco plant, as it is found in a number of plants from the eastern. Atlantic landmass. Balabanova considered that the levels discovered in the mummies were too high to have been derived from a dietary source. This implied by default that they were the result of chewing or smoking tobacco. On the other hand, cocaine is only found in the New World and could only be obtained from the South American coca plant. There is no clear evidence in the Egyptian archaeological record of any regular transatlantic trade at this time. Although critics might claim that is, that is because no one has looked properly. If trade did exist, it seems hardly likely that it was limited to these two plants and other evidence of cultural exchange between the two ears would be expected in terms of artifacts and even written records. If it is assumed from this basic analysis that Babylonova's results are incorrect, then an explanation is required as to how these results have come about. The overview of here analysis for cocaine and other drugs, the detection of the cocaine um, BZ was first reported in 1981 using RIA, all right, standard techniques for drugs. I'm not going to go into the techniques and all that stuff. Um, sampling from Egyptian mummies, the problem. Sampling from ancient human remains, particularly Egyptian mummies, is fraught with problems seldom encountered in the modern sphere of drug analysis. Mummified materials are held in museum collections around the world. Much of this material is unprovenant, and some may even have a relatively modern date as there was a thriving trade in fake mummies during the 19th century. It is quite likely, therefore, that positive results for cocaine and nicotine could be obtained from these post-Columbian individuals. Um, as you look at this chart right here, 
the in, intoxicant, intoxicants in ancient Egypt, opium, nymphia, coca, tobacco. You look at the here, you look at the percentage and all that stuff. They look at the, um, the mummies in Peru who had a lot of cocaine. All right. So contamination of samples can occur from many sources. Plant material and gums and resins were applied internally and externally in the process of mummification. Let me read that again. Contamination of samples can occur from many sources. Plant material and gums and resins were applied internally and externally in the process of mummification. And the hair of Egyptian mummies is often densely matted by these ancient ungents. Further contamination of the mummy could occur from spillage or leaching of other grave goods at the time of burial or during the subsequent millennia when vermin, insects, bacteria, and mounds could enter the body or the wrappings. After excavation, exposure to environmental factors or poor storage could lead to further contamination. Smoking has only recently been banned in our museums, and it is likely that many esteemed archaeologists of the past were users of tobacco. Photographic evidence supports this. For example, H.A. Harris can be seen smoking a cigarette while examining an Egyptian mummy in 1930 at the University of College of London. In time, the extensive organic compounds from the mummy itself and from the mummification and other contaminating processes will undergo a process known as diagenesis. Compounds that are present become degraded as a result of oxidation, fermentation, and other processes, including cross-reactivity between compounds. This in turn produces new materials compo and compounds that were not necessarily present on the mummy at the start, causing problems with interpretation and increasing the chances of a false positive with RIA and HPLC. All right. No, not surprisingly, cocaine has been detected in Peruvian mummies. But in 1992, Balabanova's team also published their first identification of drugs in Egyptian mummies, followed in 1993 by further paper reporting the detection of nicotine, cocaine, and hashish in a variety of tissues from ancient populations from Peru and Egypt with nicotine but not cocaine or hashish, detected in bone from ancient Sudan and members of the ancient Bell culture from Germany. All right. All right, let me get to some of the meat of this now. The level of cocaine found in Peruvian here is reassuringly consistent in the two studies shown with significant lower levels detected in the Egyptians. Assuming that the identif identification of cocaine is correct, this difference might be explained either by a lower level of exposure during life or greater deterioration of the cocaine present in the here. Um, over the additional centuries since death in the Egyptian sample. In addition to the seven aforementioned samples, here bone and tissue samples have been tested for from a variety of mummies in the Manchester and Leicester collection. These include four mummies from Manchester, um, Asru, Neketank, Ptolemaic period, Fayom, and four mummies from Leicester. Today, none have tested positive for cocaine using menthol solvent extractions of tissues samples tested using GCMS to a sensitivity. So there you have it, first and foremost, that no other mummy that they tested had it from different time periods. All right? All right. So now, if the theory 
of the transatlantic trade were correct, surely the results obtained by either Cartmill or Manchester would corroborate the discovery of cocaine in at least one of the Egyptian mummies that have been tested by these teams. This lack of results suggests that either Balabanova and her associates are misinterpreting their results or that the samples of mummies tested by them have been mysteriously exposed to cocaine. All right, the levels of cocaine, this is important, family. Listen, because we need to clear this story up. The levels of cocaine recorded for South American mummies in these studies compare favorably with reported levels in modern coca chewers in the range of 1.0 to 28.9, right? By comparison, the levels in the Egyptian mummies are very low, close to 0.1 limit of detection reported by many investigators at the time of the study and consistently lower than 0.3 suggested by Cartmel as a cutoff point to differentiate a negative and a positive result consistent with previous here studies. We therefore suspect that a decimal point error has been made as a cutoff value of 0.3 would be consistent with the results shown and the interpretation. According to this interpretation, the results for cocaine reported by Parsh and pa Balabanova are negative. There you go, family. Listen to it again. Because there's a cutoff to say if it's positive or negative, Balabanovas and Parsh are negative for cocaine. All right? There was some critique of her work and all that stuff. I ain't got time for all of that. But let's go down to the real important part is um, cocaine and alternative explanation. If Balabanova's results are indeed correct, then other possible explanations must be considered. The evidence for transatlantic trade as presented by Cocaine Mummy's documentary is unconvincing. A much simpler explanation is that the Munich mummies could have been inadvertently contaminated either in the laboratory or at some earlier point in their history. Historically, um, hold on, no, I don't want to read that. Listen to this. According to the Cocaine Mummies documentary and notes from the Munich Museum, where Balabanova's team obtained their samples, the mummies were once in the private ownership of the King of Bavaria. The habits of the king are unknown, but given the fashions of the time, it is not implausible that the mummies were contaminated with cocaine whilst in his position. This is the conclusion, and then we close it out. Um, in summary, Mary Lee's proposal that opium was imported into Egypt from Cyprus during the New Kingdom cannot be confirmed. Reevaluation of Cypriot base two ringware seems unlikely to implicate bilbil juglets, which more probably contained a perfume product, possibly cyvetone based. As for the blue lotus, scientific evidence does not support the use of nymphaea. Karelia as a narcotic or aphrodisiac, although it may have health benefits due to its high bioflavonoid content. Nicotine has been found in Egyptian mummies in small quantities consistent with a trace dietary source, possibly derived from celery, but not at the levels expected from tobacco use. Let me repeat that. Nicotine is in the mummies, but it's not something that if somebody using tobacco would have. It's at a very low, low level. The levels of cocaine reported in South American mummies are consistent with the habit of coca leaf chewing. The levels reported in Egyptian mummies are very low, below the level agreed upon for a positive result by some laboratories and at the limit of detection by the technical standards for GCMS in the early 1990s. The results are therefore unreliable. The possibility of modern contamination cannot be ruled out. But either way, it seems highly unlikely 
that the ancient Egyptians were exposed to cocaine during their lifetime. All right. Let me stop sharing. Anybody have any comments? Yeah. I want to say this. Um, I find it very interesting that a lot of people who support, you know, these uh, peripheral um, claims, you know, whenever they're put under scrutiny, uh, they, 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 they holler conspiracy. Like earlier, you know, the brother said that, you know, a guy lost his job and his life was threatened and stuff like that. We get that all the time based on conspiracy. But I noticed that they never consider that it's a conspiracy in favor of what they're arguing. In other words, why don't they ever say is it's a conspiracy to contaminate the mummy to make it seem like the Egyptians were in contact with the Americas? Why, why, why don't people go that route? with with their conspiracy ideas why why can't we ever say that these early um people who were collecting artifacts from egypt because you gotta remember there was a scramble for egypt e egyptian artifacts and things it was a whole era of time when when rich people were bargain bargaining and trading and trying to accumulate egyptian artifacts they were even um burning mummies grinding mummy bones up and selling them and stuff like that that was there was an era of time where all of this stuff was going on so why don't people consider that there is a conspiracy to try to make it seem like the egyptians had a contact with the americas and, and was chewing on some coca leaves and and you know uh kicking it up and rolling up some splits and stuff like that why why don't they ever go that way because that will be just as plausible as their claims and yeah. i just noticed that I think one of the things people need to realize, and I didn't even read that part before. I just read it for the first time right now, but is that the cocaine levels was 0.01. That's not even a positive for cocaine. If that's not a positive cocaine, there's no cocaine there. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? There's no positive, but I don't want to stay on this too long. I mean, I just wanted to read what the experts say and, and, and put all the evidence out so everybody could see for themselves that there was no trade between Egypt and Colombia with cocaine. Now, well, let me say this. Let me say this now. Cocaine in its powdered form never existed before the 19th century, right? Now, I think people, when they hear cocaine, they're thinking like the Egyptian movies, mummies over there sniffing cocaine. There was no powdered cocaine at the time, family. <laughs> There's no part of cocaine, all right? What they're talking about is like certain leaves and certain plants that the cocaine is made from that they had that. That's what they're saying. So they're saying if it's somebody that chews it, you would see a certain level of cocaine in their system. But it's obvious this person was not a tobacco chewer, didn't chew the leaves or whatever they had that cocaine comes from. So if they have a 0 0.01 level, more than likely it's contamination based on the evidence. 0 0.01 is a minute amount that's barely any cocaine all right just want to make that clear but the ancient peruvian mummies who are just as old have a lot of cocaine in them just a point i wanted to make all right i don't know if anybody wants to add on to that no i i just want to say this uh to people though this is why it's very important to have a multidisciplinary approach because this is something that that um, Western science uh, is is at battle with, uh, where you where you get involved in a particular scientific field and then you shut everything else out. 
and you have people arguing who won't even look at the data from other scientific fields. So you have people in archaeology who will not even talk to people or consider people who study uh, genetics and things like that. But then there's a growing community of multidisciplinary scientists that will cross pollinate their data to come to come forward with the best explanation of of any given um, you know set of facts or anything like that. And that's the direction that we all need to take, because if, you know, even on this subject of the cocaine mummies and whatnot, then you have to corroborate that because a lot of things are about corroboration, because if if I if I claim that Garfield, if I claim that you uh, stole something from a corner store at 8 p.m. And but then you have um, evidence of video footage of you being at a party at 8 p.m. on the other side of the city, then I, then that doesn't corroborate what I'm claiming. And so so that's a way of falsifying my claim and things. So we have to consider all of the data. So even with Egypt uh, in America, where are the lit now, you know, e Egyptians recorded everything. Mm -hmm. So where is the literature for the Egyptians traveling to America, trading? Where is where is the uh, literature for for the chewing of these different plants and stuff like that? Part of their diet. Or whatever the case is, people think they sniffed it or chewed it. It doesn't matter. Where where's the literature and where is the 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 cooperation? You see what I'm saying? So nobody even steps in that arena because it all boils really boils down to is that the 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 community we just lash onto something to argue instead of actually moving towards accuracy to really find out the nitty gritty of something if it's true or if it's not, and 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 that takes time oh, and oh. people. Yeah. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry to cut you. Can you do me a favor? Sarah Sutton City um has an article as a video. And he's talking about um the Kushite Empire, right? And then he's talking about Egypt and so forth. Hold on one second, brother. Let me see who this caller is. Caller, you're live. And if anybody wants to call in, the number is one 800 518 2817 Go ahead, caller. You're live. What's your name and where you're calling from? Brother Garfield, it's your brother Michael Phillips. I'm calling from D.C. What up? Um, <laughs> what's going on, fam? All right. So, I'm not. I'm not here to bring no scholarship. You know what I'm saying? I leave that to you, brothers. I learn from you. Yes, sir. Uh, brother, Appreciate um, it. Um, a, a lot of you, brothers. So I'm not here for no scholarship. Um, what I'm about to say, what I'm trying to figure out, and what I'm trying to understand, is that every time. You you go live, or I'm a Rod Squad go live, Masi Warrior Clan go live. You know, we always have these aboriginals in the chat, and they're always making comments about about our information and such and such. My point is, why are they tuning in? They have they have their own streams where they can go to and and deal with people to support their information and and and, and rock with the information. Why are they? I'm, I'm trying to figure out if they're trying to, if they're trying to somehow convert some Africans into the native ab Aboriginal beliefs, or like what? What are? What, or they just is the whole purpose of them being here is to be contentious? Nah, you know, you know what, out. bro? I, I'll say this: I want them to listen. I want them to come here and hear a balanced approach. The brother said that that article. We need more than that. Actually, that article is very good, and I'm gonna tell you why. He shows all the sides of the arguments. You don't need somebody that shows one side. That's why proper, I, I remember the word that um, 
Ujarda said, a multi-dimensional approach um, is the best way because you want to look at all sides and then draw a conclusion. Now, if 0 0.01 is considered a negative um, cocaine, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to alert us that cocaine is there, 0 0.01, that's telling us, one, the person never used cocaine. Two, it's more than likely um, contamination. Now, contamination is... If you have, if you have evidence from twelve hundred years, a thousand years of evidence of Egyptians coming over here on ships, show me where they wrote it. Show me the evidence of the ships that you claim that. Remember, they claim there's no slave ships. That's one of their claims too. Where are the slave yeah. ships? So where are the ships of the Egyptians coming over to America? Let's be balanced. Call in, brother. Call in. Stop typing. Call in. And we'll give you the opportunity to talk. Forget about conspiracy theories. There's no conspiracy. Because all you got to do is take a simple DNA test. Take a simple cultural test. Tell us a food. The majority of them, the, the, um, the aboriginals, quote unquote, they don't believe in DNA testing. They don't believe in the accuracy or the science of DNA testing. So their mentality is saying, well, why would we do that? My point is, they come with no references. They don't believe in the sciences. So what are they basing their claims on? Mm. And, 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 hey, but we just, we just, foot? we just, we just, we just killed. A matter of fact, Michael, hang up. I got I to gotta get somebody here in the line real quick. Let me get somebody in the line real all quick. Right. All right. Thanks, bro. Thanks for the call. I know who I'm going to call, man. I'm going to call, I'm going to call the, um, the architect of the Dagger Squad. I'm gonna call her right now and tell her to pick up. Um, yeah, but go ahead, Ujao. Yeah, I just wanted because the brother made a good point. Um, what I want to say though is that you know, in my experience, uh, you have a certain type of you have a certain psyche of people that only learn through conflict. So you have people that will argue. Now, this comes from people who don't have hum are un incapable of humbling. And being being um uh going through humility uh in their learning process so people will set up a a adversarial environment and then they can and then that way they can only learn so they learn through conflict so they have to create an opposing argument to get you to battle them and then that's how they learn now they're not going to learn right there in real time on the spot but believe me when they battle with you back and forth they are learning and later on they're going to come and think and they're going to be able to marinate on what you said and so on and so forth. And they're going to digest and assimilate the information that you gave. But they're not going to do it in real time. They're not going to do it right there on the spot. But they are learning. So you have people who learn through conflict. And that's what a lot of these folks represent. They're learning through conflict because it's a it's a it's a denial process. It's 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 involved cognitive dissonance and a whole bunch of other psychological uh, things that are going on in the minds of people that do that. And the brother made a good point that that the entire this entire argument is really based in a belief system. And as long as we characterize and describe it as a belief system, then it's 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 cool as long as they know that that's what it is. Don't bring it as if it's science. And we have to start to to separate that. You know, like I said, even pseudoscience, like I'm, I'm OK with pseudoscience. Like I don't I don't go to the movies uh, like I don't go see um, the Avengers movie Infinity War expecting for everything in the movie to be real why because i already know 
that genre of mo movies and stuff, I don't have that expectation. So therefore, I can go to the movie, enjoy it, fully enjoy it, walk out of the movie theater and say my money was well spent and enjoy the movie. Same thing with pseudoscience. Pseudoscience is like science fiction. You, I can enjoy it as pseudoscience, but don't try to make it science. Then I have a problem. That's like somebody telling me the Infinity War movie was real. Everything in it was real. I would have a problem with that, but I can go see it and enjoy it because of what it really is, which is sci-fi. So pseudoscience is pseudoscience. Let's not get it twisted or confused. I, we can enjoy it as pseudoscience. The Aboriginal claims and everything that, that people are claiming within that, it is a belief system. So long mm -hmm. as we call it a belief system, then I can appreciate it because there's a whole bunch of belief systems around the world. And I, you know, I, I can appreciate everybody's uh, imagination and creativity and, and beliefs. So yeah. that, that's that. All right. Thank you, Sean. You wanted to say something, bro? Because you ain't saying nothing all day, man. I know you work in the chat. All right. Um, I want to share my screen for a second because I want to show a, 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 um, something that I did in the Amirah squad in 2016, right? We used to debate with Quincy Hot all the time, man. This guy, he does, he's not even on Facebook no more. He's gotten off. So this is in the Amirah squad scholarship group, right? I think. Is it the scholarship group? Okay. All right. And um, this was March 30, 2016. I mean, around, I mean, I, I wrote this article January 26, 2016. It's an open question to all the native supporters. Maybe the census of 1790 is not what you should refer to. The United States was not the whole entire nation at the time. Maybe that's why the numbers are off. Take a look below, family, and think. It's the same 13 colonies from under the British. So it could not be the right numbers of the whole country to begin with. That means you guys were arguing from ignorance. The first enumeration began on Monday, August 2nd, 1790. Little more than a year after the inauguration of President Washington. All right. Now, the point that I'm trying to make, family, is that all these censuses that people go by, it don't make no sense that you look at the census unless you know the history of America, North America I'm talking about. So I said, I'm, so January 26th again, I said, I'm putting some pieces together about Native history and I realized the folks who talk about it are not really aware, so I can't even ask for help at times in a humble way. I said the French, Spanish, and British had areas in North America they control. These areas you will find trade centers for slaves from Africa, Europe, and the Caribbean. The French and Spanish might have murdered most of the natives that were living here before they came. The British colonies were pretty much East Coast states. A 1790 census says blacks were 790,000 at this time. We had around 300,000 slaves from Africa. A reason for almost 800,000 can be attributed to sex, babies being born, Afro-Caribbean influx of African slaves from ports in Barbados and Jamaica who outnumbered African-American slaves three to one at one point in the 1700s. And by the way, I, 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 I said that wrong. The Afro-Caribbean influx into America in the 1700s, I'm trying to say that the Barbados and Jamaica those slaves outnumbered American slaves three to one in America. In America. Let me just make that clear. In America. All right. What happened to the natives from under the French and the Spanish folks? Were they slaughtered? 
Natives were about 350,000 taken from the census. Where did these folks come from in 1930? All right. Now, one of the things I want to I stress to everybody is this, right? Let's take a look at the census records. And we're going we're gonna to have a common sense approach to the numbers. And you're going to see what I'm talking about. Let's look at census of African-Americans. Garfield going to bring up the, um, the history of racial and ethnic demographics of the United States. I'm going to bring up another article. I'm going to bring up another article. That's from Wikipedia. Anybody could look at that. I'm going to bring up... Um, let me see here. The state no dates. This is from IPL.org. All right. And this tells you when they... And you see, if you look at the website, it's for kids. So this is something we should already know as individuals. My argument is you have 50 states, right? 48, and then you count Hawaii and Alaska, all right? These are the states where people are, what year did they enter into the union? So now when you look at the 50 states and you look at the years they entered, some people entered 1812, Louisiana. Louisiana was not counted in the census before 1812. That means they would be counted 1820. Same for Indiana. Same for Mississippi, where a lot of black people were. Look at Illinois, 1818. Alabama, another place, 1819. These places were never counted in the census family until 1820. So you have to take that. They were only counting 13 states the whole time. So this is why the numbers jump between 1810 and 1850, jump so much because the other states started to come in. They started to come in, family. That's why the count jumped so much. It's not no conspiracy. It's not no native day counting. And don't tell me that Negroes and Americans and Black Americans were one under the Negro and this and that. Listen, people knew who they were based on the questions that they asked. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Why don't you go and ask yourself this question? Um, Let's look at this. Let's look at this um, for an example. At 1610, right? If you see this, can you guys see my screen? Is my screen showing? All right. Let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at this right here. This is going to prove my point. And I'm going to make this big so everybody could take a look at this. And bear in mind, if I showed my 2016 article to say that I was actually debating indigenous people from back then. That's the point. It's not something new to Garfield. All right. That was my point by showing that, by the way. But look at this, family. Look at white people. The total population of white people in 1610 was 350. In 1620, it jumped 2,000 to 282, 4,000. Then look between 1630 and 1640, it jumped to 26,000. Is that a conspiracy? For blacks, it jumped from 60 to 597. Uh-oh, because guess what? This is after the, the, the slave trade started acting up, acting um, in full effect. And, and this, by the way, are white folks, who are they counting? Are they counting all of white America? Or guess what? Look at what it says. Racial and ethnic demographics of the, of the 13 colonies and the United States between 1760 and 1840. 13 colonies. So now, once you reach to a certain point, like 1810, then you start seeing different numbers. Because look at the black numbers. 575, 757, 1 million. It's going up by a lot because the slave trade is popping. By 1810, guess what happened now? 
they start having breeding farms. You having breeding farms and the, the, the other 37 states start to come in the count. So if you know this family, between 1820 and 1850, you see a big jump in everybody's population. Look at this. From 1800, you have 5 million. In 1850, you now have 19 million. In um, 1800, you have 1 million. By 1850, you have how many? 3.6 million blacks. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why the population increased. I'm going to put it in a more direct format so people could read it and see it. But go back to this right here with the states. Look at the date. Nevada, 1864. West Virginia, 1863. Kansas, 1861. Oregon. These are not in the population numbers for black people. They are not counted if black people live there. Look at this. Oklahoma. This was going to be the, the, the state that they call the black state. 1907. That's when they come into the union. Now, on the Dawes Road, they talk about a 20,000 figure for the people on the Dawes Road. But listen, family, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, let me show you some more examples real quickly here. Let me bring up um, this and let me bring up the PBS article. Let me bring up the PBS article. Right. And then I'm going to take this out and I'm going to take out the other one out. And I want you guys to look at this real quickly. Look at chapter one. Look at what they talk about. Chapter one, the early African diaspora, scattering of millions, right? From Africa to the Americas. In the 360 years, right? Between 1500 and the end of the 1860s, at least 12 million Africans were forced over here through regular trade and through illegal trade, right? A terrible trade, the transatlantic trade, the triangular trade from Europe to Africa, from Africa to the West, which includes the Caribbean, back to Europe, all right? Now, European vessels took goods to Africa where they were exchanged for slaves. The ships then sailed to the Americas to trade slaves for agricultural products extracted by slave labor, which were sold in Europe after the return journey. Nearly a quarter of the Africans brought to America came from Angola, while an equal percentage arrived later originated in Senegambia. Over 40% of Africans entered the U.S., um, through what? Let me read this right here. I gotta see this. All right, hold on. All right. The first generation. So you have freedom in Spanish Florida. So Florida, this the part of Florida held by the Spanish, south of St. Mary, became a destination for escaped slaves to antagonize the British, both military and so forth. All right. We know all of that. That's regular history. All right. Second Middle Passage, cotton plantation spread in the Deep South. According to the federal census in 1790, approximately 650,000 slaves worked with rice, tobacco, and indigo. By the 1850, the country had 3.2 million slaves, 1.8 million of whom worked in, in um, cotton. All right. All right. Escaped and free blacks. Okay. All right, so it, between 1850 and 1860, 4,000 blacks settled in California, half chose San Francisco, da-da-da-da. All right. So they're going through this and you could go to this to pbs.org African Americans many rivers to cross. Look through it. Look through look through the statistics, go through it. I'm telling you family, if you do this, don't worry about the 45 million. It ain't got nothing to do with you. It doesn't have anything to do with you. These are black African people. These are not natives. All right? I just want to make it clear to everybody. 
let's look at um let me see um chapter five all right anyway um let me get out of that let me go to interactives the nation expands states emerge so when you look look at this map right here you see this map let me let me blow this up for y'all so y'all could see the maps and y'all could get a better understand what i'm talking about the 13 colonies you see that but now once you see the red mark that's when they start counting more people so new france is in the middle so new france is not even being counted all those slaves with the french is not being counted 13 colonies you look at the expansion over the time period these are when they come into the union Hey, this is Garfield. How can I help you, brother? Hey, Garfield. How you doing, man? This is my name's Mike. I'm listening to you uh, speak in reference to the uh, Aborigines. And so I just wanted to...